minutes, but I hope we're here. It's me. I'm Brandon C. McClure. Welcome to the Fickner Podcast. Early Hi. edition. Um, guys, I don't know if you looked out the window, but um, there's this giant orb in the sky that's really, really bright. Why the is that? Is out. The sun is, is out, people. Sun's Good morning. Sun's out. Good morning to Mag. Vietnam. I hope you're watching this. I hope nice. you're watching this so early. He's asleep. Um, yes, we're doing this early in the morning. And uh, uh, so, welcome to episode 242 of the Fake Turn Podcast. We're reviewing Cruella, the new Disney original movie. Uh, I'm Brandon C. McClure. As the set up top with me, as always, is Ben Magnet. I woke up. Yay. Sparks Witty. I'm definitely waiting for my stream to balance. Oh, okay. 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 <laughs> and Ryan Iliopoulos. It's me. We're here. I have a monster. Let's talk about the news. I, I got a sparkling kiwi guava energy drink. I, I don't know. It's a health thing, but it's actually I not bad. Water. I got water. You drank a coffee before this. Me? I don't drink coffee. That was oh, not chocolate. That's, that's oh. true. He does not drink coffee. Oh. That's why you're so tired all the time. You need to drink coffee. <laughs> <laughs> that was hot chocolate. I drink hot chocolate. I get hot chocolate from coffee shops, so I look like I'm drinking coffee. Oh. I can confirm. When Brandon and I lived together at college, there are times where I would get a coffee, but he would always get a hot chocolate. Mm. And I'm just like, you don't like coffee? He's like, no, I don't like coffee. I'm like, mm, okay. But I like the appearance that I drink coffee. You do. Yes. You like the appearance. Um. Yes, so before we get started into our weeks, I guess I should take it away and talk about what links are down below in the description. Ryan, you do not have it downright annoyed because it is too early to have recorded one. It's the future. It hasn't happened yet. <laughs> but you do have a link down there for Kaiju Weekly. Yes, that was. Yeah, I did that. Uh, I you did. Yeah, I talked to uh, Travis. Uh, Michael wasn't there. I think his name's Michael, the co-host. But he wasn't there. But yeah, we talked about Neon Genesis Evangelion. That's a show I really like, and maybe he didn't like as much. Great conversation. It was a great, it was a great chat. I listened to that. What do you want, a yeah. medal? <laughs> no, I just, I just want to see right <laughs> Well, thank you, Ben. I ha- maybe maybe listen to I your I listened episode. to it, too. Thanks, guys! Ah! Yeah, I have to say, it was actually it was a really good conversation between... Um, between uh travis and uh ryan about evangelion and as i was listening i was like man evangelion is a really good show but also man that show is really freaking bad it has its, it has its moments yes it does uh, have yes moments. so ryan uh evangelion i uh i listened to that too there we all get medals now um, i love medals but there are other things as well such as my second part with my conversation with sparks witty um the gentleman right down below me um he this time flipped the script this is part two where he flipped the script and he turned the questions back on me and i got real guys i got oh, real oh you did you did i listened to that too well you know what? what i'm gonna get work. a ding i'm gonna get a ding for every single time you say that it is i'm just gonna make a graphic Bing! <laughs> hey, um, i like supporting my friends okay guess what I listened to parts one and two at work. Whoa! Oh my god! Um, yeah, so, so so Sparks uh, did talk to me about um, about the, some of the things I 
have gone through in fandom. So really, it should be called Conversation with, with Brandon C. McClure, but it's not. It's part two of Sparks Quitting. So check that out. That's down below. Both parts are available now. Next week, I am talking to Robert L. Kelly from Record All Monsters. Nice. Oh, and uh, Brandon, just a little thing. I would love to be on the episode about sports fandom with you. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah. I recently did an interview with Andy Palestides. Um, I really hope I pronounced that right. Um, and he is part of the NASCAR fandom. He does a podcast oh. with NASCAR. And so we talked about it. That's coming up soon. Um, and so we talked about it. I also interviewed Scott Clora from IGN, which was awesome. Um, oh, nice. But we talked about just kind of sports fandom and things like that. And I'm like, you know, I'd really like to get into like an in-depth conversation about sports fandom. Um so yeah, sure. Um, that'd be really fun. Ben um, doesn't know anything about that, though. You're right, Ben. You should be on the Stephen King episode. I was gonna say, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a horror fandom podcast we're talking I'll, about. I'll do the sports one. I'll do the sports one. Thank you. I know you're a big um, uh, football fan. He loves soccer. Oh, he froze. Oh yeah, Spark froze. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Oh, cool. Let me hey, get back he- now. All right. He was doing fine before we started the stream. Yeah. Um, okay. And then we have, let me see if I can remember. Um, guys, we're not talking about A Quiet Place today. We're talking about Cruella. But, but, if you want to listen to us talk about A Quiet Place, we actually did it a year ago. We That's linked it. below. We did it. That's linked below. You can find out all of our review, all of our spoiler review of A Quiet Place from a year ago, guys. And you know what? It's not that different. That's awesome. The link below. I'm so excited. I need to re-listen to that because I totally forgot what I said about it. Um, yeah. For those of you who don't know, when the when the virus first started, we said this will only last a month. Let's just talk about the movies that were supposed to come out that that month. One eternity later. <laughs> Naive young children. I can't children. wait. I I will re-listen to those reviews once seeing the movies. Uh, that's gonna be exciting. Yeah, uh, but that is that is linked below. I I figured that would be a fun blast from the past to see how we were starting this whole thing um, that we've been doing for far too long. Then mm-hmm. your latest article is in the description is in the description below. Ooh, yes, dog. My latest old school uh, gamer magazine uh, article is down there. It's all about me falling into the rabbit hole about buying stuff off of eBay, which I have some of my buys, and I'll show you show them to you all once we start talking about our weeks. I love his show and tell. And that's it. That's all the links below. Except you can check out our Patreon. Guys, it is, according to my calendar, May 30th, which means starting Tuesday, you have one month, read it, one month to get our Stephen King is my best friend t-shirt designed by Mike Patola, inspired by Stephen King's best friend right here, Ben Magnet. It's it. Check that out. Subscribe to the $10 tier. You only have one more month and then the shirt is gone forever. There's no way in existence that it could ever come back. No, it. I, it's an this NFT, it. man. It's an NFT. I just, Whoa. I just like destroy it. All it's right, gone. yeah. Sparks is gone. I'm out. <laughs> See ya. That's the end of the fake there podcast. <laughs> uh, it. Sparks, come back. <laughs> Maybe come back. Um, as we figure out what Sparks is doing with his microphone, with his, I don't think this is a bit. Um, <laughs> we'll, um, I don't think it's a bit. I don't think it's a bit either. <laughs> we'll get into our weeks, but that's that's all I have talk about as far as links goes i've been talking a lot someone else go ben you go first yeah i'll go first so i like i said i got some of my ebay buys so as you guys know last week i've fallen into a rabbit hole of buying stuff off of ebay i've been trying to find some certain games 
good news is I found them. I won auctions, and I'm about to show them off to you right now. So the first game I have is a new Super Mario Bros. for the Nintendo DS that came out back in 2000. I have that game. Yeah, so... This so I got lucky. I got this game for about fifteen bucks, and it's complete. It's complete in the box, and it's the thing about uh, eBay, or even if you go to like regular retro video game um, like expos or even Frankenstein's, is that you have to be aware of fakes, because mm-hmm. there are times where some people will sell uh, reproductions and fake carts. Now there's there are some people because I actually have seen this on eBay. They'll straight up tell you, like, hey, this is a reproduction. This isn't a real cart, but the game still works. So I'll still sell it to you at a very, very cheap price. So, like, maybe like five, 10, depending on what the game is. Yeah. Game still works. Whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. The game still works, but I'm really picky because I like my stuff real. And there's a way to tell how a DS game is real. And I'm just going to do a quick little thing. So, you have the DS game, the little card right here. But if you look on the back above the gold pins, you see those white letters. Mm-hmm. that's a good telltale sign of how to tell whether a game is legitimate or not. Ooh. So you find those white letters above the gold pins, you can see that those are real, and especially if you're looking to buy stuff off of eBay, as long if the seller has pictures of the game card um, and has the game card backwards so you can see, so you can like zoom in and see it, then it's like, hey, cool, this is probably a legitimate game. I'll if you feel comfortable, you can buy it. So I got this for about like 15 bucks, which makes me happy because I saw this at Frankincense when I went with you guys last week. Uh CIB, a guy was selling this for 50, and just the game card, a guy was selling it for 45. So I got this pretty much for a steal. Yeah, nice. that uh yeah, going to Frankincense. Um the prices vary wildly depending yeah. where you go. And it's it doesn't really seem like there's like a real like this is the value. It's just like, what do I think it's worth? Because what yeah. will somebody actually pay for this? Um, that's why I just I might just go to eBay for a lot of things that are Frankincense yeah. if I, I really mean, wanted it. I mean, there are times. I mean, also like so my uh, Nintendo playing cards that I got because these were a Club Nintendo exclusive that came out a few years ago. Um, the guy I bought these from, he was originally selling this for forty. He gave them to me for thirty because he's a friend of mine. So of there course, you if go. you if you know some people, if you're friends with people, they'll give you better deals. But as much as I was happy to have new Super Mario Bros. since I've been on a Mario kick ever since I got Super Mario 3D World, that wasn't my prize. That wasn't like the main one I've been hunting, I've been trying to find. This one is, in my opinion, one of my now one of my crown jewels in my DS collection. Okay. Chrono Trigger. Wow. I was gonna I guess finally, Chrono Trigger. I got Chrono Trigger. I finally I got this damn game. I, I can already play this on my PS1, but everyone's been telling me that the DS version is the way to go. And it's real. And, it, and this is the print. Excuse me. This is the print with the poster. And I only got this for like 70 bucks. Do you know how much this goes for normally? 10 like million. Uh, Lost Levels had a copy of Chrono Trigger a few weeks ago, right? They were selling it for $130. Yeah. Damn. I got this for 70 That's almost half. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, and it's best part, 100% legit. The only thing is, like, the boxes, the box art is a little uh, beat up, but luckily that's just the case. The game's legit. The game's real. All the inserts are in here. Poster's nice. I don't know if I'm going to put the poster up, but I am so happy I got this because this have is awesome, dude. Have you played it before? I have never played this before. I want to get this because it's one of the most premier RPGs of the SNES era. And also, Brandon, Akira Toriyama designed the characters. Yeah, cool. That game is incredible it's a time travel story uh that's a game that people are like hey stop making more final fantasies make another chrono trigger 
or at least or at least um just re-release Chrono Trigger because a lot of mm-hmm. people have been wanting to play Chrono Trigger because everyone every person who's played Chrono Trigger has said it's one of the most it's one of the best video games ever made. It is. I'm pretty sure it's one of the best RPGs ever made. It is. And that and when the SNES Mini came out, a lot of fans were mad. It's like, hey, we're happy Secret of Mana's on there. Why isn't Chrono Trigger on here? Because that game is expensive and it's hard to get. That's probably why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I got those in this week. I'm super happy. I'm super excited. My DS is charging right now because I was playing a little bit of Metroid last night, and I cannot wait to dive into Chrono Trigger. It's gonna be, oh, it's gonna be awesome. Heck yeah. Yeah. So besides those, I finished Castlevania. Blah. Oh, who the you, show. Yeah, I finished the show Castlevania. Who else has finished the show? No I haven't one? started it. Who has not started the show? Okay. <laughs> uh, no spoilers then. I loved it. I absolutely, cool. lo- I absolutely loved it. Um, I do have a few minor critiques here and there. But as a whole, if I look at season four and the story as a whole, I highly enjoyed it. Um, th- I don't think I I like how it, there's a, like a nice little bow on it where is if they did decide to go with season five, there is an option for them to go. There is a, a story route that they can take, but it's but at the same time, I don't feel like they have to. Mm-hmm. Um, well, good thing the show's ending then. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Good, yeah. I really uh oh dang it there it goes sparks again, but yeah. I really it enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I had a blast. I highly recommend you guys go watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the marks for me when, I, when I'm watching a thing that's a good video game adaptation is if after I'm watching done watching it, I want to go play the game. Mm-hmm. I kind of really want to play Castlevania now. I'm interested because I've never played any of the Castlevania games. I kind of it only to- took you four years to get here, Ben. Where was this in season? What happened, baby? Come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> I did, you know, four years ago, I did have my NES Mini with Castlevania on it. No, but you have like seven other consoles that have every Castlevania game on it because I bought all of them on sale on the PlayStation Store. Oh, damn. <laughs> but yeah, Castlevania, uh, the anime on Netflix, really good. Highly, highly. Uh... I've heard really good things about the ending. I've, I've, yeah. I've heard like ends top notch. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so Castlevania is really good. Uh, besides that, if you guys follow me on Instagram, I've just been taking way too many pictures of my cat. She's been right chilling. Ben. Yeah, it's not bad. Ben. What? Not enough pictures of your cat. It's not bad. I like, I like how you're thinking, Brandon. I like the way you think. But uh, also, also, I really like how you showed your cat your comics, and you were like, and you were like, I don't know what War of the Bounty Hunters are. Ben, we talked about War of the Bounty Hunters when it was when it was announced. It's about bounty hunters, and they're at war. They're going for Han Solo's carbonite carbonite body. That's the whole event. That's the event. There you're right. You're right. There you go. I remember that now. Well, to be honest, I'm like three months behind on my comics. That's fair. You're also three months behind on this show. <laughs> <laughs> You're back in time, Ben. How did I get here? My Chrono Trigger. <laughs> anyway, I apologize. Go finish your. No, 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 it's fine. But yeah, so I, I took a lot, bunch of pictures of Suki. I got my comic books yesterday, which made me happy. Um, yeah, cute. Yeah, I saw that stack. Real cute. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And and here we are. That's that's my. Also, I got this rad completionist T-shirt. Nice. Woohoo! So I uh, Yeah. So I'm just gonna. I. I'm just looking forward to playing some video games and reading a bunch of comic books once we're done recording today. Same. Ryan. I will go. First of all, I don't know who it is, but it sounds like someone's been peeing this entire podcast. There's running water in the background. Uh, it's very, 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 very clear. 
whoever it is. Just say it. No, that's, that's you guys not. figured out I've been peeing this whole time. I just don't know how it's been going for 15 minutes. <laughs> Boy, let me tell you, I got some bladder problems. No, it's okay. It's okay, Ben. Just whatever it is, it's it's very clearly on the audio. Oh, what hell? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'll talk about my week quickly, quickly because I didn't do much. Uh, I spent most of it playing Avengers. Marvel's colon the Avengers on the PlayStation 5. Uh, there's the Red Room takeover stuff. Uh, you just do a bunch of, um, uh, like, it's the training missions, but they've been taken over by Yelena Belova. I think that's her name. I forget her name. She's not actually in the game. It's just like, here's some text on why you're doing this thing. And then I do that for, like, a couple hours. It's like, cool, you did the thing. And I'm like, well, I don't know why I did this. Um, it's, <laughs> it's fun. I'm just waiting for, like, real shit in that game you guys like i'm waiting for that by sparks i'm waiting for that wakanda stuff that's coming soon um that game's still really fun to play and i keep coming back to it because i just really enjoy playing it especially again that ps5 controller you guys like i it just makes playing games so much more fun because everything vibrates like in a different way like everybody steps differently everybody shoots differently they all feel different uh it's just a nice little technical thing i never i never would have thought of um besides that uh, I've watched a lot more Kitchen Nightmares with Gordon Ramsay. You guys, as someone who works in a restaurant and has worked in restaurants for a long time, it makes me appreciate sometimes that, hey, my restaurant ain't as bad as it could be. Because <laughs> some you, of these places... <laughs> did you see the episode with Lafrite? Uh Oh, yeah, the place. Yes, that's crazy. Isn't that's, it? Yeah, uh, I used to work next to a place that was on Kitchen Nightmares. I'm like, ah, who would have known? <laughs> who would have yeah. known? Um, Earth, two com- Earth to Comics, uh, like the side of the building right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that that is fun, yeah. Um, Gordon Ramsay's a, a fun guy. That guy actually knows how to cook. You know, he's a chef for forty years or whatever. Um, besides that, uh, I watched some movies for this podcast and some other podcasts, and I read some comics for this podcast. Um, I'm gonna go to the comic store today after this, guys. I have literally over a month's worth of comics in that pool, so I am so glad I got tip money ready because I'm about to spend it all. Um, I just I want to get back into X Men. I haven't read X Men comics in a while, except the main X Men book. Uh, I had I had to read those, so I'm caught up, um, except for the newest issue. Um, besides that, but yeah, it's just been a, a work week. I worked a lot this week. Uh, mm-hmm. I played some Fortnite. Uh, Sparks went out of town, so uh, I didn't do much stuff with him. Uh, that's me. Sparks, take it away. Uh, yeah, since Sparks is uh, <laughs> still MIA, uh, figuring out his camera his camera issues, hopefully he can fix those hopefully. soon. Um, I'll go with my week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I... Picked up my comics. I didn't read any comics this week because what happened was I came home from my long extended vacation, as you can see, for you for you visual people. I am back in my office, uh, back in Los Angeles, no longer in Monterey. My father is doing well, Yay. so that's good. Um, but I was gone for a month, which means a month worth of comics ended up being in my pull list. Mm-hmm. So, oh, we got we got a, we got a special guest. Yeah, special guest Sparks Witty is here. Sparks, okay. say something. I think I figured it out. Okay, you look cool. great, sound great. Okay, cool. Yeah. You do look good. That's This is a good camera for you. Uh, this is my mom's computer because I had to switch because nothing else was... I moved Working. and it, it didn't it didn't fix anything. Sparks, um, I was about to go with my week, but I will give you the courtesy of asking you if you want to go. Oh, no, please. Please. Okay. Uh, I, um, heard, I heard most of what you guys said. I missed a chunk of Ryan's week. I'm sorry. I, I didn't do anything, so it's fine. I did hear Ryan accusing someone of peeing. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, ben, I have been peeing the entire time since we started. Well-known. Well-known fact. <laughs> um, anyway, so yes, I picked up a month's worth of comics when I, when I finally came back into town. And 
my here's the thing i talked about a lot of comics when i was when i was away because i didn't have a lot of time so i read a lot so my pull list my stack of comics went from like this for the audio listeners i'm sorry you're not going to get this it went from like this now now for the audio shorter stack for your listeners like this then i came back and it went from this to this small to big oh yeah and i'm like god damn it yeah it's a good it's a good problem to have Yes, it is a good hobby, but I'm not getting. I'm 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 not making any money right now. I'm only spending money, mm-hmm. so there's the problem there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I am, you know, I'm lucky to shop where I do, and I'm really excited to dig into those comics. I got uh, I got Heroes Reborn, which apparently is good. Um, yeah, my my Twitter friend was like halfway through, it like it gets really cool and good. I'm like, God dang it! I don't need more books to read. <laughs> how did how did he pull how did he pull that out of his ass? Apparently, he just made it a flash comic, and it gets really good. Cool. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to get that. Um, you know, got to catch up on X Men. Looking forward mm-hmm. to catching up on that. I haven't read all of this month, which was leading up to Hellfire Gala, so I got to hurry so I can join the Hellfire Gala this week. Exactly, because that's why I'm picking them up. Because like next week it starts, I'm like, oh, I gotta, I can't miss yeah. it. No. Um, hey guys, Hellfire Gala is coming out. Excited. And that's coming up so fast. Yeah, looking fly. All right, and I, I watched your books and hit read. Holy crap. Yeah, Ben, we're going to do an episode on the Hellfire Gala, so you got to read those comics this week, Ben. It's a surprise. It's a surprise event this week. I can, I, I can read it. And by the way, the the, <laughs> the water is from my roommate's uh, uh, fish tank, and I don't know how to turn it off. So sorry. No, that's, that's fine. I'll just keep. I'll just keep reading it. <laughs> Mystery <under your> solved. <laughs> <laughs> like okay. it was anything else. Um, I watched Pacific Rim. Which, believe it or not, I'm not going to talk about because I got something coming out this coming week that I will talk about. Oh, um, I'll wait. I'll wait to that. Hey, movie rules. I like the movie. I, I like the movie a lot, guys. I finally saw the ninth entry in the Saw franchise, Spiral. As you know, I have seen all the Saw films um, leading up to is Ryan. 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 <laughs> oh, no. Did he freeze? <laughs> Ryan's gone. Oh, no. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan. Early mornings. Ryan just texted Emma. <laughs> <laughs> that's that will happen a lot. So Ryan is having camera difficulties as well. Oh wow. man, are all of us having some sort of problems t- today? It's gonna well, happen no, to you, I mean, and, like, you and me, Ben. Like mine is mine is you know internet struggles because Pebble Beach is terrible with that, and that yeah. I don't know why we were crisp and clear before we started streaming, and then all of a sudden I was having issues. And usually going into the kitchen fixes it, but it didn't, so I had Weird. to switch devices. Um, but Ryan is just you know cats. Yeah, here here there cats. he goes. He'll come back soon. Uh, so yeah. Ryan will be back soon. Um, okay, so viral. <laughs> just yeah, his text. Emma. <laughs> all right, but I um. I watched Spiral. I saw all the soft films last year. Um, I really enjoyed the franchise. I, I had a good time getting through them, except Jigsaw's piece of garbage. Um, and then I watched, so finally get to see Spiral, which, which is Saw's attempt to do what Halloween did, which is successfully make the jump to schlock horror to prestige horror. Um, as you all know, prestige horror is the big box uh, horror, the conjurings, the new Halloween. Um, most of what A24 does is prestige horror. Um, Ryan's back. Hey, guys. Thank, thanks thanks, to my cat. That was funny. I really, really, really want to hear your thoughts on Spiral. I'm sorry I missed it. 
It's okay. I just started actually. Okay, good. Um, yeah. So okay. So as Halloween was very successful making the jump from schlock horror to prestige horror. That movie rules. Spiral is not so much. Um, Okay. Spiral is not a Saw movie. It is a police procedural that they decided to throw Saw into it. It reminds me a lot of Transformers The Last Night, which is not damning praise. It is the only one that I can think of, which is someone had a King Arthur movie Mm. about someone being King Arthur's descendant and and they decided to throw in Transformers. Gotcha. That's what happened with, with Spiral. It feels like it feels like Spiral is a police procedural that they're like, let's add some jigsaw traps. I've heard uh, nothing but bad things from the people that I that I so like that really bums me out. I was hoping that like maybe like like fans would find some appreciation, but uh, guess not. Yeah, I think Chris Rock is good, and uh, oh Emma's doing it again. <laughs> Don't worry about me. I'm just hoarding off a cat. <laughs> <laughs> um. Sparks, I I don't know why Sparks is is muted, but but Ben, you don't have to mute. I don't care about the audio dripping. Um, <laughs> you're just gonna be muted other, the whole episode. Other people do, so I'm just gonna. Well, I'm I'm just, sure. I, you could talk, Ben. I just I'm just letting you know it. Uh, my because I had to move out here. My fiance and and friends are watching Knives Out in the green room behind me. I just don't want any audio to carry over when I don't need it to. Oh, we haven't heard anything. It's pretty good. Um, okay. All right. So anyway, so Spiral. Um, Chris Rock is really good in Spiral, which was nice to see him do this type of role. I think he fits into the role really well. You see the twist coming a mile away. Um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing because when, when, when you can, if you're about to, if the audience, the movie saw is normally pretty good at, at gauging whether or not the audience is going to catch the twist early on. If they do, they add a second twist. Mm Mm-hmm. That you don't see. And that works really well because both times you get to hear the Hello Zep song and the Hello Zep song rules. Is that is that is that the da, 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 yes. da, da. That's the main theme for Saw, yeah. It is good. Whenever they whenever they do a twist, it's that song. And I gotta reiterate, every single movie where they have done the twist, they have used that song. Mm-hmm. I, I have heard this complaint about Spiral. Spiral does not. I was furious. What's so, the point? I, I have a question. Like, isn't isn't part of the point of that that it's not supposed to be a Saw movie? But it is a Saw movie. But it's not supposed to be. But it is a Saw movie. It's directed by the guy who directed most of the Saw movies. <laughs> it just feels like they were trying to, like, rebrand and branch out to something new. And then they obviously didn't. But, like, that's supposed to be what the point was. But it didn't work. No. I love that he's envisioned, like... His, did you? I'm sure you saw Brandon, but did you guys see like where he talked about like, yeah, I think that this could be like the, the Marvel universe, you know? So now we'll have another Saw movie, and then we'll have Spiral Two, and then another Saw film, and Spy and Spiral Three, and then it'll come together. You know what? Maybe the MCU is a mistake. <laughs> Sometimes I think that. <laughs> just, just everything else, everything <laughs> exactly. that every everybody's always learned the wrong lesson from it. A hundred percent. Yeah. I feel like every time some du- new director of some franchise that already has been established comes up, it's like, yeah, this could be about, like the MCU. It's like, dude, no. Did, did anybody see? Did anybody see the uh, Army of the Dead uh, pitch meeting? Mm-hmm. Um, where he's yeah. like. Did you say cinematic universe? I did, yeah. sir. That's the magic words. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> That's how I feel that. Oh, no. Um, uh, weird. 
Yeah, and so it's like they're doing the twist, and I'm like, this is cool, but it's not playing. And I'm like, man, I would be so pumped if that was the, if this was the case. And there's no second twist, so I'm like, well, this is. I knew this was happening. I knew this was what was happening. So I don't plan to see this movie anytime soon, and I don't want to spoil it for the audience. But is mm-hmm. there anything cool that's from Saw that's in the movie? Like any cool cameos? At anything that's like, oh, I'm a Saw fan. This works for me. Like anything I- like that. I do think the traps are well envisioned. Okay. Um, but that's no. that's what I go there. That's like half what I go there for is for the cool the um, cool traps. I in wish there's more of them. In okay. a in a similar vein to Ryan's question, do you need to have seen the Saw films to see Spiral like we were discussing? No. Okay. No. You think mm-hmm. you think that someone could get value out of it without the Saw films? It's just, is it just a bad movie still though? Um. I yeah I don't think people would like it more, um, but I do think that there is value to people who haven't seen Saw. Kind of this being, this is a a fresh like, if you if you know you like you've heard about Saw, you know kind of the iconography, you're good. This is like the new number one. Like hey yeah, look it's much. the re- relaunch of Saw, Spiral. Yeah, and, and that's actually a really good example, and I don't mind that, but the voice sucks. The and this is kind of a small nitpick. <laughs> Actually, it's not because John Kramer Jigsaw, the the hello detective, is he's, great. He's the best part of those movies, and that's why they kept him around like nine movies after he died. I know. <laughs> and then like, and then like, you have this person is like hello detective, and like I don't, I'm not, I'm not scared. You want me to rip off my fingers? No, go go to a gym. It's like, uh, <laughs> it's like switching from Robert England to um. Jackie Earl Haley. Jackie Earl Haley, mm. uh, yeah, and you're like, this is okay. He's just the same. Like, is Warshack in a way? It's like it's yeah. not. Yeah, I look saw Spiral. I think Spiral is the worst of the Saw films, um, but I don't think it's a terrible movie. Mm. So I think like quality wise, it's probably like pretty high up there with the first Saw movie. But as far as like sawness goes, it drops way down. Gotcha. Okay. Which is sparks your music. That's so weird to think about, isn't it? Um, I, I get what you mean, though. Like, like, yeah. If you're a big fan of the franchise and there's like no saw in the movie, then like, why is it even a saw movie? Yes. Which is which has always been like, again, like that that last trailer is what really put me off about the movie because the first trailer I was like, oh, this is cool. This is going to be like a Chris Rock drama thing with murder, but it's in the saw world, but it's not necessarily about saw. And then they're like, no, it's just about saw. And I'm like, oh, yeah. mm, yeah. maybe now not. I, now I do think there was. I don't, I don't, here's the thing. I don't necessarily think there isn't a way to make Saw prestige horror, but Saw, Saw is very much a schlock horror franchise. And it's been that way for nine movies and, mm-hmm. and eight movies. And if they, if you don't decide to do what Halloween did, which is wipe away the continuity, it's very difficult to make that jump. Tr- truly, truly the closest that Saw I think could get to prestige horror was the first one. Like yeah. when it's new and, and they did it. And honestly, like I, I could embrace an argument that the first one is prestige horror for its time period. I would sure. embrace that. I think that there's a lot of good to that script. Yeah. Um, but but that the sun has set. Like you can't you can't do it brand new again. Honestly, yeah. this is gonna be funny, but like you need someone like a Lee Winnell to like redo it. And like he was in that first Saw movie like 20 wrote, years ago. He wrote yeah, it. There you go. Like bring him back and like like no offense to the guy who made Spiral or any of the past Saw movies, but they are a certain type of movie. If you want to elevate it, get new creative teams behind it. 
get yeah. a new director, like bring Lee Whannell who did the invisible man, like turn it into what you want it to be. Not just another version of it. Yeah. I think Halloween was so successful because it was able to, to easily shed its schlock horror uh, yeah. past and, and move into that, to that era. And I don't think saw did. Now you want to know the direction I feel like it should have gone aliens the other way completely do no. what jason do what jason x did oh yeah, yeah okay it's I'm like so, it's like 2050 and they're like futuristic weapons it's 2050 and they managed to put john kramer's brain inside an ai it's gone rogue and is making traps that i watched the shit out of that dude if saw would have came out 10 years earlier that would have been the trajectory but yeah. it did it came out in the 2000s unfortunately I oh, watched the shit out of an evil AI John Kramer killing people. I, I I agree. I think that's a great idea. I don't think that'll ever happen, but like an anime of that, I could see they could like all the anime in space. What, what, is, is, what, is, what is John Kramer's like mind put into an AI besides the best Ghost in the Shell villain you could have? Like, oh, it's, oh my god, just combine the universes. And you know what? You keep the voice too, because like, oh, we found a way to create his voice. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, picturing, I'm picturing his voice coming out of a touch coma. Yes, Ghost in the Shell, the little like bots. I'd watch the shit out of that movie if they wanted to just go the other way. Do it. I want anyway. That. Anyway, but that's never gonna happen. <laughs> um, I watched Young Rock. Finished Young Rock. It is eleven episodes for its first season. Uh, Dwayne Johnson is in that movie in, in that show a lot more than I thought he would be. Um. And we don't know if he won the presidency, guys. We're the way for season two. That's that's cool that he cares. I'm glad he was he took such a personal personal shine to it. One of the kids who plays his younger self is going to be in Black Adam. Yes, oh, the teenager, right? Yeah, it's going to be so. in Black Adam. Yes. Um, I was very surprised by the show. Uh, I don't. I think it kind of started off a little rocky. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> he said oh, it. He said it. He said it. Drop Drop the oh. balloons! He did it! Oh, oh man, <laughs> I heard it coming. I heard it coming. I was like, "Oh man, that's so good." Man, I smelled what you were cooking. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is what happens early mornings. Um, it's not that early. It's almost it's almost noon. <laughs> it's almost noon. Normally, we be half of us would be waking up right about. Yeah, we normally record like in twelve hours, so I'll give us a pass today. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, so I think it just started off a little rough, uh, but. By episode five, it really finds its groove and packs some some emotional beats that I didn't think they they would, um, and, and kind of it feels like Dwayne Johnson like slowly sheds the gimmick of his persona as the show goes on. To, so you would you say know, you would say it erodes. I'm really avoiding these words. Uh... <laughs> uh, I had a similar problem on Kaiju Weekly, by the way. I heard something coming out, and I was like, "Don't say it," and I said it. And I was like, "Man." <laughs> theology puns um anyway so um and by the end of it like there, there's an emotional gut punch that i didn't see coming that like literally like punched me in the gut and i started crying um uh, i was like damn okay all right didn't see that coming Young um i surprisingly liked it i recommend it if you want a fun breezy uh, uh 11 episode sitcom personally I, I think you can't you could do worse love it 11 episodes is surprising and unusual. Are they yeah. Are they an hour long? They're half hour. Oh, that is... Okay, that's weird. I'll probably yeah. watch that. I, I'd like to. That seems like a quick binge, yeah. And I think all the all of the characters are very well cast. Um, uh, surprisingly, all the wrestlers that they bring in look exactly like who they're supposed to be. 
um they, they'll show like pictures side by side they'll be like this is the the real person's picture and then this is the the, per- the actor i'm like that's the same person <laughs> definitely You've part of the i'm definitely part of the Dwayne johnson fandom so i'll check that out yeah um yeah we're gonna talk about him a little later too and then i finished mighty ducks game changers ben guess what what I sent Ben a text. Yeah, you did. Um, you did. They, okay. I, I, yeah, you want. I'm not going to say how. I'm not going to say how it ends, but I will say there may or may not be a deal about whether or not someone keeps the Mighty Ducks name. Are you telling me the game has changed? The game has changed, Ryan. The game uh, is on. Yeah. What? Funny enough, Brandon, when you sent me that text with that uh that screenshot, I was right in the middle of watching Cruella. Oh, and then okay. I'm like, I'm like, what the heck is going on? And then it wasn't until later. I was like, oh, that's what it means. And I'm like, well, shit. All right. <laughs> ben, I mean, I, I mean, you knew it was coming, Ben. Yeah. You knew it was coming. I, 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 I mean, you coming. didn't because you made a complaint about it, but then you knew. <laughs> they yeah. heard you. They heard it. They yeah. listened. I got the episode. You should watch that show. I do think you'd like it. There's an episode, one episode where a bunch of the original cast come back. Um, that's really sweet. Um, I thought that was really well handled. The show is great, and I I will die on the hill of its of it being the best thing that the Mighty Ducks franchise has put out. Um, and I'm counting the animated show, um, which we all know is great. Also, aliens, yeah, alien ducks, <laughs> alien ducks who land in Anaheim, take over the pond, and actually become the NHL team. I can't, I'm not making this shit up. That yeah, sounds it's a, a real listen. cartoon. That sounds a hundred percent better than any Mighty Ducks movie that I'll ever watch. Like I'm never like sports teams and like love and family, all that, whatever. Give me Alien Ducks like now, come on. No Alien Ducks who live on a planet that were they're obsessed shaped with like a, shaped like a hockey puck. Yeah, come on, yeah. Where's that Space Jam? They're shaped like hockey pucks. Then they go to Earth and they land in Anaheim and they become the actual Mighty Ducks. And the dra- and the main villain is voiced by Tim Curry. See, this should be a live action movie. What are we doing? That's, what are we doing? That sounds incredible. That sounds awesome. Right? right? It does have a bit of a banger of a theme song. I will not it's, lie, because that's one of my favorite parts when I remember watching the show back in the day. Is it's Gordon a, it's a very Bombay thin, in it? No, it's a very thin um, gargoyles ripoff. But, oh. <laughs> but I do really like it. That should be um, next. the next crossover, the gargoyles versus the ducks. The ducks, yeah, do it. Yes, do it. Uh, I, I remember there's this one episode where the, the leader of the team is Wild Wing, which is the name of. He has a magic. He has a. He has a. He has a, a magic duck bill that he puts over his duck bill to it's become super powered. It, it's a mask that what he's because he's the goaltender of the team, and also when he's goaltending, it turns into like a white goaltending mask that the uh, reminiscent of the old hockey mask that Jason like Jason wears. Guys, this looks Why really cool. This is cool. <laughs> I don't care yeah. about hockey. This looks awesome. This is on. But, a, this is on Disney Plus. Do it. It is, it is on Disney Plus. It is on Disney Plus. And I just love the fact that. Uh, okay, quick sports history lesson. So when the Ducks land on in um, in Anaheim in the show. Oh, the fake history a, lesson. This is the history. Fake history okay. lesson. It's part. It's part. It takes stuff from the real world and blends it into the into the into the show. So in the show, when the ducks land, there's a billboard with a uh, a team called the Bullfrogs, right? A billboard. Don't Sparks, just stop right there. So there's a bill. So there's a billboard for a team called the Bullfrogs, and then the ducks move in. They become the actual NHL team, and they and they're like, hey, they're the new hockey team, right? In reality, 
in the early 90s, there was such a thing called, uh, it was Roller Hockey International. It was a roller hockey league that was played during the offseason of the NHL. And the team in Anaheim, which was the only team, which was my favorite team when I was a kid, was the Anaheim Bullfrogs. That was real. Cool. And the Bullfrogs and the Ducks shared the Arrowhead Pond of Anaheim before it became the Honda Center. So both, so everyone thought it was perfect. They, they called it the pond. What's in a pond? Ducks and frogs. It was, it was harmonious. In are there the giant frogs that battle the giant ducks? There no, are no, they're the only. Frogs. They're the only anthropomorphic animals in that show. Everyone they else are. is a human. Got they, it. Yeah, All right. yeah, they are. They are. And then the RHI went under, and then the ducks just took the Honda Center completely, and then we know, and then the rest is history. There this you go. A, Sports history of Ben. I Matt. think I just found my favorite new show, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Mighty Ducks Game Changers um, is really great. Um, Emilio, Emilio Estevez is really good, returning as the as his role, Gordon Bombay. Um, the ending is, is is awesome. The cast is great. Um, it really helps that it's written. It's developed by the guy who directed the the who wrote the first three films. But because he's super old, he gets a lot of young people in the in the um in the writing team to to kind of spice up the dialogue a bit and write some episodes centering around the younger characters um which makes them feel incredibly real good um in a way that was very surprising <clears throat> there's they use like gen what are we on gen x gen z gen z gen z whatever um they're uh they 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 say modern day slang stuff that i've i've just heard last month things that that's been in the vocabulary for years um so and it doesn't. It feels natural. It, it's coming out. It's coming from a natural place that doesn't feel forced, in a way that, say, we talked about, like Michael Brian Michael Bendis currently writes um, younger characters as they were when we were kids. Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say I'm glad because uh, that is something that I know in comics that that we deal with. Um, like 50, 60 year old men still writing teenagers and just not knowing what they sound like, and it's yeah. just very, very clear like oh you don't know how to write kids anymore you're um and it's not like it's their fault they're just they're they're old and they're like it's older. Just, and it's just nice that like that that guy was like hey i don't want to be the sole writer of the show i need younger people because it's 21st century uh yeah. that that makes me more excited for that show then sparks you're gonna say something i was just gonna say it is weird when it comes to bendis because he has a kids yeah a few kids that it's like you'd think you'd pick up something something yeah um, but yeah, I really like that show. It, I love the cast. I love the characters. Uh, I wasn't too crazy about the movies. I liked them, but I didn't. I didn't love them because mostly because I don't have nostalgia for them. But the show, I think, rules, um, and it's completely new audience, accessible, and super fun. Excellent. That's cool, man. I don't know if I'll ever make it to it, but maybe. Yeah, I mean, someday if you do, I don't. I don't think you'd regret it. I think that you know, like you, your endorsement puts it on my list, but mm -hmm. it doesn't but there's a lot of other things like higher than that. Right I have now. to, I have to yeah. get through the alien ducks that come to Anaheim first. You do. It's a prequel. They're canon now. Oh, oh cool. Like the, the top thing for me to watch on Disney plus right now is season three of DuckTales. Yeah, me too. We're yeah, gonna that yeah. So I, I want to watch DuckTales before I get to the duck, before I get to the mighty ducks game changers. And then I might watch a few episodes of the mighty ducks TV show. I think, just to I think ben, ben, I think you'd like it. I'm I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure I will. I, I do have nostalgia for the Mighty Ducks uh, movies, so I'm pretty sure I'm going to enjoy this quite a bit. Um, I just remembered uh, because I meant to bring this up last week and I forgot, and I'm going to forget later. So in Disney news, the Owl House 
got uh, confirmed for a season three. It's season two is about to drop. Heck yeah. um, uh, Owl House season one still on Disney Plus. Y'all should go watch it. Uh, that's a great show um, created by a bisexual featuring a bisexual character uh, like main character. Great show. 100%. Nice. Love it. Um, I'm really glad that they're pushing that show to season three. That's awesome. Speaking of, did yes. you guys see news about Tessa Thompson, Taika Waititi, and um... who didn't? We did we talk about that last mm-hmm. week? So I it, it was last Sunday. We were all in the car together, and I was on Twitter, oh. and there were some pictures yeah. that came out and uh, wild. People at Disney apparently aren't happy about it, but who gives no, a that's, fart? No, that's that came from we got this covered. I wouldn't believe it. Good, good, because that's stupid. Um, listen. Bunch of hot people living their best life. Like, what's to get mad at? What's to get they, mad at? I'm so happy for them. Like, that is legit- legitimately. What a life to live. Making a Thor movie, saying that with hot people everywhere. We're all together. Like, what a life. That's the dream. That's, that's the dream. That's the dream. Yeah. All right, Sparks, your turn. Okay, guys, this isn't going to take very long because uh, I I did a lot. I did a lot of long versions of a few things because basically I watched. What I call sex too. Almost all of you season two I watched this week, so I finished it. You um Netflix is you. Uh really, really like that show. Really enjoyed it. Um the last scene almost ruins the whole thing. Uh oh no. Oh yeah, god. It's a, big, it's a big time bummer. It's a big time bummer. Um the the main character has a lot of fantastic growth throughout the season, and then the last scene kind of says, but forget all of that. And I'm like boy then um, why then why so so that it's gonna have a season three um and uh megan brought up to me that you know it might not be following the same character and i'm like if it's not following the same character i'll almost be angrier because they could have just ended it with his full character arc done like the only reason to ruin it in that last scene is if you're doing another season mm-hmm. um but i don't know if i'll be here for it honestly uh because it's it's very hard like the character is hard to root for because for those who don't know netflix is you is about like an obsessive stalker guy um so he's he's a gross boy uh but they make it very weird and you're kind of compelled by him and all that kind of stuff and there are a lot more things to root for for him in season two um but if they're going to go the route that it looks like they're going to go based on the last scene um it's it kind of makes him un uh, unable to be connected to anymore um oh. they've kind of like driven him over the edge of like you can have any kind of kind of relationship with the character you can't sympathize or empathize with him anymore um so i don't know if i'd be here f- i'll be here for another season uh right. which is a bummer but i highly recommend the show that last scene is just a bummer but the show up to that point is really really good season two features um uh the character who played the actress who played uh, Nell in Haunting season one and the au pair in Haunting season two? Yeah, um, she's great. really I love her. She plays a great character in season two of you. And um, if it is coming back, she'll be back in season three if it is about the same characters. Man, she's uh, like Netflix's like darling. She's in so much stuff. It's in, it's incredible. I told, I know I told, mentioned this before, but like to see her in this role is like, I recognize that she's the same person, but it, it's both her performance and something about the look she's doing in the show. She's, she doesn't look like the same actress from the haunting seasons, which is really interesting. She's a transformer, um, but she's very, she's very talented. She's a chameleon. Um, chameleon. Uh, but I really, I, I do like the show. Um, season two sucked me in hardcore. Also, um, 
they just cast this week the young actress playing Wednesday Adams for the Adams Family show. Well, they did. Um, she's she's from you season two, and I she was really good in. in it. Yeah, uh, you know, it's here. Um, she's she's in you season two. She's fantastic in it. So I'm really happy that she's playing Wednesday. I think she's going to be great. Um, I watched a little bit more Shit's Creek. Not much. Um, still a good show. Highly recommend it. I heard that little meow, Emma. Um, she's just she's just like staring at me, like, why won't you love me? I watched I watched I think only a few more episodes of Castlevania, so I'm I'm not even halfway done with the season. Um But I do really like it. Ben's right. Um it's way more better balanced uh, amongst all the characters than the previous season was. Um I'm able to follow through and, and care about people. Ben, for reference, the last episode I watched was the one where um she dons the day armor. Oh, that's so rad. That was a really great episode. Oh, no, man, that, that day armor is just so freaking cool. Yeah. Can, can I real quickly, Ryan, say say something to you? Um, so when you first showed me the background, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain to you what I saw real quickly. I saw a, a long piece of, of, of floor okay. with some consoles at the front and then the window. Okay. No, no. <laughs> that's what I saw. And let me tell you, I just looked at it now and it transformed into the ISS. There you go. <laughs> so for audio listeners, I have a green screen and I am in space in front of the International Space Station. But if you have a smaller screen, it might look like I'm not there. It looks like you're at the cockpit of a spaceship. Rare. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I'm I'm looking forward to finishing the season. I think the season of Castlevania is is much better than season three by nice. by a good mile. Um, oh, I follow it, it certainly is. Yeah, I follow yeah. some of the some of the animators of that show on Twitter, and they are not that they weren't proud of the other seasons, but like this season, like they went like super hard, and like I haven't watched it, but some of the animations that I've seen, uh, like the storyboarding and the progress of how it turns into it, I'm like, holy shit, I can't wait to watch this. Show. I, I don't think this is really a spoiler, but there's a whole episode that like kind of both recaps you on everything before you met him, and then everything since the end of last season for Saint Germain. Mm -hmm. Um. That's a really yeah. great episode. Yeah, that, uh, yeah. That's I wouldn't say that's a spoiler because when he does show up in the season, I go, "Hold on, it's like it's like a girlfriend review zone." I was like, "Hold up a minute." Is that Bill Nye? That is Bill Nye. Yes. Yeah. Not yeah, Bill Nye. It's not Bill Nye. Bill Nye. 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 Yeah. yeah, it's Bill Nye. You're right. Bill Nye, Nye. is in Mank. Bill Nye is in Mank. Interesting. Um, oh. Uh, so. Looking forward to watching the rest of that. The other things I did, uh, I did a little bit more of the CW catch-up because I'm still behind, um, which means I started Legends. Uh, that show's re really good. <laughs> um, uh, we've still got, oh, this this was the other thing. Um, Constantine's still there. This season's all about dealing with a lot of alien stuff, and Constantine encounters alien magic, uh, which he doesn't <laughs> believe exists. And then he finds out that a demon learned that that was real, and he kept a book from him, and he thinks it's all garbage and gibberish, and then he learns that it's real, and he's like, there's alien magic, my god. Um, so aliens have a different type of magic, and Constantine's learning about it, uh, which I think is dope. Um, they did that on Doctor Strange, what Jason Aaron was doing, I think. Mm -hmm. No, Mark Wade. Mark Wade. No! Wade. Yeah, 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 and he goes into space, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I just, uh, they're doing a lot of great stuff with Constantine. They're, they're, that show's that show's jumping. I really like it. Um, uh, <laughs> whatever may be going on behind the scenes, because obviously there's been some gr some problematic stuff for some of the cast. Um, but the be, but the show itself is is solid. I highly recommend at some point if you guys were to jump back in, at this point if you guys were to jump into a CD, CW show that's not Black Lightning, 
pretty much the number one I would recommend to you is Legends. Um, it, because, even though it's, be. because even though it's so interconnected still to the Arrowverse stuff, it's also still the most disconnected, I think. Um, and it's the most fun to watch. Yeah, I... it, it is. It is like the closest you get to network television Doom Patrol at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's definitely the one that like I I plan to revisit. Um, just because like the other ones like like quality wise like they're they're there or not, but like Legends just always seems to be just like having a good time. Not that it can't be dramatic, but like that's the one where I'm like, oh, that's the one with the big teddy bear monsters. I'm gonna watch that one. Legends Legends has definitely become like the best of like the the comedic really like enjoy tongue-in-cheek stuff of doctor who when doctor mm -hmm. who was pumping that really well that's pretty much what legends has become at this point um and they've been that for like three solid seasons of non-stop like really hitting it out of the park and the nice thing is like they've still consistently had shorter seasons than the other shows so they're not over elongating their seasons and when they've gotten good you can just like go through them and you're like this is great um yeah, it is. It is like my highest recommendation of them. That isn't Black Lightning. I mean, uh, people people love to uh, uh, to shit all over the CW, but like it get it gets like retweeted like every week of the scene where Gorilla Grodd meets uh, young Barack Obama, and I'm like, that's why I read comic books. It's for that kind of dumb stuff that's like so fun. I'm like, do you guys see that as a negative? I see this as a positive. Uh, in this, in the premiere episode of this season, um, they meet David Bowie. And the actor who plays David Bowie is better than the actor that was in that trailer for the documentary uh, we watched. Like I was like, this is this is a pretty good David Bowie for just being in a single scene of this network. There was an episode. Show. There was an episode I saw ages ago when Martin Stein was still on the show, um, where where they say George Lucas. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah. I did. I did hear something recently where they were like, uh, something that I haven't gotten to yet from this season, I guess is retroactively making Martin Stein's character an abusive dad. Uh -oh. uh, I did hear about that happening on Twitter. So I might not like that. Um, we'll see. I haven't gotten there yet, but I did hear about that happening on Twitter, which I'm like, Ooh, that sucks. That seems um, like a choice. Uh, I, yeah. I hope that's not really what's up, but we'll see. Um, but I do, I do really like that show. Um, some of the other ones like flash is just kind of, kind of moving along. I guess uh, not, it, not, at a, not at a quick pace. I'm guessing. Oh, you know what they did? They did do a pretty. You know what they did do a pretty interesting episode um, with Killer Frost uh, that I watched in this chunk, which is called the People versus Killer Frost, which is where um, this person wants to have her ha be forced to take the cure um, and set a precedent that all all meta criminals, anyone who has any amount of a criminal record and has meta powers has, is forced to take the cure. And they oh. want to make her the example of that. And she says, you can't just like change something that, that is part of who we are. Um, so she volunteers for a life sentence in prison instead. Uh, so that's pretty interesting. Um, is she, that, that was a good the, episode. is she still on the show or is this how they well, write her off the show? Ki Killer Frost and Caitlin separated. So that's Killer right. Frost will go to prison, but Caitlin's still on the show. Gotcha. Okay. Um, uh, but that was actually a pretty good episode. They, I think they thought around a lot of like a good argument about like, you know, like what the allegory is of metahumans representing like marginalized groups. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that was actually pretty good. Um, it didn't focus on the flash at all. And so I like, but that was one of the better episodes. Uh, Batwoman's in an interesting place. They just had, um, so uh, Black Mask has made Kate Kane his, thinks she's his daughter who died. Um, and so she's she using a enigma 
which is not Edward Enigma. It's like a reimagining of Edward Enigma, which is called Enigma. Um, and she can change a person's uh, memory patterns. So she's supplanted the personality of his daughter into Kate Kane. I know, right? And uh, Kate Kane has a screwed up face and wears a mask. Anyway, she had like a confrontation with Alice with, that was kind of cool. Um, Batwoman's Batwoman isn't bad. It's just in an interesting place. Uh, they're doing a lot of weird stuff there. Uh, oh, uh, real quickly, it, I just had to double check. Enigma yeah. is a character of the DC Comics, uh, not uh, Edward Enigma. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. I am I unfamiliar. Ask, didn't, didn't they call... Okay, in uh, Batman Arkham Origins, didn't Riddler go by Enigma before he... Well, his, last, his name is Enigma. Yeah, yeah, I know that, but... Yeah. Nah, never mind. That's, that's what that, he was doing in, in Arkham Origins. That's, that, that's mm -hmm. all I was trying to specify, is that it's not... It's not the riddler right um yet yet uh that's that's i don't i don't have much to say else about that and then the last thing i'll talk about is uh i just played um more knockout city guys knockout city is incredible i love oh, it oh that um, game is fun uh brandon hopped in i did um and yes. had a good time uh we played we played our biggest match ever with um uh seven players at one point wow. um seven of our friends which was really cool. <clears throat> I still highly recommend that game. I don't think it's a, I think the free free time is over now. Um, but uh, uh, that is the coolest competitive game right now, in my opinion. Um, so I highly only, recommend it to people. Only 20 bucks. Yeah, only 20 bucks. and It's so good. Uh, and you can play it across all platforms. Um, oh, available on everything and you can play with each other and it's great. Um, so anyway, that's that. Uh, that's me. All right. Boop, boop, boop. Shall we get into our news then? Let's dive in. So we need to we need to wait twelve ish hours, right? All right, I'm gonna take a nap. Okay. All right, everybody, grab your popcorn. We got some sad news up top. Mm -hmm. Samuel E. Wright, who voiced Sebastian in The Little Mermaid, passed away this week at seventy two due to prostate cancer. Uh. uh Yes, Samuel E. Wright also originated the role of Mufasa in the Broadway production of The yes, Lion King. Yes, he did, yes. Oh, wow, nice. Yeah. Yep, um, so big bummer, big bummer. Uh, yeah. Good long life, though. Good long career. Uh, like, one of the most iconic, like, Disney friends, like, that little guy will be around forever, man. Yeah. yeah. And he's a Mufasa. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Definitely the most one of the most iconic Disney voices. Like, when you hear Sebastian, you always have you always have um, Samuel E. Wright's voice in your head for just e going down the Disney parks or just even, did he voice the best in the cartoon as well? Or was that someone else? That I don't know. I would have to look it up. I don't know. Which I will do right now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but like when I heard, um, I mean, Under the Sea is my favorite song in that movie. It's, it's an amazing song. Just Sebastian himself is a funny character. So it, it is a huge bummer. I'm, I was really bummed out when I heard this news. We did a Mike Pistola possible movie trivia challenge with The Little Mermaid. Um, we if you did. Guys remember? So, Kevin Clark was killed this week. Uh, if you don't know that name right off the bat, that's fine. He played Freddy in School of Rock, the drummer. No! Yeah, yeah he was 32. Samuel E. Wright did, in fact, voice Sebastian for the entire run of The Little Mermaid show. Wow, good friend. There we go. Nice. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're talking about Kevin. E Kevin Clark. Um, right. Right. 
Right. Uh, he played Freddy in School of Rock. He did not pursue acting after School of Rock. He he continued on as a musician. Uh, he was in a band. He was he is killed because of a hit and run at the age of thirty two while riding his bike at one twenty a.m. Yeah. Um. Man. No. This is just like just tragic. Like I don't. There's yeah. nothing else to say. Like School of Rock is such an important movie to so many people. Um, for so many reasons, whether it's about it's music or body positivity, it's just a good movie. Um, that's that's just this is awful. Yeah. No, School of Rock was definitely one of my influences when I was a kid. I mean, I and even when I would later on in life when i'm like reading into people like you know doing deep dives like deep analytical stuff because like, well, i would watch the movie it's like it's a bunch of kids in a in a school that has like a stick up their ass and then they actually learn to have fun it's mm. it's i mean i've never seen the movie but this might be a bad comparison it's like footloose but with rock music that's no it's not no no that's not it no the, All right, the, never mind. even jack black even jack black has said like if i never make another movie in my life I will think I'm successful because I did School of Rock. Yeah. School, School of Rock, Rock is so yeah. important. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's School of Rock's about like learning like who you are and like it is like about like a school being like uptight, but that's not really like the point of it. It's about like Jack Black teaching these kids it's okay to be who you are. And you could be you could be any color, any diversity, you could be anybody, and music's important to you. Like it's and anybody could play any instrument. Like it's uh it's a really it's a really important movie. And like the older we get, like our generation, like that movie rises up in terms of like importance um it's just it's a shame he's so young it is. no one of my favorites one of my favorite scenes in that entire movie is what i mean it is involving um the actor who died when they're trying to figure out who could play what in the band he's like i play percussions because he, he couldn't play anything else shut up dude and then he turns out to be an, like, an amazing drummer mm-hmm. and and like you said, Ryan, and so many people take that to take that movie, and it means so much to them. It's like the scenes with um that one girl who's like scared she could sing because she's a little bigger, and yeah. all the scenes with Jack Black. He's like, "Hey, I'm a little, I'm a little big, but you've heard of Aretha Franklin? Everyone loves her. She is one of the best singers in the world." And when in the final bit of the movie, I can go on. I love that movie. It's sad. It sucks. I'm sad. Yeah, I this this is just tragic at any time uh it being from a movie that's so important to people uh it just kind of makes it extra so but yeah 32 way way too young yeah um, yeah that's uh that's really tragic to lose someone at that that age i i don't have any familiarity with the movie but that's that's a bummer you haven't seen the movie no oh, okay you should i think you'd like it paul souls or soles probably not but he passed away. He, the, this is important because he was the uh, original voice of Spider-Man in the 1960s cartoon. So oh. he was the first actor to portray Spider-Man in any medium. Um, he passed away at the age of 90. Oh, wow. Man, that's a that, that's a pretty awesome legacy to have. Like, I'm the first Spider-Man. Like, that's yeah. awesome. Good for that guy. And then Eric Carle, who is a children's author. Most of us would probably be familiar with his book, The, the Very Hungry Caterpillar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he passed away at the age of 91. Yeah, I remember that book. Yeah, that, that was such a good book. That was, is such a good book. And yeah, 91's a good age to punch out at. It, it is, yeah. it is. Definitely, definitely an author that like we probably all read as a kid and like oh, I didn't, ab- didn't realize, like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, both those ages, um, both those people who passed cause of death was not given so i just assume kind of old age mm-hmm. it's their time complications of life yeah. 
Okay, but let's get into some casting. <gasps> yes, it's me. I'm in the movie. Got a lot of casting. Um, we have all been cast in Knives Out. Good. Uh, Knives Out too, as well as remember, guys, Spider Man no, no Way Home is coming. We're in. We're in that. Guys, real quick, just real quick. We're not going to talk about it in the news. I am kind of getting worried about this movie. <laughs> me too. And this is normally the thing where I'm like, I love, I love big stupid shit, but like. This is a like a two-hour movie. Uh-oh. Oopsie poopsies. I can't wait. I'm so, I can't wait. <laughs> Oopsie poopsies. Oh my god. Are we are we talking about Spider-Man? No. no. Oh. Well, yes. But that moment we are, yeah. Sorry. I don't not 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 the actual it's not in the news, but I just think it's hilarious. Yeah, I'm I'm waiting. I haven't put Spider-Man No Way Home in the news for a while because I'm kind of waiting for that trailer at this point. Yeah. Like, okay, what are so we... we are so we are talking about Spider-Man right now. Currently. Okay, that's what I meant. Yeah, um, yeah. I, uh, I hope some of these. I hope some of these rumors are false. Just gonna throw that out there. I have been nervous for a while. Yeah. Um, I just want a Spider-Man movie, man. Don't worry, you're getting all of them at the same time. No, that's not what I mean. You want Spider-Man? <laughs> Here's all of the Spider-Man. It, it's once again Sony learning the wrong lessons. Uh huh. Um, yeah, but oh. it's weird because it's still. Like Kevin's got pull on this one. Like, not, not enough. True. Not enough. M- Mag Mag <laughs> accurately says, butt clenching. Finish it. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. But anyway, we talked a little bit about uh, this new Willy Wonka origin story movie, just called Wonka, I believe. This week we have gotten a cast. Willy Wonka will be played by Timothy Chalamet. This is like th- this like. Considering we're talking about a movie today about like what do we need origins or whatever, this is really good casting. Yeah, this is like he's if we're going for a young Gene Wilder, th- Timothy Chalamet is a really really good young actor, uh, and it's the guy who made the Paddington movies. For, so I have no reason to hate this movie except for the fact that like oh do I need this origin? No, yeah. but I I don't need anything. So like that right was, now, a friend of mine posted on on Instagram and he was like, how dare they cast the thing or uh, uh, Willy Wonka origin story? I'm like. Look, I mean, it's the director of both Paddington movies, and I'm like, uh, I don't know. If, I think this is a win. I got, until I have see a bad trailer, like, I have no reason to hate this thing. Yeah. Um, the writer is Simon Rich, who wrote American Pickle. Oh, that's the Seth Rogen movie. Yeah, it's pretty good. Okay, it's pretty good. all right. So I'm, I'm hopeful. Listen, I watch Cruella, so like my I, I'm open to as long as it's good, just whatever. Like, I don't yeah, know. Last of Us had some casting this week with um, the announcement that Meryl Dandridge, hope I pronounced that right, uh, will reprise her role that she plays in the games as Marlene. Yeah, I think, that's, I think that's really cool. Um, um, I don't know if this has like ever happened before, like this. Probably not. There's so. not. There's not a lot of video game stuff to. No, to I mean even 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 vice versa. Like the same actor playing the live action and like if, if anything, like you know, movie, comic, TV show. Like that's really really cool. And um, that uh, Saul Guerrero. There you go. That's what I'm. Well, that for. happened. That happened. Movie first. Sure. Yeah. But it's still it's still yeah, yeah, yeah. happened in the or or if you want um Katie Sackoff. Katie Sackhoff, that's a good point. From, from animation to 
Oh, okay. Cool. Action. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I mean. I like when that's Star Wars happening. has done it, baby. There yeah. you go. No, yeah, but it, um, it is cool it, to see her. Probably, it probably doesn't count because Tails was only in that tiny little bit at the end of the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. But um, Colleen O'Shaughnessy, she's count. the she's the voice of Tails in the game, so she voiced Sonic, it. The sequel counts for okay. sure. Yeah, no, for sure, um, Ben. Yeah, yeah. We we talked about we talked about Star Wars. I forgot I did something. I forgot something I did. If I may, what, do it. What'd you do? I went to Galaxy's Edge and I rode Rise of the Resistance. Oh, heck yeah. Uh, I'm not going to spoil a damn thing. Um, I just will say it might be the greatest ride I've ever been on. It's pretty good. Um, which, if you haven't... Which, uh, which route did you go? Did you go the the up route and back or the down route and and forward? I think we did, we did up and up and back. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was blown away. I'm so glad I didn't know anything about that ride except kind of how how like how it was made uh, because of that one docu series. But man, I got the the ride started. I was like, oh, this is the start. Cool. Yeah. Um, how crowded was it? Not very. Nice. That's excellent. Um, yeah, that was it was awesome. I thought I thought I really like Galaxy's Edge because I think it's creating some really innovative rides that have never been some technology that's never been seen before. Uh, very unique stuff. I thought Smuggler's Run was like the tip of that iceberg. Boy. Boy. Yeah, that, that Star Wars Land is pretty cool. It's pretty yeah. sweet. Um, I loved it. I love that ride so much. Anyway, sorry. No, this is, excuse me. Uh, that's a great character. Um, I, I just can't wait. It's it's really crazy that this thing is happening so fast. And like, it's a, it's like, wow, it's really happening. With like yeah. a great team behind it, like creatively and like acting. Like, let's, let's hope they live up to how good that game is. Yeah. All right. Speaking of Spider-Man, Craven the Hunter has been cast. They're still doing this. Ben, they just casted him. If you remember, J.C. Chandor directing uh, this movie for, that's being written by Art Markham Matt Holloway, who did Iron Man, Transformers okay. 5, and okay, then Black no. International. Uh, you're one for three, buddy. <laughs> um, and they're doing the upcoming Uncharted. You're one for four, buddy. Um, and Richard Wank, who has written Expendables 2 and Jack Reacher 2. Um, so this oh. is well, that movie, if you recall, has just cast Quicksilver himself, Aaron Taylor Johnson, as the title role of Craven the Hunter. And they're still trying to say this is going to be in the MCU. And I'm like, yeah, is it? Is it? Is it? Is it really? Yeah. Um, my biggest problem with this is just like Craven is 100% a character that doesn't need to be white. Nope. Uh, not even a little. And Aaron Taylor Johnson looks nothing like him to begin with. Um, I've obviously like shouted out Manu Bennett as a great choice for Craven. Um, yes. but, there, but there are plenty of others who are just not white actors. There's just, yes. I can't, I don't understand. Like, there's, I, I, I don't think Craven has been depicted as wholly white for a while. So he's Russian. He's Russian. Yeah. He, yeah. he, he's, he is. He's he's well he's kind of white. He's kind of he sure. He's um, white. Well, but it doesn't. But you don't you don't have to because you. No. Could, it doesn't really matter where he comes from. That's not part of his origin. Um, yeah. I I have said that after Eurovision, I felt like Dan Stevens could be a fun Craven the Hunter, but I wasn't too serious about that. Sure. I mean, he'd be I, more I, interesting for sure. Yeah, I just uh, it, it it definitely feels like an opportunity for diversity casting. So I don't uh, know why yes. you'd go you'd go against it. Yeah. 
I, I, here's the thing. Like, I, I, I will defend him in that, like, he has been nominated for Oscars, and the movies that he has been in where he really, really tries, even in Tenet, like, half of us, get Emma, no! <laughs> that was so close, you guys. Oh, my God. Her finger was on that button. Um, Aaron, t- you jerk. Okay, so he's in Tenet, and half of us didn't recognize him because he's big and bulky and super British. So, like, he can be a good actor. He can be a chameleon in Nocturnal Animals, the movies he's nominated for an Oscar for. That's, like, one of the best. He will never do a better acting role than that. But, like, that's not what Craven is. So it's just, like, I. what's the why? Why do we need a Craven movie? Why? Wanna, Simple answer. Up, we don't. I yeah. want to pull up Mags. Uh, curious that they add uh, chameleon. Chameleon. So I swear that as Charmeleon. I was very confused. Um, Chameleon's a great Spider-Man villain, and that would be a fun, a fun thing. But they also have like scrolls, so now like, are they gonna be, you know, whatever? Yeah, I look. I like Craven a lot. I like Craven a lot. He's super cool. Um, but like his most famous story is him killing Spider-Man. That's what he's famous for. But if they're not, if they're not gonna connect this to the MCU, well, okay, I think this is their. This is Emmy Pascal like digging her grave. She's always kind of been like. Yeah, we're MCU adjacent. We're, we have a plan, blah, blah, blah. This this sealed it. I don't think Kevin Feige would ever let this happen. The person who played Quicksilver and, Cra- and being the Craven the Hunter at the same franchise? No way. 100%. This is just ruffling, like, ruffling any feathers of, like, any type of, of Quicksilver comeback or, or, like, that character's now just dead. That character's I, gone. Like I, I stand by what, what I suspect is going to happen um, which is kind of what what it seemed like the language coming out of Sony was hinting at this week, which is that they intend to put Spider-Man in their movies. I just don't think it's going to be the MCU Spider-Man. I think yeah. we're just going to get a different Spider-Man for those those Sony connected films. Um, I don't think it's going to be in the MCU. I, see, I because obviously we can have a hundred Batman. Like I would love if we had the MCU Spider-Man, and also Sony had their Spider-Man versus Sinister Six. You don't need Tom Holland for that. I would I would like to have these Spider-Man villains have Spider-Man in the movie. It just doesn't make sense that they don't. It's just like, you're obviously doing it on purpose because you can't use Spider-Man. I'm yeah. just like, then why? I know you want to make a billion dollars, but after a point, like, it's just like creative bankruptcy to me. Like, I, I truly think like, you know, the, the most like pessimistic version of this that I could present is that I, I do think that there's just such bad communication and planning going on between mostly from Sony, but like in conjunction with Marvel that they're like, there are voices there that are hoping, yes, we can connect to the MCU. That's what Morbius is for. But there are also ones who are like, there's just no, you know, like Kevin's not going to budge on this. So Venom's not connected. Craven's not going to be connected. And then Morbius is just kind of not ever going to get acknowledged. And it's actually still just going to be a part of this Sony universe thing, even though it had Michael Keaton in it. It'll it'll just like oh, the, yeah. because the communication is so bad. Uh, like I don't think there's an agreement. I think that they just could use him. So they were like, "Look, we're trying to be buddy buddy with the MCU," and Kevin's gonna be like, "No, I don't want to." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and it's they're just gonna have to go their own way. And it's like I'm that not, one. I'm not I'm not stoked for a Craven solo film to begin with, but I'm certainly not stoked with. Uh, with the casting choice, I, yeah. it's not, it's not really anything against Aaron Taylor Johnson. I just don't think he's craven. Yeah, like it's just they could have done so many more inspiring choices, and this is like, well, he's he definitely can do good, but I'm like, you could have done something different. Like, yeah. especially again, this dude has he was just a superhero. He's been multiple superheroes. Like, why do you got to get the same people and like go outside of oh, your yeah, normal areas? He was kick ass. Yeah. <laughs> um, remember when we all thought he was Rasputin and Kings and the Kingsman? Man, talk about a transformation that was a lie. <laughs> <laughs> right.
That movie's coming out January 13th, 2023. Yeah, this definitely sits in the same place as I felt, and, and still largely do, when Benedict Cumberbatch was cast as Doctor Strange, which is like, I like Benedict Cumberbatch. I think he's a good Doctor Strange. I just also think that character didn't have to be white. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel the same way about Craven. I'm like, that character doesn't have to be white. Mm-hmm. Green Lantern. Speaking of white people, Green Lantern um, has cast Alan Scott, Jeremy Irvine from Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, and Treadstone, uh, the USA uh, adapta- uh, spinoff to Jason the Bourne, Bourne, the Jason Bourne franchise, has been cast as Alan Scott. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he's young, so I assume that this is a flashback to the 1940s because they have said that this is also partially set there. So, uh, do you guys know the, the the like? I'm sure you read the synopsis, but like Alan Scott is an FBI agent in the 40s. That's kind of yeah. weird. That's yeah, a little he, weird. Why well, is he, he a cop? He was a railroad. He was a railroad r- railroad worker initially in the comics. So maybe they, just wanted, maybe they just wanted to give him something more exciting. I guess you didn't have to make him an arc. <laughs> that, that's true. Uh, um, that's cool. This well, is no, really cool. Green Lanterns are cops. No, cops. no, yeah, I know, Brandon. That's why I, no. I don't read a lot of. I mean, yeah, the, the Green Lanterns we know are space cops, but Alan Scott technically isn't. He, Alan Scott is a is more of a superhero because his powers come from the Star Heart and not the Green mm-hmm. Lantern uh, mm-hmm. battery. Mm-hmm. I'm just excited that this is like uh like a time period thing, like it's happening all over different decades. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, Simon Baz and Jessica Cruz are also in the show, so I'm sure we're going to hear hear about their casting next. That's awesome. Um, because now we have Guy Gardner and Alan Scott. I love Alan Scott. I think he's one of my he's one of my favorite Green Lanterns uh, after Hal Jordan, and uh, so I'm really excited to see. I hope we get a goofy costume. I'm hoping for the long for the long collar. That huge, that huge cape. That'd be cool. You, you said that, and I just immediately pictured Alan Scott in a goofy mascot outfit. Oh God. <laughs> um, What's up, Parallax? And they're keeping the uh, and they're keeping the the wreck on that he's uh, gay. Uh, canon to the show, so that's really that's cool. Awesome. Um, awesome. are they gonna do the thing where wood doesn't work against it? Boy, I hope not. <laughs> I forgot oh. that was his weakness in the original books. I can oh. construct anything from my mind, but a piece of plywood will stop me. But that's because no, that doesn't make any sense. Solomon Grundy was his bit was his major villain because of that. Oh, he's made of wood. Yeah. Yes, right. He's made <laughs> like he's made of wood. Um, Solomon Grundy is an old character, and a lot of people forget that he's not originally a Batman villain. Yeah, he's an old boy. Yeah, yeah. Solomon Grundy was like a zombie. Yeah, yeah. zombies are made of wood. <laughs> That's the chemical transformation. On, you know, I'm not gonna. Get, we, I, I'm not gonna get into it. <laughs> I, I, I know when to. I know when to. I know which battles to walk away from, and this is one of them. It's better. It's better than giving Hal Jordan an Asian sidekick that his ring can't work around because of the yellow impurity. Oh no! Oh, that writers. They do that. They did that. They did that. That's canon in the old, old days, like you know, Hal Jordan Silver Age, and probably, probably made into the Bronze Age too. Maybe comics are a mistake sometimes. (laughs) Hal Jordan's weakness has always been yellow, and and Jeff Johns made that the color of fear. Uh Um, but so the color yellow was was his weakness. Um. So they gave him an Asian sidekick that he couldn't use his ring around. Oh, boy, howdy! Oh, I mean, it, it doesn't excuse it, but thank God that was like back then. But still, oh, that is, ugh, yeah, it's that. pretty bad. Oh God, oh man, 
That, that, so that, the, the wood the wood thing isn't looking so ridiculous now, is it? Somebody, no, somebody thought doesn't. they were so clever. Yeah, didn't they? Turns out they were just racist. <laughs> uh, that character was in uh, Jeff John's uh, run. Far less racist. Good, good, good. I have never been more happy that Jeff John's came in and redid the entire color, color spectrum to have like an emotion with it. Yeah. Because so, that is much more better than that one. Dear God, that is bad. Um. Yeah, man, and that color represents fear. Oops, bad times. Secret Invasion has cast Christopher McDonald, the one and only. Who? Oh, I forgot to write down who he's from. You'd recognize his face. Look up his face, and you're gonna be like, "Oh yeah, got it." That guy, who's been in everything. Nope, that's not his name. We we don't uh, know as what though, right? Uh, no, we don't know who anybody is at this point. Oh, it's, Ed Mendelsohn. It's, it's Shooter McGavin. Oh, mm-hmm. it's Shooter McGavin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that dude's definitely a bad guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, we don't know outside of outside of uh, Sam Jackson and Ben Mendelsohn. We don't know anybody else. That's Man. definitely a, that's definitely a scroll boy, right dude, there. That's awesome. That dude, I love that guy. That's great. Um, you both looked uh, that way at the same time. That way. <laughs> Wait, that way <laughs> at the same time. It was very weird. I love it. Cameras are funny. Um, yeah, may I correct the shooter McGavin? Um, yeah, so that's cool. I like him a lot. Yeah. Um, the untitled Wakanda Disney Plus series has announced that Danae Guerrera will be returning as Okoye. Well, she better. Well, it could be a early prequel. I don't care. She better be Okoye, or else I'm going to be a little upset. It's her great great grandmother. I I definitely always assumed that she was in that show. Yeah. I guess I, I guess I didn't consider Brandon. Yeah, like if the prequel like following T'Chaka or something. But like I just assumed it was like it's just what's happening in Wakanda without Black Panther. Like yeah, which are... is also Black Panther two. Which is also Black Panther two. Sadly, yeah. Wow. Right. Sandman. Yo guys, they, were, they really some some good some good shit. I uh, before we get to this, you can definitely tell when some people haven't read a comic when they comment on things. Yes. This this is one of those situations that we're like, oh, you definitely don't know Sandman. Constantine? I'll be right back. Uh, Con- Constantine, death being non-binary, like a non-gendered, yeah. like all that stuff. Well, now previously, if you guys remember, the uh, casting for uh, Sandman included Tom Sturridge, who plays Dream of the Endless, Gwendolyn Christie as Lucifer, Sanjeev Baskar, and Asim Chaudhry as Cain and Abel, Charles Dance as Roderick Burgess, Vivian uh, Arch Archiem Pong. Yep. <laughs> as Luce, as Lucian and Boyd Holbrook as the Corinthian. Good, good, good. That's who we knew. Now we have 11 more cast members. Oh my God, it's a lot of people. Kirby Hal Baptiste, who is actually in the movie we're reviewing today. Yep. Um, will play Death, Dream's wiser, nicer, and much more sensible sister. Uh, she was uh, 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 Anita Darling then in oh. Corella. Okay, yeah. okay. Sorry, sorry. When Brand said the name, I was like, "Wait, who the heck is?" She's no, yeah, also yeah. in. She's also in a good place as uh, oh. Chidi's love interest. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm, I'm not that far in the good place, but okay, awesome. Oh yeah, yeah, good. yeah. She's cool. Um, Mason Alexander Park will play Desire, Dream sibling, and everything you want, whatever you want, and whoever you are. Desire has also trouble for Dream. Families are complicated. This is, by the way, Neil Gaiman's words. He wrote these descriptions. Um, Donna Preston is Despair, uh, Desire's twin, Dream's sister, 
She is the moment when all hope is gone, the bleakest of the endless. Jenna Coleman, Doctor Who's own Jenna Coleman, Captain America the First Avengers own Jenna Coleman. Also true. Love her. Uh, we'll play Joanna Constantine. Oh boy, people on the internet don't know shit. <laughs> Joanna Constantine, who is in fact John Constantine's great, great, great grandmother. Yeah, everyone's just assuming, oh, they're just they're gender bending John Constantine. I'm like, no, you guys don't read comic books. Uh, just yeah. assuming. You just don't assume. Oh, it's assuming. Don't you? Don't you just love it when you get a bunch of trolls on it who think they know their shit and it's like, oh, they're gender bending. How dare they? It's John Constantine. It's like, um, no, I, no, I, I don't love it. You know I, what I do love? I do love Neil Gaiman telling everyone to shut the hell up. That's what I meant. <laughs> when I said good. don't you love it, because what I meant was like when like the creator I know what you meant. like, hey guys, it's actually in the books. You know nothing. Set the down. She is an 18th century occult adventuress and John Constantine's great, great, great grandmother, as we said. That's I cool. really like Jenna Coleman, and I haven't seen enough stuff with her outside of Doctor Who, but like, I think this is great casting. Like, For her to play a John Constantine-esque character, she's quick and witty. Uh, I think this is awesome. Yeah, me too. I like her a lot. Naomi Niam Walsh? Sorry? And Jolie Richardson will play young and old Ethel Cripps. Uh, so one will play young, one will play old. Cool. Roderick, who's Roderick Burgess... Bur Burgess Love, you know, the um, Charles Dance's character. John Dee's mother, a betrayed and determined young woman seeking to survive in the present day, now a woman of a hundred identities and a thousand lies. So she, but we're seeing her in flashbacks and present day. John Dee's. Brandon, you know about John Dee's? I'm about to talk to you about him. Don't Dee's say nuts. it. Don't <laughs> say it, Ryan. I knew it. Ah, sorry. Don't you dare, Ryan. Don't you? Too late. Sorry. How dare you insult David Thewlis, who is playing John D. Um, Aries himself. Did you guys? Did you guys see that? Oh my god, it was incredible. He didn't know anything. That was really funny. His Instagram is really funny. Did you see this, Ben? No, I have not seen it. Uh, once again, I have to reiterate: I am. This is not a knock on the Snyder Cut. I have no stake in that movie. Um, but David Thewlis posted a picture of him as Ares in the Snyder Cut, and I was like, "I don't know who these people are. What is this? When did this and happen? Was when this did this happen? <laughs> they just like CGI'd his face on. Which is on really it. like. Which is really like. There is no excuse. Like, uh, sorry, Snyder. Like, I I like that film. Fine. Yeah. There is no excuse to not ask an actor to use their likeness. Um, true. especially in a production like that this is not something where he should have gone to instagram to have to mm -hmm. ask what is this why am i in this you what see when, when actors are in movies they get paid yeah. <laughs> that's what that like when you're famous like you get paid to be in movies so sometimes you can't just like oh i'm, I'm in this movie i where's my money i'm, and, and he, and I'm sure somewhere you. in his contract like with wonder woman there was something that allowed them to like loophole into this is related to they own the contract face. of doing DC and that kind of thing. Yeah. But it's still like, you should probably check in, especially when it's something that many years out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He, he said, so he posted on, on Instagram that, and then people were like, this is the Snyder cut. And it's like the what? And he's like the, yeah, you were in this, you were in this movie. It's like, I don't remember this at all. Uh, and he even says, please call my, please call my agent to make this make sense. Yeah. That was, that was cute. Yeah. <clears throat> um, John D is Ethel's son. Uh, sorry, Ethel's son is dangerous. He was driven mad long ago. Now he's out on a and on a quest for truth that may destroy the world. 
Kaya Ra. That's a cool name. Yeah. Uh, we'll play Rose Walker, a young woman on a desperate search for her missing brother who finds a family she didn't know that she had and had and a connection to dream that neither of them can escape. Razan Jamal will play Lita Hall, Rose's friend, a young widow mourning her husband, Hector. Rose doesn't know that Hector has started showing up in Lita's dreams, though, or that strange things are happening. Hector! Do you guys remember in Troy? Do you ever see Troy? When mm-hmm. Brad yeah, Pitt, Brad Pitt got his cousin killed because his cousin was pretending to be Achilles, so he goes to Troy and he's like, "Hector, I want to fight you!" And he sees Hector like for ten minutes. Sick. Yeah, <laughs> I, I remember that. Um, Sandra James Young will play Unity Kincaid, uh, an heiress, Rose's mysterious benefactor. She has spent a century asleep. Now she's awake, having missed out on her life. Unity Kincaid is a dope name. Um, this is the next. I know that we're, feeling. <laughs> we're doing a. We're we're gonna do the first volume in this show when this comes out. Oh my goodness! Stephen Fry Woo! will play Gilbert Godfrey. No, Rose Walker's debonair. That that would be funny. Uh, <laughs> debonair protector, a dab hand with a paradox and a sword cane. Good for Stephen Fry. I like him. Yeah, I really like him as Mycroft. Patton Oswalt will play Matthew, Dream's trusted emissary and a raven. So he's the voice so, of Matthew. You guys know this character because you read Alan Moore's Swamp Thing. Matthew the Raven is Matt Cable, Abby's husband, who gets turned into a zombie man by uh, Anton Arcane. That's the same character oh. because this is all Vertigo shit and it's all connected. A boo boo pow. <laughs> It's all connected. It's all connected. A boo boo pow. A boo boo pow. Man, that's that's good. I'm gonna put that on a shirt. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, you should put that on a shirt. Um, guys, Sonic time. Oh, yeah. bye, Sparks. No, okay, bye, Sparks. Real quick, real quick, one more thing on the on the casting of Sandman. Um, uh, Death is being played by a black woman, and a lot of people on the internet are dumb, and they're like, oh, the, the embodiment of death is being played by a black woman? This thing that doesn't exist is played by somebody that's not white? You're all a dumb? Uh, black goth girls also exist. Shut up. Yeah. That's all. Well, I think we have an audience. Ooh! Hi! Do you see that? I do! Audio Just listeners, wave I, with them. I, they're not going to be able to see it. All right. <laughs> all right. They're not seeing right. us. Okay, all anyway. Right, so, Sonic News, Ben. Why yeah. don't you? I'm gonna let you and Sparks. Sparks is currently absent. Look how fast okay. I'm running! Look how fast I'm running! I'm so in go space. ahead. Let's talk a bit about Sonic. So Sonic had like, uh, so Sega had like a little Sonic Central because, as we all know, this is 19 or 2021 is Sonic's 30th anniversary. So they kind of had a 1921, a little, a little uh, Sonic Direct. Uh, not a. I was hoping for something, which we got something. Um, of course, it's like the previous Nintendo Direct we had a few months ago. Not a whole lot being shown because they're waiting to for the bigger announcements in A3. Um, uh, but we, importantly, there was this exact thing was supposed to happen last year. It was delayed because of the pandemic. Yeah. And my biggest thing about it is that for a thing that delayed about a year, this was incredibly underwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Well, here's the thing. Like, you already had people a year ago anticipating a big announcement that would have been like a full-blown uh like re-release of some of the best Sonic games, kind of like even 
just similar to what Mario did, which people are talking about like Sonic Adventure 1, Sonic Adventure 2, either in um, remastered re-releases or remakes. Yeah, um, because that's that's things that the fans love and have been wanting for a while. We've been um, talking on the bit for Sonic Adventure to come out for a while because those games are well over twenty years old. At this uh, point. Yeah, and and so like the fans want that, or they want Sonic Adventure three because they've been wanting that forever, and they're like the thirtieth anniversary is a great time to do that, guys. Um, so so these are all things that they've been de- desiring, and you come to this, and they're like, "Hey guys, how about Sonic Colors Ultimate Edition on all systems?" And everyone's like. I mean, I, that's not a game I don't like, but it's not what I was asking for. And and that's kind of like the, the big feature thing. And I and then again, like, it's so underwhelming because we are in the year of Sonic's 30th anniversary and everything that they're pretty much showing us outside of Sonic Colors is like, well, this is coming 2021 or 2022. Or sorry, 2022 or 2023. These things are later. Um, you have the Netflix show Sonic Prime that they couldn't show us anything from. They just talk yes. about it. I will say, um, <clears throat> I watched this thing too, just so I would be in the know. Um, sure. The people making the Sonic show, it, they're really good. This, yeah. this It's a man of action. And they made like Big Hero 6 and they made like the Marvel Marvel yes. Avengers like shows. Like these are like, this is not the team I expected to make this kind of show. And this makes, this makes me have faith in that show more than any other creative team. Absolutely. Like, I am glad that they are the people making the show. We knew they were the people making the show. That's, that, that, that's yeah. my only thing is like, I'm like, yeah. come come with something. Come with something to show me no, um, yeah. from that. Again, like this is supposed to be Sonic's 30th anniversary celebrational announcement thing. And basically what you're telling me is see you next year uh, yeah. on most of these things. And, and for something that was already delayed from the pandemic, supposed to be announcing and celebrating Sonic's 30th. This is kind of a bummer, um, especially to end the whole thing with a tease of a game that everyone's like, okay. They don't even show you anything. No, no one knows what this game is. No, that that teaser, I was looking at like, okay, what is this? So I know what it is, and I think I know what the title is too, because people have found some stuff out. Uh, It's called Sonic Rangers, and it's a 3D open world game. Full like it's Breath of the Wild inspired is what they said. I right. I've I've looked where I could and I didn't find any like absolute hard information, but yeah. I I trust what you're saying. But like I know like people have been hypothesizing that it's called Sonic Rangers and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also seen people suspecting that this is this is essentially going to be even if it's not exactly a a new Sonic the Hedgehog 06, um, which which is the worst idea um yeah. that's probably the last sonic game i played before sonic mania <laughs> uh it, so- sonic fans came to this thing wanting really there were two major things they that they wanted one of these two and it was either sonic adventure 3 announced or a sonic mania sequel announced yeah. they got neither it's all kind of a bummer um they announced or the origins release uh which ben and i talked a bit about yeah. and um i'm a little like Okay, I guess it's it's cool. Um, it's mm-hmm. it's Sonic One, Sonic Two, Sonic and Knuckles, or Sonic, Sonic Three, Three. Sonic Three um, and Knuckles, and Sonic CD. Right. Because before, back on the on the Mega Collections on the GameCube and the PlayStation Two, they never included Sonic CD. Sonic CD was on its own collection with Sonic Gems, with Sonic Fighters and Sonic R, and a bunch of the Game Gear titles. Right. So this, this seems like a good collection, then. Well, I mean, it does, but he, here's the thing. I mean, okay, so I'm a little excited. I'm okay with this one because Sonic 3 and Sonic, Sonic, Sonic 3, Knuckles, and CD have kind of been on limbo for a while, especially Sonic 3, because they, there's been like some legal issues with the game. Where Sonic you, can, 1, you can get it on Steam. Yeah. Whereas with Sonic 1 and 2, 
that's no problem. You could play those games anywhere. Anywhere. Yeah. I mean, so Sonic CD, I'm happy to play that on a console because right now the best way to play Sonic CD is on my phone. Sure. But because that's my favorite Sonic game. That's the game that got me into this franchise. But just, I mean, hearing the origin stuff and those five games announced, cool. You can still add so much more from the Sega era. I mean, I was talking about this, I want to say, with either Mike or with Top Loader on our pause menu, but Sega constantly takes gives us Genesis collections. But if you think about it, a whole complete 100% Genesis includes the Sega CD and the Sega 32X. Put some, Knuckles Chaotix in there. Put yes. Sonic R on there. Give us some of the Saturn games that weren't the best, or give There's, us the overworld of Sonic Jam, which was a 3D space. Just give so- us more. There's so much that you could basically, like, the GameCube yeah. Mega Collections, again, aside from Sonic CD, have mm-hmm. pretty much every classic Sonic game available yeah. if you bought both of them. Um, why isn't that just the collection we're doing is kind you know, of baffling to me, especially these are all older games. It wouldn't take a lot yeah. to to implant them. You know what else they could throw on in the Sonic Origins thing, just for shits and giggles? Throw the Sonic Advance games on there. They're Game Boy games. They're, they can easily be on this collection, no problem. Even if they were just Switch exclusives, it's a little, yeah. it's a little. That that's definitely something where, like, I know there's a big fandom for the Sonic uh, Game Boy Advance games, and the fact that there is no outlet to to put them anywhere at this moment is a little strange. Um, so it's just, it's just like they didn't even meet the lowest bar of expectation. I feel yeah. for for what a 30th anniversary for this character should be. Um, that's not. Like Mario, I kind of think didn't either really no. clear that bar very they, well. They but, killed Mario. Yeah, Mar- but yeah. Uh, but but for Sonic, it's it's really just sitting at a boy for a year of anticipation about what you guys were going to announce. This is pretty much the the most disappointing version of what this could have been. And like the big new game isn't even coming out this year either. Yeah, right. Yeah. So. The one thing that I'm kind of holding out a little bit for is that they did say that they're going to mention more in June for E3, which okay, but. Like Spark said, we've been waiting for a year. Like they're oh my god for the announcement for Sonic Origins, they're saying, yeah, we're gonna there's this game's in development, but we're gonna tell you a whole lot more later this year. It's like just tell me, just oh, I mean, E three better. E three is in two weeks. That's exciting. Yeah, and also, oh my god, just gonna be so much news. <laughs> I mean, I know we've kind of been like a little negative on on the whole thing, but I am excited to play Sonic Colors on the Switch because I never got to play Sonic Colors, and before Generations came out, that was one of the better Sonic games. Oh, it is after Sonic 06. Yeah, I've heard people been... on the internet say they don't like Sonic Colors. Really, I've heard other, I've heard otherwise, but oh, uh, I don't know. I'm not in the Sonic community, so who knows? Yeah, I mean, I I agree with a lot of what Sparks is saying because I I was kind of like okay, I wasn't like we saw the trailer for the new for the new Sonic Team game. I'm like, what is this? And we get just something like it's coming. I'm like, cool, but what? Is oh, it? there, there, there were like these like they're making like short Sonic animations. I thought those looked nice. Yes, the <laughs> tied tied to colors. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Tied uh, to colors. Um, yeah. Oh, I like also, I like Roger, that. Also, another big thing that happened this week that also applies to Sonic. Roger Craig Smith was rehired as the voice of Sonic. That was cool. Yeah. Yeah. He's also he's also in the Olympics game. Did you guys see that shit? Uh, it's just a dude in a Sonic suit running in the Olympics. It's yeah, that hilarious. Was, that, that, no. was, that was weird. No, I'm surprised because the Olympics, because for a while the like the actually licensed Olympic games that would come yeah. out were Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games. And but now were, he's just in the human Olympics. No, now they, they actually made a legit Olympics game. I'm like, this is so we have Mario and Sonic Tokyo 2020. Now we have the Tokyo Tokyo 2020 Olympics with Sonic inside it. That that's weird. Sonic is just like the 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 icon of the Olympics from now on, which is weird because um, uh, I don't know. It's Sonic Colors, Rise of the Wisps, the yeah. two 
two part animated uh, short, mm-hmm. Roger Craig Smith. Nice. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Yep. That guy, <laughs> he's been Sonic and Batman. That's a what a cool life. He was an Arkham. He, he was Arkham Origins. He was pretty good. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, uh, I definitely was was way more pumped uh, going into it than than what we yeah. got out of it. I mean, if if they drop the ball at three, I'm gonna be like, wow, this sucks. But I think uh, I think also like uh, you know a lot of the the community has taken this as like okay, so we're never getting Adventure 3 because this would have been the, the year yeah. you announce it because you know like people have been asking for it for years and this would have been the year you're not doing it. And uh, I, I feel like everyone's pretty confident now if we are getting Adventure 1 or 2 re-releases or remakes, it, we're years away from it. Like It's, probably it's unlikely. It's, just... It might be the 35th anniversary when they do that. If, they don't, if we don't get it for the 30th, which I'm going to be very mad about, but we do get it on the 35th, okay. But even when the 35th anniversary comes around and they still haven't done anything like that, I'm going to be like, okay, Sega, what the damn hell? My my last thing, as the number one Sonic fan, um, I just don't understand. Because every other company is so good at, like, re-releasing remasters, remakes of, like, people like those. Like, Sonic CD is, like, the game I played as a kid, like, endlessly. Why aren't we getting a thousand remakes, remasters of that game? I just don't understand Sega's, like, business model. They, they kind of suck at this kind of, like future proofing all their games like every other company is doing it's it's truly crazy to me that like if you were going into this knowing okay we're not going to give the fans sonic adventure 3 and we're not going to give them remakes or remasters of sonic adventure 1 and 2 i would be like okay let's dump all of we can into putting as many of the old sonic games onto that origins collection let's make that thing meaty uh mm-hmm. to make up for it and the fact that they can't even do that i i just i uh, honestly i truly don't feel like they care they don't i feel like like the origins collection should be the end-all be-all of sonic uh games before um sonic adventure i'm talking i'm talking not just this the genesis and the cd and the 32x games with knuckles i'm talking even the entirety of the freaking game gear because those game gear games they are tiny as hell I mean, they're right. not that. Or you know what? As an Annabelle's throwing the Sega Master System version of Sonic the Hedgehog, the first one, that's not a ripoff of the original 16-bit game. That's an entirely new game they had to make to fit onto the Sega Master System, and it's not a bad 8-bit Sonic game. It's different, of course, if you grew up the 16-bit games, but it's still its own entity, and I think that's really cool. Throw it, that shit on there, but they might not, and it kind of bums me out. I sincerely thought like a bare minimum thing would be like just re-releases for the Switch of um, Sonic Adventure One, Two, and Sonic Heroes in oh, much God. the same it, way as they did as they did the Mario release. I'm like, that would have been that would have been easy. I they, they pump out Call of Duty every year. How do we not get a Sonic game every year? I just don't. It just like it's it's easy money. The, the only way I feel like they could have botched this more is if they said we are doing a remake and it's of Shadow the Hedgehog. Guys, here you go. You know, yeah, Sega could have pulled the full Nintendo for the for the three D for three D games. I still and they could have put it up at sixty bucks. I still would have bought it because it's Sonic Adventure One, Two, and Sonic Adventure One. I heard that too, Ryan. Wait, what did you you think I said? Sexy bucks. (laughs) I would have bought it for sexy bucks. (laughs) Well, this has been. A short basement arcade pause menu. Thanks for stopping by, guys. Yeah, thanks yeah. for uh, letting us vent about our sonic disappointments. Yeah, well, yeah. I'll see you. We'll see you guys next week. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you mother. <laughs> you mother trucker. <laughs>
I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll just bounce. It's cool. Um, I see we have an audience behind you. Mm. Yeah. My Hi, mama. mom. Hi, mama. Um, all right. Horizon Forbidden West. Hi, <laughs> she's, she's on the hill with the anti-monitor. Hi. Oh, I haven't thought about that guy in a while. That's Hi, a I'm the anti-monitor. Hi. Um, Horizon Forbidden West had a gameplay, 14-minute gameplay trailer. Yeah, so E3 is approaching, so some companies are like, hey, PlayStation's kind of doing its own thing, so um, this is the sequel to probably one of the best PS4 games. Um, this game looks super sick, you guys, and I just, I, it's the hypest I've felt for a game in, in a while, and a game that I know is coming soon. Um, it just, it improves on everything that Horizon did, because um, Horizon uh, for Horizon Zero Dawn is a is a third-person action-adventure game where you're shooting robot dinosaurs. It's a lot like Monster Hunter, uh, where you're setting traps using bow and arrows and, like, slingshots and all these cool weaponry. It's a post-post-apocalyptic game, so it takes place after the apocalypse has happened, and the world is reforming with nature. Um, this game, they're going to San Francisco, so it's a lot more beach-heavy. Um, there's a there's a boss fight with an elephant that looks like the most exciting thing I've ever seen in a video game. It yeah. just looks so sick, and, like, you're avoiding, like, these giant like tusk attacks and like all the weaponry is so cool it's on ps5 now so it looks just beautiful by one thing this game is coming to ps4 which means it was hampered this game wasn't fully created to use the ps5's power which means it's still going to be limited in some ways that being the climbing the climbing is still not breath of the wild it's just hey this is where you can go to climb um which is fine you know it's just it's not making the 100 progress i expected for the ps5 sure. that being said it still looks insanely fun insanely beautiful uh you can now do underwater shit um this looks like the leap that you need uh just not the one that i that i'd want but it looks great. I, I had a quick question did you play any mass effect this week i did not just just was curious how you were liking that um, oh no! I, I did play like again like last week. I played the first hour. That's a game that I played a hundred times. So like I know it's good. I'll get back to it. Uh yeah, this definitely is like bumping the original Horizon up my my need to play soon list. Um, I have other priorities still, but uh, I I really do want to dive. I've been wanting to dive into that into that, and um, this this is not making it uh any less appealing. Well, it's, don't it's really great. Don't worry, it still doesn't have a release date, which means it's coming next year. So yep, I've, got um, time. I've got some time. Fun fact, uh, Breath of the Wild, Zelda Breath of the Wild, and Horizon Zero Dawn came out in the same month, and Horizon got trashed. Not in terms of critical response, people love it, but in terms of sales, it took a while for that game to get hyped because Breath of the Wild was like the greatest game ever made. I, I suspect this one's going to do a lot better, especially with um, them having provided it for free uh, yeah. during the quarantine to PlayStation Definitely. subscribers. So they, just, uh, they have to avoid the same release date again because no one knows when both those games are coming out. Yeah, I was so... I mean, Horizon is. I mean, it was on my PS PS4. I had to get rid of, get some space for that the latest freaking Fortnite download. But Horizon, because when I when for, when I heard about Horizon Complete Edition for free, I had it, to jump an on external it. Ben. I, I know. I mm. anyway. Uh, but yeah, um, I told myself once I beat Near Automata, I'm gonna go play Horizon because I I'm not gonna start Horizon because I know if I start Horizon, I'm gonna get into this loop of I'm never gonna finish it. But what define beating near um going through all three routes at least once maybe oh, okay. getting maybe get okay not getting all 26 endings but at least but <laughs> not just being a 2d story i'm talking about going through the whole thing ben, at least I'll, once I'll, you'll be surprised how quickly and how bad you want to do 26 endings once you get to it <laughs> Yeah, because because it, it's something you're like, oh, there's another one. Oh, there's another one. Oh, there's another one. <laughs> I will be right back. Okay. 
but yeah, Horizon Zero Dawn, um, the hype for that game, I've heard nothing but amazing things about Horizon. So it's like, I got to play it. And now that, and also I'm glad to have time. I'm glad to have time until Forbidden West comes out. Also, another thing I did this week, I put myself into a raffle to win a PS5. So fingers nice. I win that raffle. Good luck. I, it was 25 bucks a ticket. I figured if I can win this oh. PS5 for 50 bucks, then hell yeah. Good luck, buddy. Yeah, may the odds be ever in my favor, please. Mm-hmm. All right. Far Cry 6, do you want to talk about that? No. It, okay. it, um, actually, sure, I'll talk about it ne- negatively real quick. Um, Far Cry, Far <laughs> Cry has... Let's just kick it real quick. Is this yeah. the one with Giancarlo Esposito? Yes, he's not the first famous person to be in any of these games, uh, but he is currently the most famous person. Um, Far Cry loves to do this thing where it presents itself as a real gritty, like, this is an important story, and then it turns out it's not, and it's, like, kind of fake, and it's just about a bunch of shooting people and having fun, which is what those games are. That's fine. But, like, with Far Cry 5, they went to Montana, and they went to, like, this cult that's, like, super white supremacist and all this stuff, and, like, the trailers are very, we're taking this very seriously, and then the game was not that whatsoever. And they're very much doing the same thing here. They're talking about Cuban, like, uh, Cuban, like, resistance fighters dealing with the government. But the director of the game said... We wanted to tell a political story without being political. You can't do that. You just can't do that. And I'm tired of these game companies being like shitty and like fake when they're trying to present a real story just to get the get the money. And then it turns out, oh, I'm just here like blowing bears up with grenades because that's what those games are. Like, mm-hmm. I I am excited for this game. That those games are great open world sandbox games to play. But like, they're just their fake marketing is starting to piss me off because they've been doing it for years. Um, and it's just you're not fooling anyone, especially after the last game, you bungled it so hard. Mm-hmm. So uh looks cool. John Esposito is real John Carlos Esposito is really cool. Uh the story is gonna be maybe whatever. A political game that's not political. That's the biggest oxymoron. Isn't that, I've the, heard. Isn't that also the one coming out about the soldiers? No, the, oh, there's yeah, six days in Felucia. Yeah. Uh we want to tell the story with real background stuff, but, but not really though. Yeah. Yeah. Video game companies suck sometimes, guys. Uh, do you want to talk about Dying Light 2? How the video game trailer? Um, Dying Light 2 has, has been in development for like seven years and it got canceled and then they got relaunched. Um, it's a re- the first one's a really good parkour zombie game. Um, I'll play it when it comes out eventually. Yeah. And then Ratchet and Clank had a new story trailer ripped apart. Um, this is Zim, uh, Invader Zim himself, uh, yes. telling you a bit about the story of the, of the game. Um, yeah, man, that game comes out very soon. Uh, I can't, I can't believe it. Uh, Next month. Next month, man. Yeah, um, I'm gonna play it. I'm super stoked. Man, I gotta get that PlayStation. No. I'll, I'll, after the podcast, I will show you guys what I did uh, to make it easier to get PlayStation Fives. Because if you just like try this, oh, I'm gonna go to TryBestBuy.com right now. It's not gonna work. I'll show you. I, I followed two trackers. There you go. That's the D. That's mm-hmm. what it is. Okay. I haven't um, followed. I haven't followed the tracker yet because I need to save some money for because you know stuff is coming up in the later months. But eventually. I got close ones. Yeah. It's so. All right. Hey, look, the game looks great. I'm really excited for it. Right. Yeah. X-Men news. <gasps> if you remember the Reign of X poster that came out, that C.B. Cebulski put out, uh, we heard about the trial of Magneto. We heard about something else that Jonathan Hickman was doing because Jerry Duggan was taking over X-Men. Well, it was revealed this week that Jonathan Hickman's new X title will be called Inferno. Okay, so this is incredibly spicy, not just because it's involving hot stuff and infernos. Um, 
if you guys are reading the X-Men comic, you know that on the beautiful nation of Krakoa, there are no precogs allowed, people who can tell the future, because there's a certain someone named Moira who doesn't want people to know about the future because it would ruin all of her plans. Um, Mystique's wife, Destiny, is one of these precogs, and she is not allowed to return back to life like every other mutant on the planet. And Mystique's real mad about it, so she's going to maybe cause an inferno and burn that mother effort to the ground. And I'm so excited. <laughs> they this did. could be the launch to the fall of X. It, it might be, yeah, yeah. No, I was... Re- <sighs> yeah. You know, that's the one thing I love about these X-Books, is that they all come full circle. Because mm-hmm. I remember reading that, that issue of X-Men which, with the... I forgot what number it was, or what issue it was, but it was the one with Mystique on the cover, and she's screaming at Magneto and Charles to bring uh, Destiny back. Mm-hmm. And of course, they mm-hmm. keep giving her these BS excuses. You get that flashback. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, if they can't bring me back, burn everything to the ground. Oh, I love it. I forgot like, about the flashback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that flashback where she's like, burn it all. I'm like, God damn it, Jonathan Hickman. You are. Knew. You good exactly. sir. I mean, I am bummed that he doesn't do cons because I just want to go up to him and just say, shake his hand and be like, I, you sir. His line, his line, his line would be never ending. So one of my one of my things is with this, I'm very excited, I'm very excited for anything that would be X-Men. Hey, Sparks. Hey. Talking Sparks. about Inferno, Jonathan Hickman's new Woo! X-Men. Um, Sorry. <laughs> okay. So the if we are entering the fall of X soon, I'm not gonna say like next month we're there. I'm saying yeah. like if we are entering that soon, I kind of wish the we got more mini series and one shots based around just characters and mutants on Krakoa, because mm-hmm. um, I would have liked to have seen more kind of branch out. Now I don't know if we are going into the fall of X, so that might not be the case. So um, he did say it was like a five year plan, and we're we're approaching halfway there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I would assume. Because we still got planetized X-Men. We have all the relaunches happening. So, like, I don't think we're necessarily at the the fall fall where, like, he's leaving the books. But Mm -hmm. I do think we're at the halfway point where bad stuff is going to happen. So, we're, we're like, in terms of story, we're at, like, the climax part where before it goes down. Um, And this is the initial, I think Mystique's going to be the one to initialize the fall. But I don't think it's going to be as quickly over as as, uh, any of us want. And if that is the case, then I'm happy for more X-Men no matter what. But I, I do hope that they start putting, like, you know, maybe maybe one of the X Men in the background gets a one shot, or maybe yeah. or maybe we get an anthology on Krakoa. Like some, I would like more to flesh out Krakoa. Yeah, I, uh, I'm definitely in a similar boat to you, Brandon. I've been thinking about this a bit lately um, because I think like uh, the X Men line right now has proven such a success, um, and not just for like its sales numbers, but for collaboration in connective storytelling. Um, I I find it hard to believe that even when Hickman's plan is done, that they haven't discussed at least other writers within the writers' room of the X world right now what post that looks like. Mm-hmm. And I really hope we still do see that that kind of collaboration. Maybe it's not as many titles, but there's there's still a vibrant X Men future oh, yeah. um, that comes after this. So I'm hoping that even if those things don't happen before the necessarily before the fall of X, um, that we're we're steering down that future you know um Mm. like i i'm not convinced that at this moment i'd kind of like to believe that the fall of x doesn't mean we lose krakoa as a place necessarily maybe it's not what it is to the world right now but like as a as an opportunity for a home for mutants for a place as a launching base for new stories uh post hickman's hickman's plan um because there's a lot of talented writers that he's pulled together in that place who could spearhead that future um 
also other writers who can just jump more in like an al ewing right mm-hmm. yeah uh i i just uh i i'm fully on board with you and i i'm optimistic that this has this has done well enough that uh they are t- discussing like what is the the future after hickman's done um how can we keep the momentum going what where do we take them next and i think there's a lot of people involved that that will have ideas of what they want to do mm-hmm. so i'm hoping that even if something gets underserved right now we're still looking at a really bright future of where those things can come around yeah i've always kind of uh, reading the reading the reign of x specifically i didn't feel this about the dawn of x but reading the reign of x kind of feels like everyone's buying time until the next event and mm-hmm. i and and if that's the case, if you want all your titles to kind of be like constantly being doing the big things, I would like one shots, maybe a four issue mini dealing with the small stuff. Mm-hmm. We did get initially. We got all those. Um, what are they called? Were they just giant size X Men of like X-Men. Storm? So like, I maybe we'll get like another round of those when like we're, the, the we're relaunch on the cusp happens. Of, uh, we're on the cusp of planet size X Men coming out too. Yeah, but that's the launch for the Hellfire Gala. Yeah. Right, I understand that. I'm just saying, like, I I think that, with you know we're we're still going to be looking down at at a few of those. Um, uh, it, it, it just feels so wide open that I I don't think anything's necessarily off the table yet. Yeah. So a lot of those giant size books that we read, like the Phantom X one, the Storm one, like they're all like a lot. Of, there were a lot of setup books, and like mm-hmm. a lot of those setup stuff we haven't seen anything for. So I wouldn't be surprised if we get like another line. Like once X Men number one relaunches and Polaris is on the team and stuff, I wouldn't be surprised if we get like another giant sized Polaris or something like that. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'd, I'd yeah. really like to see that. Yeah. The CW was in the news this week. Oh lord, was it? For good oh. and ill. Oh boy, was it? Yeah. The Flash. <laughs> the Flash announced that season eight will start with a five-part Arrowverse crossover, but will not oh. be a traditional crossover. Will in fact just be characters from the other shows pop in and out of the first five episodes that's cool yeah that's uh i kind of missed this this was this was a little unexpected um black lightning ended this week everybody um and i guess chris williams was already doing the rounds we did learn from um salim akil that he had one to two more seasons planned for black lightning before it was capped off at the knees uh, which is a bummer um chris williams has said that he he hopes that there's still opportunity for him to appear in the Arrowverse uh as black lightning Right, but I mean, what does that mean anymore? Yeah. Um, it is kind of up in question, and also, um, uh, peace, peace, peacemaker is that no, no. um, the John Cena? the uh, no, sorry, not peacemaker, um, the spin-off. Uh, uh, yeah, the spin off, the spin off, painkiller, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, painkiller wasn't uh, picked up by the CW, so that's not moving yeah. forward. So the Black Lightning world is is over, um essentially unless it shows up in other arrowverse properties which is a big bummer uh yeah i don't know what to think from a flash arrowverse thing right now i don't know it's weird they're in a weird place the pandemic didn't help but they're in a weird place uh season eight very well might maybe their final season i think there's a very good chance that that's true yo man just make superman and lois the flagship show just do it i mean Let's let in the hypothetical that Flash ends at season eight. You're all you've only got Legends, Batwoman, Superman, and Lois left. Oh my god, that's and it. and Naomi, which was picked up for well, a and, and Naomi coming in, but um, I meant of, of what's what's out right now because Supergirl yeah. uh will be ending this year, Flash uh, probably the next season is the last, and Stargirl is set on a different earth, right? Oh, I forgot. 
Star Couple was even a show. Star Girls, Star Girls, just as disconnected as Doom Patrol. So yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, as I said, Naomi was uh, received a series order, so it's it is going to series. Do we that's know what... that's actually part of the Arrowverse? I believe that's what they said, or that it's just on the CW, like Star Girl. I think they said Arrowverse. Okay, I don't know. I don't know. So she's definitely. I mean, I haven't read any of her stuff, which will change before the show comes up. But I, she's I, like, she's very interconnected into the DC universe. I, I definitely like. I don't want to do it today because this is not about this. But I definitely want to do a discussion about like where where does the Arrowverse even hold value on television right now? Um, it's like I, I don't want to do our superhero universe. television topic that we've kind of discussed doing, but like the pandemic really like the coupling of like having to do the aftermath of Crisis on Infinite Earths and then the pandemic and a bunch of these shows getting canned has put them in a place where I'm like, I don't even know if the connected stuff is worth it anymore. Yeah. Um, like it's, it's hardly, it's hardly valuable unless you have like a specific story reason to bring a character over. Yeah. Cause like, uh, I can't, I can't imagine that there are that many people who are going forward, going to continue keeping up like the general populace, keep up with all the shows. They're going to just select their ones that they like. Write that down and we'll do it as a topic. I, I will say like, much like comic books, like I love when just characters will show up in other in other comics. Like it is, hey, what's up? So like I, I'm so far behind, but like if if I'm watching Superman and then it's like the Flash shows up for like five minutes, I'm like, oh, nice. Like I, I wouldn't mind that. I'd like that. That happens no, all I, the time. I, I think there's I think there's like a nice uh like opportunity for still like, you know, like Chris Williams is saying, I want to show up on Arrowverse show still. I still think that's really nice for people who are like connected to the character or anything, but I, I feel like at this point, they have to make it something where it really feels relevant, and it's not just you know this person from that other show. Mm. Now they're here, do to do. Like it's got to, it feels like it has to have some kind of motivation um, to really make it sing at this point, or these things kind of become okay, cool. Why? Yeah. yeah. So the biggest news to come out of the CW was that Powerpuff, the sequel to the Powerpuff Girls series. Um, is reshooting its pilot. Not, not sequel. What is it then? Well, in the script that leaked, that cartoon, the original cartoon, was branding created by the professor oh. for to merchandise the girls. Look, and, I read some of the I read some of that script. I didn't read that. Uh yeah, and they like made a whole thing where they complained about mm. how they were whitewashed for the cartoon. Huh. Yeah. Yep. Just make the cartoon canon. Who cares? That's what I thought it was. That's, I think yeah, we all said that's what it was. Yeah. Oh, I did too until I read the script. So the so uh, uh, so the shooting script, I should say supposedly, even though it, CW accidentally made it very real. Um, it copyright slammed it. Yep. Which means anyway. Come on and slam. The the Powerpuff the Powerpuff series on the CW was not picked up. Instead, they decided to go and refilm a new pilot, which means a new script. So the script that was floating around was the script that they shot. And I can definitely tell why they they were like, hmm, maybe not. Yeah, sometimes the CW, you know, it, it, it transcends what it is. And you have something like a Superman and Lois. I'm like, oh, wow, this is great. And then you get something that's like, Mojo Jojo Joseph was like was murdered or something, and then we're doing Mo- this. <laughs> Mojo Mojo is a human who has a son named Jojo. And that's Mojo right. was murdered. There you and go. Jojo wants revenge. Blossom. Had- Blossom killed Mojo. And now, and now like jojo has a pet monkey and it's like reverse racism or something weird like you know what let's just the babies for the best uh <laughs> i'm glad that the cw itself was like let's let's um 
Let's rethink this, guys. Let's try again. Yeah. I, this yeah. was the worst case scenario for me. I know Sparks Sparks mentioned this was a very real possibility, which I agreed with, but I kind of always hoped that we'd get something better, something more along the lines of a Black Lightning or Superman and Lois. Especially with Diablo Cody, who who has written uh, Juno and Jennifer's Body and like stuff like that. Like, she's a very capable like like edgy writer so like it makes sense that she'd write this but i didn't think it would go like this far like this insane there's um, a scene sorry so go ahead sparks yeah go ahead no 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 oh, please i was gonna say there's a scene in it that i read which was um Bl- buttercup goes up to knock on bubbles door and bubbles is sleeping with another woman and then it's like it's, blossom, like, it's blossom knocking on buttercup's door buttercup's door yes sorry getting them all <laughs> Butter, Buttercup is supposed to be bisexual in this script, which is cool, but the way that they're handling bisexuality is for her to have multiple different partners and be lying to all of them about sleeping with other people. Oh, so this she's is, just a bad oh, person. The scene, the scene oh, is like, the scene is just like, she turns to the girl and she's like, are we done? And the girl's like, I guess so. She's like, okay. And that's the scene. I'm like, are you kidding me? Character development. Uh, yeah, um, this, this is the the shooting script that came out is like the worst possible scenario of what i was afraid of um it's it's uh worse things than like, riverdale it's things like it's things like bisexual representation totally mishandled it's things like um none of the villains are anything but uh that all the villains are explained to be like in the cartoon that is modeled after their lives just to brand them um all of the villains are exaggerated uh, uh cartoon people but they're all human beings they're all normal dudes um the, the most lame pedestrian version of what it could possibly be. Um, the professor is an emotionally abusive dad. Uh, Donald Faison, no! I can't, how I... Dare uh, how dare they do that to Utonium? It's bad. <laughs> uh, it's also weird that, like, that, that part that I'm referring to where they talk about the cartoon and, they're, the, and Blossom's like, I even let go that you let them whitewash us and that wasn't an issue. And I'm like, why would that happen? The professor's black now <laughs> in your show and he just let himself be whitewashed that doesn't make any sense but that's what the script has and i'm like let's make it canon it's really it's it's... all you got to do is open the show with last time on the powerpuff girls and it's just we see the animation but with their ethnicities yeah i bad i'm I'm glad they're going back to the drawing board because this is absolutely not the show i wanted if the if that script is indeed accurate which it very much seems that it is um nope not what hopefully, I wanted at all. Hopefully, the next attempt is is better. Uh, ben, I know you even Dove, trying to say something. Dove, uh, Dove Cameron's um, Instagram, by the way, also hints at uh, before this happened was hinting at issues with um, her characters in in the script. Uh, very very subtle stuff. But she posts uh, the way Dove Cameron posts lately on Instagram. She posts like multiple pictures from her day, and sometimes those are text messages. And the text message was her like talking about a real drain on the work she was doing and then the picture right after was a picture of bubbles from the cartoon mm. and so everyone's like mm, mm. putting two and two together ben. yeah so everything i've heard about because i haven't read the script but i've heard people like mention it and everything about that script i absolutely hate i despise um because i grew up watching the powerpuff girls and i said like when it says like the, the one line that just got me was like oh man this is just just Okay, guy, damn, you don't read that loud. Plain. Uh, it's like, <laughs> Sorry, Ben! <laughs> Do you ever see the Community Season 5 has an end tag where, where Ian Duncan is on the phone and he and he's like, for Cerulean, plus three. Uh, okay, and he presses three and it's like, like, do you want 
Level one, two of those. What level are you? Top. Are you sure you want to do this? Uh, yes. Wait, no, no, I changed my mind. I just, uh, flame just flies right over them. And he's just like... Anyways, all the stuff, like, the second that they say Utonium is an abusive dad who was who uh, was branding the girls out, I'm like, that's not Utonium. That's, no, I hate that. I, no. I, I, I don't know if it's just me, what, like, remembering what I watched from the show is, like, he's a loving father. He dotes on the girls. He's like, hey, I'm trying to make them into better people. But just the fact that they're like, oh, yeah, I've just been trying to, I've been using and abusing him for money. It's like, it's, no. So all the stuff that Spark was saying about this because looking more at the script is like, yeah, get that get that crap out of here. No. Well that's that's the crappy thing about doing something like that where you say, well, the cartoon is a is a brand move, and that's that's what the cartoon is in the world of the show, is because you basically you hand wash yourself of having to do anything that is true to the original interpretation. You get to say, well, all that is bullshit yeah. um in our version. And I'm like, cool, why? So like when this when the show was first announced. Uh, we were all on board because it's like okay it's a powerpuff girls they're grown up they're adults dealing with their trauma as like young like young children warriors like that sounds like expert that sounds cool to me i like that idea but then you just do all like the bad cw stuff I'm like oh actually utonium was like a bad dad and all of them are just like drugged up and sad they're just having sex with and i'm like that's not the lessons that i that i that i wanted to learn like i i was expecting oh. to go on emotional journey but like not like a bad like there's a, like, there a way there's a way to make the idea that the show is a brand is a brand move work for example in voltron legendary defenders um the the human race makes it makes a tv series based off voltron um and it's the old anime that's cool yeah yeah um and it's like oh that's that's just that's how humans write what we've been doing in space and that was really respectful because it was like it's an acknowledgement to the original show. This was just kind of like a, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and for me, like uh, I said it before, when they were they announced it, like the big thing to me, half of what's cool about the Powerpuff Girls are the villains. Mm -hmm. If you are just going to make the villains the most lame, passive, pedestrian version of themselves, um, I'm not here for it. And like I just I I like you want to you want to humanize uh, and just make like a bad dude Mojo Jojo. Um, I don't care. Like, man, I'd rather you just not do Mojo Jojo than turn him into like a regular dude. They you know what? Probably... Mojo Jojo is not even a bad guy. He's a bad monkey. No, well, because no, his his real plan is that he he just wants the girls out of the way so he can save the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. No, but also, but also, like Mojo Jojo was Utonium's first creation. Mm -hmm. Yes. So it's like if 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 Blossom kills. Mojo Jojo, what's that? That could do some harm to like Utonium too. Mm -hmm. Whatever. Yeah, ben, you're saying something. They were probably gonna just put him in a well, hey Suki. Uh, they're probably just gonna put him in some lame costume, and I wanted something bombastic. I wanted the claw hands. I wanted something like Little Nas X would wear. In, oh my uh, god! Can you imagine if name. you went forward with him? So, uh, yes, so I, I want some bombastic, crazy shit with Guys, him. And the if same they're putting Mojo Jojo just like from a monkey to a dude in a suit, I'm like, no, I want the same no. network. The same network has Gorilla Grodd fighting a king shark. Yeah, it's not like the CW cannot do monkeys or gorillas. 
they obviously like obviously they don't have the biggest budget but it's not like they're incapable of doing it like they're just this is the last thing i'll say about the powerpuff girls because we've talked about this for a long time like they're just doing like the lamest version of like a really cool idea like they have they have potential to do something really cool and they're just like what if we just make it gross and lame uh, in that in that script, if I recall correctly, they reference an interaction with the Rowdy Rough Boys, um, I love them. and and that they just slept with them. But I don't love that. I don't love that either. No. Mm. Mm. Parks, <laughs> I want you to know that as you said that, my soul left my body. I, if I recall correctly, that does happen, and I'm like, well, that's that's pretty much. I don't know if you guys saw it. My soul just went. There's also Bye. there's also like one specific line where like they refer to like uh, Bubbles wanting to make uh like market a comeback film for the powerpuff girls and she's like it'll be like bubbles is back and then uh buttercup says well everyone's already seen your other film bubbles on her back and i'm like cool that's that's, great. that's what i like to think of the the nicest I, most wholesome character doing a sex tape fantastic I hate everything that you just said yeah so here's hoping that uh whatever they're gonna do will be better because uh whatever this version was sounded like hot stinky garbage i think even yeah. when Suki came in a few minutes ago and she was meowing she was meowing because she's like that's bullshit <laughs> that's what he has never seen the powerpuff girls that's crazy what a what a crazy thing that they thought they could do crazy I know, Brandon. It's a lot to think about. <laughs> I can't process this. We got to move on. The, the the good thing is the CW said, no, let's try again. Uh, oh, my God. I hope dope. I hope like that failed Wonder Woman pilot that I've watched and it's terrible in like a oh. year. We'll be able to see how just how horrible this thing actually is. God. Maybe uh, Pedro Pascal's in that. Yeah, he is. Oh, for a little he bit. is. Just a little bit. Just a little yeah. bit. MGM made some news this week. We're getting off that. Mug'em. Uh, MGM, as, as many of you may know, has been struggling a lot since the recession in 2008. Um, they oh lost God. their studio. They, they have had a very hard time. Bond has been co-produced by every studio under the sun because they can't afford it anymore. But they are the, the rights holder to Bond, which is their most profitable franchise. Um, probably their only franchise at this point. But, yeah. but that seems to change. Amazon has made a bid to buy MGM for $9 billion. So that's insane because that's like double what Marvel and Star Wars was. And they're, they're doing yeah. it it's like just for James Bond, basically. Does that's insane. Else think, does anyone else think that's a little too high of a price tag for MGM? Well, Not interestingly, MGM isn't a good studio, but that, interestingly, just, that price tag seems really high. They initially wanted to sell their company, so because they've been struggling so much, they put themselves up for sale about five years ago for four billion dollars, and nobody bit. So now Amazon has made a bid for almost for almost twice that. They got the money. Well, twice that. So that's really cool. And I'm honestly, I think this is a win yes. because MGM gets 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 to kind of get back on top. I think I think it's a few things. Um, it's Amazon wanting to put out a bid that no one else will really want to compete with, yeah, and make it clear that they're serious. The other reason why it's worth it is because it's not just about the future of MGM. They get everything in MGM's back catalog that can go to Amazon now. Hell that's yeah, that's a big that's a big get. It's a lot of movies. It's a lot of classic films. Yeah, MGM and... as I've said, I don't know if I've said before, but MGM um, was the Disney of its time. It was. Oh, yeah. It's not just a lot of classic films, it's also a lot of classic cartoons, because correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't Tom and Jerry an MGM cartoon? They they you know they sold that on to Warners. Oh yep, yep. yeah. MGM sectioned H off those things. They don't have certain things anymore. But you yeah. are correct. Tom and Jerry did used to be with MGM. You're right. So this is 
this is awesome because uh, obviously we get one James Bond movie every uh, 10 years or whatever it is. Um, that's a joke. It's like every five years or whatever. Um, we get a lot of James Bond comic books, but like this is the first time in, since its inception that like we could potentially see something, a new James Bond thing that's not just another movie. And for me, that's very exciting because if you're telling me, oh, instead of waiting every couple years to get like a movie, I can get like a 007 TV show potentially in the future and like do yeah. something drastically different, make it a period piece in the 60s or something like this just like, again, I think this is a win. I don't need Amazon owning every corporation, but when MGM is just like not doing anything with one of the coolest franchises in movies, like get somebody to do something with it. I think this is I think this is a better place for MGM to go than pretty much any other at this at this moment. Like I think anyone else, it would make them. Uh, gotcha, Meg. Yeah, Droopy. Um, uh, th this this is a better way for things to go than it going to like you know, not Disney but like Warner's or uh, Universal. I think that this is a good home for it. I think that um, this will allow MGM to maybe blossom again a little. Yeah. Yeah, um, certainly, I, certainly, it's going to open the door to a lot of James Bond products that hopefully will be willing to bring James Bond either do period piece James Bond things or bring James Bond into the modern era and change things up, and it's not going to be a white dude anymore. Or um, I think James Bond is in uh, desperation for some revitalization in some way. Um, I do wonder how the broccoli family is going to deal with that because they yeah. own they own James Bond. So I've, I I did read an article and I don't know how true it is, but like they were saying it doesn't matter who owns MGM, it, the broccoli still own full like rights to James Bond. Yeah. And I don't I don't know how true that is, like because this big deal with nine billion dollars happened. I'd like to assume the broccolis were like, can I have some of that money? Like that makes sense, right? Well, I'm sure that they'll probably follow MGM to Amazon. Yeah. Um, I would hope so, but I do believe yes, they have the ability to remove it. I have to, I have to imagine that like the broccolis were involved in some way because like again, like MGM is is a mostly like kind of old company except for James Bond. Mm -hmm. So you'd like to think that like they were involved so they can actually get stuff made. Amazon can afford to buy the broccolis. They can afford um, all the broccoli. Uh, <laughs> and and so James Bond's back catalog is going to go to Amazon, which is you know now awesome. it's going to be somewhere which it hasn't been. Except for Never Say Never Again. I won't. Um, because that's a funny story. I'll, I'll tell now. It's Thunderball. It's a remake of Thunderball. The writer has the rights to just that one book. So he just tries <laughs> to make it every 20 years. That's great. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. I also wanted to say that MGM owns my favorite franchise, which is Stargate. Oh. Um, so this could potentially mean that I get more Stargate. Oh, absolutely, Brandon. That's awesome. Amazon yeah. will 100% make us a new Stargate show. 100%. Yeah, Stargate, Stargate's back on the table. Oh, that's awesome. It's back on the menu, boys! <laughs> so I'm excited about that. That's awesome. Okay, let's move on. Trailers. Um, The Evil Next Door. Danish? Swedish? I don't know. I, I watched this in subtitle. I watched this subtitle that was like... Swedish, yeah. I didn't. I didn't know this wasn't English until I actually watched it, which was today. Uh, I've I've seen this movie. I'll tell you what I have seen. I I think it looks good, but it is not doing anything that I haven't seen before. But I do think like it looks it looks spooky, and it's from another country, and like I don't get to I, see too many. I will of those. say like the, I I feel like the only thing that's making me appeal to it is that it's not in English. Yeah, that honestly that that's what they're <laughs> and, I'm like, and I'm like okay. Yeah. But past that, I, I'm like, if this was in English, I don't think I'd give a shit. Yeah, you, no, you're right. 
uh, old M. Night Shyamalan's new movie based on a comic. I kind of like the premise of this a lot. You go to a beach, the beach ages people. I, it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't age people. It ages children. It ages children. You're right. You're right. So, uh, and, and dead bodies. Apparently it's weird. It, there's, well, it's, no, but the guy, the, the older, guys like, older gentleman, she says you're getting wrinkles. The, one of the adults already. Oh, yeah. is it? Okay. Yeah, okay. You, you go to the beach, you age it. The, the kids just age, age faster. There you go. That's what yeah. it is. Um, and yeah. get pregnant. So if you guys remember that, that's weird. If you remember, this had a 30 second Super Bowl spot, and it was very odd. Um, people, I've, I've heard, people say this movie's awesome, and I think they knew this movie's awesome. That's why they put it in the Super Bowl spot. Um, I think this trailer is really awesome. I hope it doesn't. Ex- it didn't explain too much, but there was like a weird mystery. Um, I think it looks really cool. I like the actors in it. Like I'm, I'm, I'm back on board the Shyamalan train. Well, with M- with Shyamalan, you know there's going to be some crazy ass twist that is going to change the entire course of the film when you on a rewatch. So I, mean, I don't think that, I don't think that's he hasn't, necessarily he hasn't, been, that hasn't been the case. Yeah, he hasn't done those for a while. while. Yeah, I think yeah. that that you know that I think he knew that became his shtick because that hasn't been like you know split glass. They don't have they don't really have twists. I guess the twist of well, split is that it's not it's in the same world as unbreakable. Like that's yeah. the, this, but look, like that's not, that's not his marketing thing anymore. So I'm yeah. not, I don't think that that means there's a twist to this. Um, yeah. but, Honestly, it reminded me of something more of like a lost, like they don't know what's okay. going on. Like they're discovering weird things as they go along. It's not going to last seven seasons. And I hope, I, hopefully I'll like the ending. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I'm intrigued. I am nervous about execution. Sure. Yeah. Um, the Tomorrow War, Chris Pratt's new action movie. I don't. I just don't know how to feel about this one, you guys. Neither do I. I'm intrigued yeah. by the idea, but I am nervous about execution. A hundred percent, because I I love the idea. I love the idea. People from the future, are like, all right, cool. We need to draft everyone because, or else you're all gonna die in the future. I think that idea is awesome. I just one caught I'm over Chris Pratt. Two, he doesn't look like he's doing anything new. Uh, the monsters look kind of just like big generic monsters. There's the movie, remember The Wall with Matt Damon? Yeah. It had the same trailer thing where just hundreds of thousands of monsters are running over stuff, and I'm like, oh, CGI is cool, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Hopefully it's good. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I like, I like the, I like the trailer, honestly. Um, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't say, but I, I truthfully wasn't too crazy about what I saw with old, but I did yeah. like, I did like this one. Um, it, it was kind of fun, but like, it just kind of looks like a generic action movie. Like it wants to be Edge of Tomorrow. Yes, but it's not. I think the premise it feels is cool. like barely a notch above sci-fi. Yeah, yeah, it's the 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 premise yeah, is cool, but the execution is kind of like generic. Yeah, uh, I got I got a lot of uh, skyline vibes. Yeah, oh, I that's too. that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, uh, yeah. This, this does look like this the this, this is going to Prime, but it was supposed to be a theatrical release film. Uh, Amazon bought it uh, through the pandemic. Uh, and it looks kind of like a Netflix original. Yeah. Yeah. So, I would even argue like maybe a little worse. Yeah. I'm not sure. Like some, uh, I don't, not sure if it's just not a trailer that's selling me. The idea is, but the trailer isn't. Yeah. Or if it's just that the movie's not selling me. Why not both? Right. Infinite. Talk about trailers for movies going straight to streaming services that I don't care about. <laughs> yeah, this looks there's like funny. there's only like one thing that really grabbed me about this, and it's that that dude gets in a truck and chases them real quick. 
Yeah, he does. Oh, that, should we tell? Yeah, yeah. Kind of made me laugh. <laughs> I'm like, he got Brr. in that real and they're just going, and I'm like, that's pretty funny. There's like an entire minute that they cut from that sequence when he gets in the car. Yeah, yeah. Um, this that was Chewy Telegy for, right? This is the yeah. trailer. We're okay. Yes. I I am so over Mark Wahlberg, you guys. It's not even funny. Like he has to like really be like different and good, and he just doesn't do that anymore. So yeah, I'm in the same place. It's like it's he's like an immortal guy soldier. Like it it reminds me of the old guard, but not as good. That's I was gonna is. say this it's, this this looks like sad old guard. Yeah, sad, yeah, Marky Mark old guard. No thanks. Ben, you got anything for this hot hot? For Infinite, I'm just like, whatever. You have to know what you've been to know what you can become. I don't care. I mean, it's like, you are Infinite. It's like, you're constantly dying and coming back to life. It's like, but none of the trailers, or nothing in the trailers, like, grabbed me. It's like, hey, look, it's Mark Wahlberg again. And then he's... I'm definitely definitely at the point in my life where if you're doing, like, big blockbuster-style films featuring main white dude protagonists who aren't doing a lot with the role anymore that's different yes. from anything they've done before you better you better like really do something with them or i do not give a shit there's the point in the trailer where like mark and mark's sitting down at the chair and he's like do you know who you are or whatever and mark's just like and i'm like oh cool he's one of those he's just one of those t- traditional typical action guys no thank you here comes uncharted no thank you <laughs> Yeah, Uncharted. I saw, the, I saw the picture from Uncharted that came out this week, and I was like, "Boy, that's sad." Yeah, he doesn't look like Sully at all. And you know what's gonna suck is he's gonna have a mustache and like a flashback scene for a minute, and then he's gonna shave it, and then that's just the rest of the. No, it's the post credit scene, baby. He'll have grown it for the post credits. <clears throat> Want to talk to you about the PlayStation All Stars uh, <laughs> initiative? <laughs> initiative. It's great. It's Kratos in a suit. It's just Kratos comes out of the sea like. <laughs> All right, Wolver, wolf, wolf, werewolves, Wolverine within other effort. Uh, werewolves within had a new trailer. Yo, this was this was my favorite so trailer. Happy. This was my favorite trailer of the week. Uh, like we love college humor, Sparks Witty. Uh, I know Josh Rubin has directed another movie that you like that was on Shutter. Uh, uh, scare me, scare me. Uh, I love this Ooh. cast. <laughs> uh, this this has like this has a guy who's in another trailer that we watched. Uh, he's in two trailers this week. I'm a good for that guy. Um. Yeah, this looks really funny, and it's just like it's it's like one of those board games that you love to play, like a uh, werewolf or uh, uh, what's called like deception mafia. Like, who's the bad guy? Uh, but it's live action based off a of Ubisoft game. I think I think this looks the right amount of of fun and uh, quality quality werewolf atmosphere. I really love when everyone's like, "What did he say?" Like, and throw like werewolf. It's a yeah. Werewolf. yeah. <laughs> Um, Guys, I think it's, this... I think it's got a good cast. It's got good humor going forward. Squirrel girl, uh, Squirrel girl is in this. Yes, uh, yeah, yeah. the eighteen uh, lady. lady. Yes, yeah. I just love this the scene where he's like, "Okay, I gotta ask who's packing." Everyone just takes out a gun. Yeah. Um, and he's like, okay, we're gonna have a big old fashioned sleepover. But with guns, but with guns, yes. This, guys, this might be the best video game movie ever made. Board game movie. Board game, well, it's, but yeah, it's also technically a video game. No, it is because. They Ubisoft made a video made the... game off the card game yeah. called Werewolves Within. When this comes out, I, I, I want to remind you, we've all agreed that we're going to do an episode on board game movies. There's not as many as video games, unfortunately. But still just so, as fun. So Clue, so Clue, Battleship. And then this one, Werewolves Within. Is that it? That's it? I'm surprised, I'm surprised Risk has never been made. Yeah. Ridley Ridley Scott's Monopoly movie that never got made. Who that could have been a bit, uh, humdinger. 
I thought I could have swore I read somewhere that Seth Rogen was making a Trivial Pursuit movie. We should there's also... a few in development like that Uno one and stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> anyway, Werewolves Within looks great. I'm real excited to watch it. Oh yeah. Yeah, it looks good. I'm looking forward oh. to that one. Uh, Jumanji doesn't count. Was Jumanji a board game before or after the movie? Uh, yeah, no, after Jumanji. the book. After the book, book first. Doesn't yeah. ma- doesn't count then. Nope. Yeah. All right. Jungle Cruise. I want to watch this movie. Me too. I got super heavy, like like mummy, Pirates of the Caribbean, like good adventure vibes. And like this is, we've seen trailers before, but they showed a lot more new stuff in this trailer that I didn't know it was did. in the movie. Uh, this movie looks expensive. It does. Like, wow, this movie looks like this movie better be successful or we're going to bomb. Like, oh my the, God. The chemistry between Emily Blunt and Dwayne Johnson is what everyone's coming for. And I'm excited for it. And the guy this- who directed this is directing black adam so oh. jesse plemons is in this yes, he's, he a, is. he's a nazi a bad submarine. guy he's a nazi bad guy what does he say shoot the toy whatever i i'm i'm here for it yeah no, I'm, I, I'm super in i'm a huge fan of this type of adventure movie i'm so glad we're getting something like this yeah me too um i got a lot of vibes like um, from Pirates of the Caribbean and, and uh, just adventure movies. It's like, man, we haven't had a good adventure movie. I was on watching. It's like this kind of reminds me of the Mummy a little bit. I'm there, for it. there I, are I still there are still some great comedy bits between Johnson and Blunt that haven't been in any of the trailers you guys have seen that they showed at D twenty three, and I hope are still in the film. Um, but they're pretty good. So I'm I'm man. Regardless, I think I think the the plot of the movie can suck, and everyone's going to be like, "Yeah, but watching those two have fun together was great." So, oh, like, yeah, whatever, like, who gives a crap? It's called <laughs> it's called Jungle Cruise. Like, I'm not like I'm not I'm expecting a fun Jungle Cruise. She, <laughs> she just kicks the bow, and the engine starts going. He's like, "Okay." Or when they when they launch over a launch over a building, yeah, mm-hmm. to avoid the torpedo. Yeah, so good. I'm I'm looking forward I'm, to it. I'm into it. Oh yeah. This is the this is the good part of the trailers, guys, because then we got gunpowder milkshake. I didn't I didn't know what this was, and I watched it. and I'm like, oh hell yeah, lady assassins. This I want cool. library yeah. assassins. Yeah, me too. This looks awesome. This has uh, K- Karen Gillan, mm-hmm. yeah, um, the girl from Sp- My Spy, Spy Me. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, the the little girl with uh, Dave Batista. Yeah. Oh, My Spy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Rachel Weiss. <laughs> Rachel Weiss is in this. Uh, Lena Hetty. Lena Hetty, yeah. I forgot Michelle. Angela Bassett. Uh, oh, Pretty sure. Giorgio. I don't know. There's a lot of great people. Asian in this girl. Movie. Yeah, there's a lot of great people in this movie. Yeah. Um, it's uh, uh, Chloe Coleman is the little girl from from My Spy. Uh, Michelle Yeoh. Yep, Michelle uh, Yeoh. Thank you. Angela Bassett. Yes. Um, Rachel Weiss is not in this though. I don't know who she. I don't know who you're talking about. Uh, he's talking about Carla Gugino. Oh, she's from yeah, from from Haunt- uh, haunting. Yeah, haunting of Bly Manor. That's not the girl from the Mummy. No, no, that is that's not Rachel. That's Weiss. the girl from Spy Kids. Boy, they look that's, they look alike. That, that yeah, uh, Paul Giamatti. Yeah, the Rhino. Yeah, <laughs> which is dope. Yeah, it's like yeah, like karen gillen's like a lady assassin and then she gets involved in some bad stuff and she's like her moms have to help her out and stuff i heard nice. i heard about this uh, before the pandemic and i'm happy it's found a home i believe it's going to netflix now yes i believe so um yeah yeah uh i i want to watch this i think this looks cool yeah 
last night in soho oh i so, like this so was edgar my favorite Wright, this is my favorite trailer of the so edgar wright's life. doing a straight-up thriller maybe horror definitely Both. thriller yeah um uh, yeah. i watched this trailer i watched this trailer and i was like this is pretty cool this is pretty cool edgar wright horror movie and then i was like oh what <laughs> what is happening now it's very um, much like a Edgar Wright doing a modern, a modern grindhouse film that's also tributing old films. Yeah, yeah. There's some grindhouse and Hitchcock, and Hitchcock like melding together. Hundred percent, hundred percent. It's Edgar Wright, so I'm not worried. I'm sure it's going to be great. The the little girl from Jojo Rabbit is in this. I really like her. Um, she's the lead, and Anya Taylor Joy is also her. Yes. She's also the person singing the song in the trailer. Yeah, I I think she's. I think that she's someone from the past who's connecting oh. to the girl. Oh. I think so too. But I don't know. Matt yeah. Smith looking fly. Matt Smith looking great. I'm so excited for him to be in this movie. That's uh, great. This movie reminds me of one of my favorite bad people directors movies, Woody Allen, uh, Midnight in Paris, where Owen Wilson goes back time, back in time in Paris every night. Uh, I love that movie. Uh, and this looks like a spooky version of that. Thank you very much. I'll take it. Sure. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I'm very I'm, excited I'm, for this. I'm happy for it. And I like, he cut the trailer together really well. Edgar Wright cuts his own trailers. He loves making trailers. Um, he has that one bit where he's using the song, because uh, uh, he's using the song Downtown, and it says, you know, listen to the music of the city. And he cuts out the song to hear the sound of cars going by and honking and things like that. And I'm mm. like, Edgar Wright, darn you, you're so smooth. There's a shadow creature punching through the wall, which is made of glass. Yeah. Uh, he more than almost any other film director, like he utilizes music in his movies in like in such a great way that's not just like here's a pop song. It's like no, it's actually like part of the script and part of the plot. Uh, it's him and him and James Gunn. Uh, yeah, him the, and James Gunn. Gunn Guardians films. No, it's really funny because uh, when uh, they talked about it, uh, one of them posted about it when he was making Baby Driver. He and uh, James Gunn were talking to each other about what songs they were using in Guardians versus Baby Driver so that they wouldn't be using the same songs that oh, year that's, in the film. That's cute. Which I think is really funny. Yeah, I'm really excited for this. Oh yeah, I, th I think they said they had like one overlap. They decided to like give to the other one or something like that. That's cute. Yeah. And last but not least, Eternals. We got our first official look at Eternals. I'm gonna be honest, guys. I, I'm kind of unhyped right now. Guys, I cannot tell you how. Um, I'm so glad that you guys feel that way. I feel like I'm a crazy person right now. I'm so glad. Oh my God. All of us? Are we all of the same mindset? Oh my God. On Twitter. I like every, everyone, all week. Everyone's become an Eternal stand all of a sudden. And I know every single one of you has never read an Eternals comic because they don't have that many comic books. So, um, so I wasn't the only one. So I'm just glad because after I saw this trailer, I was like, cool. I mean, I'm going to go watch it because it's an MCU film. But at the same sure. time, it's like, of course, this was kind of underwhelming. Like Shang Chi, I was like, "Hell yeah, Shang Chi!" Remember the Shang Chi trailer? <laughs> yeah, but then of course they come out with this one, and I'm just like, "Okay." I so, avoided saying anything on Twitter. I've I've avoided saying anything on Twitter about this because I was like, you know, I don't I don't want to. You know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I saw the wrong trailer. Mag, you to mind now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, listen. So Shang Chi had a great trailer, a teaser. This is a teaser, right? Because yeah. it. It introduces you to the character and it introduces you what the plot is, okay? This trailer, the Guardians teaser, it introduces you to the characters. You know who they are. You know what's going on. This does not tell me anything about the characters. And also it introduces a plot element that I actively dislike 
telling me that you avoided conflict and you avoided helping the Avengers, even during Endgame, you need to tell me why you did that. Because in this teaser, it I don't buy it. I don't I don't think it's a good reason to stay out of it until some random village gets attacked by people with weird eyeballs. Uh, so I saw this great meme about it's like that line is like we never uh, intervened until now tony stark in heaven yeah yeah the guy from the, the cricket match where he's just like looking at him like all disappointed i like, really? I like the one that's yeah. uh that's just the cut to like be cool if you did though yeah and again like uh, it, the movie real quick brandon the movie is going to give us a reason why they did intervene but for this teaser trailer to tell me for them to acknowledge oh captain america and iron man are dead we did nothing about it for me, that gives that actively I dislike these people because they didn't help when we needed help. So like, you need to show me why the, um, these characters are important, and it did not do any of that. And I know I, who these characters are. I got an Eternals comic right next to me. I've I've been reading a bit about of Karen Gillan's um, uh, uh, Eternals run currently mm -hmm. running. Yeah, and I like it. It's all right. Um, yeah. so watching this, I. I was really struggling because I was like, I like how grand it looks, you know, how grand the cinematography looks, but I also kind of wish there was more color. It, um, here's the thing, like, and this is this is hyperbole, but it's not that you know, far off. I don't off. like, I don't kind of, I do. Yeah, I think it looks, I think it looks good. I don't think it looks great. Uh, I think people are are just like so used to the Marvel blandness that like this looks fine. Like, well, oh, sun, sun shines. <laughs> there's, there's some some shots just because we're talking about the look. There's some shots where like it's the people floating in the air, and I'm like, I just. I'm I'm underwhelmed, guys. You know um, what it reminded me of is that, any... is that Snyder movie. Sure. Mm. More than anything, um, the the ship that appears at the early part of the trailer, I was like, wow, that's like the most boring design of a ship I could ever imagine. Um, and and I I understand just a, just a sideways Pentagon well, bringing like, oh, wow. some a giant plank. Yeah, uh, bringing Yay. some like realism or like a, a little more grounded like costume design. That's fine. Like the MCU, like I'm I'm about that. The Eternals and Jack Kirby, it's the most colorful comic book ever made. This is this is the wrong comic to do this with. This is the part where I feel like we should be getting really weird. I shouldn't think that these guys look more plain than the Guardians. A hundred percent. But the, I do. That's what I was going to say. It's like one of, so I really like how grand in scope it looks, how, how big the cinematography is. But the, the landscapes is, are cool, but like past that. It looks as drab as the Inhumans did, I'm not saying it's going to be as bad as the Inhumans. It's just no, kind of yeah. the drabbiness of it. Yeah. When you have a movie like Thor Ragnarok and both of the Guardians movies um, already kind of doing that Kirby color palette, why why not go the distance? You've done it three times already. Do it a fourth. And and again, it's because it's Chloe Zhao and she's like she's all about like natural. Like she didn't want to do a lot of CGI until the end, which is going to turn into a big CGI battle because that's what these Marvels movies do. But like I do appreciate her wanting to tell like a more naturalistic looking story. Like you know these are like this is like ten thousand years ago. These are like the, the beginnings of civilization. I'm I'm okay with that. But if you're gonna make a teaser trailer to make me care about all this stuff, you gave me nothing. You gave me just absolutely nothing. And especially the joke at the end. Who's laughing at that joke? Like, who's gonna who's gonna lead the Avengers? It's me. I don't know who you are. Right. You got that personality to laugh at a joke. Literally, literally, the first thing Megan asked me after he said that was like, "Who's that?" And I'm like, "Yes." Oh. Who? Yeah. Black Knight's in this, right? Kit Harrington yeah. is Black Knight. Is yeah. Black Black Knight? Is he? No, he's he's a regular on to be an Eternal. No, he's a regular dude. So he's gonna be. It also looks like he's in modern times, which is weird. So yeah. he 
he was a dude who was like back in time and he and him and Cersei have a relationship. That's not a, they might be doing it in this movie, but in this movie, it's Icarus who's the leader of the Eternals and Cersei in a relationship. And you see that they're doing it throughout time, like a uh, Cloud Atlas situation. That's a new thing for the for the movie, which is weird. Uh, uh, Dane Whitman, the Black Knight, might be like a uh, love triangle situation. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's he's just like a regular dude who finds the ebony blade, like a mm-hmm. cool sword. Um, I'm just. This this movie is a big old mystery right now because I'm sure it's yeah. good. Obviously, like I trust the Marvel method. Um, I'm just like, it's just weird. It's a weird one. I'm not immediately sold. My my first look, unlike every other Marvel property I've ever seen, I'm not immediately excited. Yeah, yeah uh, I this is, I, I I very much like echo what Ryan said that like, uh, I don't know how you're supposed to connect to these characters. Like it very much is just selling you on like, guys, it's another Marvel movie. And like, we've really reached that point with this one. And I'm like, look at the famous people. And I'm like, guys, there's what is on here that I'm supposed to be appealed by. Like th- you're not visually engaging me enough and you're not telling me who a single one of these characters is not a one, not a just, one. I can understand not getting a debrief on all of them, but like, I should know at least, one person you 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 don't even get like names or anything in this you look at the guardians uh first trailer and it's and it's it, their most really shots good, you're right the guardians first trailer is such a really great uh, um barometer for where kind of we should be with eternals because they're kind of they're, it's kind of the same like vibe that we were probably expecting not maybe like rockstar but, but i mean still but i mean even that like well, we you got just like... we got we got people we understood we knew who the guardians were yeah I mean, you even just look at the Shang-Chi trailer and it's like, it's Shang-Chi. He's the son of the Mandarin. And I'm like, cool, got you. I'm here. Yeah. Uh, the end. That's all Like, uh, that's all I needed to know. I get it. I'm there. And I've got, so, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it, they, they, it has nothing to do, like Ryan said, it has nothing to do even with reading the comics. Like this trailer just doesn't tell you. It doesn't convey anything because this is a, their interpretation and I don't understand it. Um, some of the shots, like, it, it's weird like the ending shot is them all like grouped together in a line and i'm like cool why is this supposed to mean anything to me this is like honestly like you said Zack snyder this felt more like um the jupiter's legacy trailer to me oh yeah Yeah. okay i guess so whatever we know this movie's super big in scope because it's like it's dealing with these aliens okay so also like the, the eternals aren't aliens from another like like they're 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 cavemen who get who get experimented on by celestials so they're also changing the origin of the eternals which again it doesn't doesn't well, i mean they had to they had to because thanos will still be a deviant yeah and again like yeah i wonder if thanos is in this movie i i think they're not a lot of this trailer is like the beginning of the movie because so yeah. much of this movie is going to be space stuff and like dealing with thousands of years in between so like we're just not seeing a lot is but it? I, yeah i think so because like there's there's so we didn't see any of the celestials we didn't see any black knight stuff we didn't see any of them uh like building civilization we saw like I do things I, I hear you and I'm you asking said, like will that be in this movie I it, they, it has to or else this movie's gonna be boring as hell <laughs> I, I do think by the way you said I, I do think we see Thanos yeah um uh, there there's speculation that they're gonna change up uh the Eternals and Deviant stuff to have um to have Thena who's Angelina Jolie now be Thanos's mother and I'm like. That would be a cool wrinkle, but that just adds complications for kind of no reason. He can just oh, be a bad. It kind of ruins it if you're making them from Titan, from exactly. the planet Titan that Thanos is from in, in Infinity War and Endgame, uh, to not being cavemen, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so again, like they, Kevin Foggy has his plan. Like they've thought of this for so long. So like I'm not worried about the execution at the end. I just don't think this. I'm honestly shocked that people like this trailer so much because like I just don't know what you're grabbing onto. 
I need to see more. I d- I need to see more. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. This was just this was just like the the coolest shot to me in the whole thing is Kumail Nanjiani doing a Bollywood number, and like huh. past that, I'm like. Yeah, I don't same. know, guys. Uh, like, I I like the cast. The cast isn't the issue, um, but I don't know. I know who they're playing because we've read it before. But mm-hmm. I don't know who they are. I don't know what this movie is. Uh, it's kind of it. It, it, it bummed me out. <laughs> it bummed yeah, me it out, did. honestly. It's, it's like, the first like, Marvel trailer, trailer end, and I just I'm like. I don't it's, know. It's the first Marvel trailer in a really, really, really long time that I didn't connect with. And again, it's like it has nothing to do with me not knowing the comic book characters. If you give me a good trailer, that makes me want to connect with the characters. And this just like didn't do it. I didn't know shit about Iron Man when he when he first had a movie. Exactly. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. Should I move into our main I'm topic? So so relieved we were all on the same page. On I was so me scared. Too. Me too. <laughs> Twitter made me think I was crazy. For me real. too. Yeah. All right, let's let's go into our main topic. All right, full spoilers for Cruella, the new Disney uh, original movie, a prequel to 101 Dalmatians in a way, reimagining of the character of Cruella played by Emma Stone. Full spoilers, guys. If you don't want to know anything about this movie, uh, or if you want some context about that clip that's online. Um, <laughs> Full spoilers from here on out. You've been warned. Skip ahead. Do whatever. I've time coded it for you, rewatchers and 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 audio people. The sun is still out. This is really weird to me. I love it. I have a whole day ahead of me. <laughs> uh, Cruella, what we think about it? I'm gonna let you guys go because I gotta go to the bathroom. Uh, Dang, I also have to go to the bathroom. So I'm gonna go after you. <laughs> then you go first. I'll go. I had a a blast with this movie. I absolutely. I thought it was fun as. Right when I was done watching it, I was like, you know what? Of all the live action reimaginings, air quotes, like Maleficent, Cinderella, this one's my favorite. Hmm. Which is funny because 101 Dalmatians is that is the one Disney movie I'm fine with. I it's I like it, but I that's definitely not one of the classic ones I'll go after. I'll like go to. Yeah. So as of right now, Cruella is my favorite, and I absolutely loved Emma Stone. I had a blast with this movie. The, the soundtrack was awesome because it's all great 70s vibes and or 70s tracks. And just, I just had a blast. I just had fun. I was like, man, this is this is really good. I like how she's still the bad guy, but it's like she, you're rooting for her, but she's still kind of like a bad guy. I kind of like she... that. Eh, kind of. I mean, she's she's she steals dogs. That's she's, a, she's a criminal. Yeah, that's she, not a good, okay, so she's a criminal, but she's also like like a good guy person be like, I'm just gonna let bygones be gone. She's like, no, I'm gonna destroy everything about this woman. I'm gonna steal everything from her. Her so, reputation, her customers, and like maybe not like 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 steal actual money. But she's just, an eye for an eye. Yes, it is very much eye for an eye. So I really, really enjoyed this movie. I will go next. I um I was shocked how much I liked this movie. I I, while still being a Disney movie with all like the caveats that of a Disney movie will have, um, it's, 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 it goes harder than I expected it to. Um, I really like Emma Stone. I really like the entire cast. Uh, I think mm-hmm. this is definitely like, this movie is going to win the Oscar for best costume design. No doubt. Like this movie, this movie looks so good. Like I if cannot this, believe this movie looks so good. If this doesn't win for best costume design, right. 
it's the it's like the Mad Max Fury Road designer who won an Oscar for that. Like they they they've done great work in the past. Like um, again, besides like like the Disneyfication of like like just how they make movies like with like plot stuff. Like I had a really good time. Um, mm -hmm. like I don't have too many complaints. I my my biggest complaint is I do agree the music's great. I think there's just too much of it. There I agree. I agree. Like it's 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 suicide suicide squad levels of at one after another after another yeah. after another. Where I'm like, I need some space between every song, but so, otherwise, I had a great time. So you know what? I will agree with that because you're absolutely, you are 100. Because there was, especially in the very beginning of the movie, I want to say up until like the 25, 30 minute mark, I was even I was almost he's like, okay, all the songs I've been listening to, great. There's a lot of them. I, well, I, I, there's so much. Because we're on it, I just want to highlight that, like, because that's one of my my biggest complaints of the film is that just like there's there's good needle drops and there's good songs like most of them are good songs they don't all serve a purpose they're just kind of there yeah. a lot of the time especially as like someone who's watching the editing and stuff i'm just like this this song just doesn't need to be there especially when they're only playing it for like 25 seconds just to like get a riff through there's mm -hmm. one particular instance where like they literally just fade the song down to start up the dialogue moment it's right before emma thompson's character uh does her thing like uh where she asks for silence and she reads the review about herself and the song just like fades down and i'm like that's that's really bad um yeah. that that song just either should have been handled differently cut differently or not been there at all like it's just so just uh, half score instead um uh so that that bums me out um it, it i just i don't mind you doing good needle drops um especially great songs like they choose they just need to have purpose when they're used it's wild because this movie costs like 200 million dollars and most of it went to the costumes and song licensing they didn't they could have saved 50 million dollars cut half the songs out yeah. also oh, i have to get right, this off i want to say oh. oh i will i want to hear your opinion first before i go though yeah oh mine yeah oh i hated it i love i actually really liked it yeah, me too. We're all in I, really, I actually really liked it. Um, I was surprising how much I liked it because I, I missed the very beginning and I missed a good chunk of the movie because of my audience was horrible. One at one point, just two people stood in front of me. Um, but I really enjoyed it. I agree. Too much music could have cut some of that stuff in half, but I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, I, I really love what Emma Stone is doing. I like a lot of the changes to the characters. I think they all work really well create a really nice dynamic of characters. Um, just really like Emma Stone, honestly. I think she's like, she's so good in this. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I really liked it. That's my initial thoughts. So. Ben, what was it you wanted to get off your chest? Uh, my fa the, the best needle drop, in my opinion, was at the very end when when she gets the house and you in Symphony for in Sympathy for the Devil by the Stones play. Boy, that was one of my least favorites. Oh, <laughs> right. Look, Ben, it's not, it, I love that song. That song is used so much in movies and TVs to be like, yeah. to to hit the please allow me to introduce myself moment, and I'm like, mm -hmm. come on, man, mm -hmm. come on, man, be better. Um, I I appreciate that you really mm -hmm. liked it. For me, I've like I've heard that song used for so many things. Uh, uh, do you remember? And I was uh, like, I was like, we could have done, we could have done better. Viva. Definitely oversaturation of that song. Uh, yeah. Understandable. Yeah. Understandable. I I feel the way about that that you felt about Zombie for Army of the Dead last. Gotcha. Week. Okay. <laughs> Where I'm like, really. Um, oh. the the guy who plays the hef the heftier one. Uh, uh Horace. Horace. Uh, he's a really good actor. I like him a lot. Yeah, he's great. I thought Horace and Jasper were both great. I'm actually gonna run through my thoughts now because I haven't done that yet. Yeah. Uh, 
I really liked it. Um, I think I think that uh, I think the style, uh, the look alone sold me. Um, mm-hmm. I knew it would kind of going into it, but honestly, I was there for it. Uh, I definitely just think that as as a as they like to call these the live action reimaginings. Um, I love this. This is this is what I prefer uh, compared to like the Lion King, the um, Beauty and the Beast, those kind of things. This is this is that but but different um this is much more in the maleficent vein obviously Mm -hmm. uh which i didn't know is what they were doing i really thought this was more just a prequel to 101 dalmatians classic i'm glad that it's just a complete reinterpretation of the story yeah uh from top to bottom like they're just like the idea of cruella but we're doing it totally different i think that's really well handled while Um, keeping the the anita darling and her going to school together yeah sure they're they're characters but she's not going to come take their puppies yeah uh and i'm glad that that's that's what's up um i think that's i think that's a much better route to go uh a lot of people are still doing the joker in this comparison um i had a better time with this than joker uh by by far i mean obviously like it's they're they're kind of different movies and as far as tone but um i think what what Emma Stone's bringing to the table as Cruella is really effective, um, and I think Emma Thompson, Thompson is. I think Emma Thompson is great. Oh yeah. Pardon uh, me. Oh, sorry, Sparks. Continue. No, go ahead. No, pardon me. As as I was watching this movie, pardon me. Really, I don't know. If this is just like too much of a stretch, but I loved Emma Thompson and Emma Stone. Two Emmas. That's funny. I loved both Emmas in this movie so much that I really hope at least one of them gets a nom for something. Like I don't know if Oscar nom is like too far out there. But yeah. I'm just like watching, especially Emma Stone as Cruella, because she can go from Cruella to Estella, and it's like, damn, that's good. And even Emma, uh, Emma Stone, Emma Thompson as just like the pretentious, snobby, looks down her nose, I am the best at everything, um, just total bitch. Yeah. It's like, you are so good at playing this. Ben, I'll, yeah. give, you, I'll give you a Golden Globe, but I won't give you an Oscar. There's a there's an easy way for the Baroness that Emma Thompson's written to be, to be too too silly, mm-hmm. um, or too too cartoonish, too caricaturized. And Emma Thompson elevates that script fantastically. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I I think that um, Ben, I will give you a Oscar win for for costume design. Yeah. Oh, we, yeah, we, we, we said that, that while you were uh, peeping. Uh, Oh darn! Um, <laughs> no, I yeah, I love the costumes. I, one of my favorites is she's got this like tie necklace that's just, like this gold. Mm-hmm. I love that. My or even maybe, maybe makeup too, because I love like when when Estella becomes Cruella. Like one of my favorite looks is when she comes out of the van and she, it's like she has a mask on that says "The Future." Mm-hmm. That like, yeah, that cool. montage, that whole montage of like her just keep interrupting uh, the Baroness's like parties. That's my favorite part of the whole movie. Like she has like a rock concert. Yeah. Uh and she comes out and, and like like Jasper's playing guitar, like not having a good time because he doesn't like what Corilla's doing. But like that entire scene, like it's just like minute after minute of like the best costumes in film and it's like the best sound and like it looks so good. I'm like, this is this is I just want Disney to do this all the time. Just like let a director have a vision. And like this is awesome. Like I this, I, fe- I felt this guy's vision, director's vision throughout the entire movie. Agreed. I I love the interpretation that Cruella brought punk to Le- to London. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> um, Wasn't I, I can easily see some. Oh man, you know what would have been would have been like hilarious 
it's like some guy will like like the, the group that would eventually become known as the Sex Pistols. Mm-hmm. Like actors will look and was like, man, that's a really cool look. Cool look. Oh, and then I know. Like, what I know what you're talking about. You're talking about something like, hey, Chuck, it's your cousin. Yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> Marvin <laughs> Barry. <laughs> yeah. Get a hold I of that new sound you're looking for. Yeah. And then it becomes, and it's like, there's like, yeah, we're the sex. It's like they become the Sex Pistols because the, the most famous British punk band ever know, ever ever known. Yeah, you know that would be stupid as hell. I think um. I think that uh, I think that 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 interpretation helps sell like why it's set in the period that it is. Yeah. Um, Cruella is essentially like representational of the punk scene taking over, uh, and I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really great way to reimagine it, and that that is the key term. You know, like the the discourse on Twitter is like people going it has been even before the movie came out. Like, why do we need an origin movie for Cruella? The answer is no, we don't. Um, but a reimagining I'm opening to, and mm-hmm. this is a reimagining uh, that that doesn't have her hating Dalmatians, doesn't have her seeking to turn them into a coat. This is not that character. Uh, it changes it, it reinterprets it, and the reinterpretation is cool and it's when, fun. She when Maleficent came out, when Maleficent came out, the second Maleficent, I I came on the show and I said I really like that Disney just kind of lets this weird Maleficent franchise exist. Uh, that just it has nothing to do with what they're doing with their animated reimaginings. And I'm glad that Cruella exists in that space because I think you, that that's more of what I need. So, do you know what the director has said? And I think this is this is an awesome idea. Although I do not want it to connect to the live action 101 Dalmatians. He said he wants if he gets to make a sequel. He wants to make it like the Godfather part two, where it's a, it's a prequel and a sequel. And he wants Glenn Close to be telling the past story of how Cruella became who she is. Oh, wow. So you get Glenn Close back and then you go back to like 1980 or whatever. And like, I, I'm not against it. I'm not against it. I'm not against that either. But for Glenn Close, I'm not against it. That's what I mean. If you get her back, like, I do not want that. Again, I haven't Uh, seen that that movie in forever. She's the producer of this movie. Yes, I was. I was uh, I was hoping really badly Glenn Close was going to be one of the ladies that they tackle. I thought uh, so. Heading into the party <laughs> at the end, so I'm too. like, this is the perfect Glenn Close cameo right here. I was waiting for just like a face to pop out. Yeah, yeah, she did. She did Warcraft. She'll do it. Yeah, oh. uh, I I really really enjoy the the interpretation and the execution of this. Um, I I think that uh, I think that's a cute idea, I guess, to connect to the 101 Dalmatians movie. I don't think it's possible, mostly because of Horace and Jasper. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I think that relationship doesn't go with that the Glenn Close film, so that's not possible. But are those? So I haven't seen that movie since I was like five. Are those two henchmen characters in that movie too? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. I, mean, I don't they're, know But they're bumbling. They're bumbling idiots. I yeah. like them so much in this movie. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah they're really more... they're really good. That's actually one of my best, biggest positives of this movie is that you see Horace and Jasper and you're thinking, and from you remember the anime film or even the, the Glenn Close live action films, you see these guys is like, oh, these are like the bumbling fools who can never get anything right. They're complete until, as she says, as Cruella, Emma Stone, and probably in the other films, calls them imbeciles. That's not good casting so, for these guys. Okay. Not so much this one. They're competent. Even Horace, who's like a little funny, like he constantly looks at the, it's like, what's the angle? What's the angle? What's the angle? <laughs> the angle. They, they actually care about each other. They mm-hmm. actually, I mean, I when Jasper pipes up is like, hey, you can't talk to us like that. We're yeah. we're supposed to be friends here. You can't, we've been doing this this game for years, and now all of a sudden you're being like, 
no, you can't do that. I love because normally with minions, you they are like, yes, master, yes, ma'am, of course, of course. Oh no, I'm such a fool. It's like, no, back up. You can't speak to me like that. I really sorry. The movie works uh, because of Estella slash Cruella's relationship with Horace and Jasper. Mm -hmm. That that is what makes her a connectable character. It's what allows you to like her even when she does bad things um because they like her mm -hmm. and uh and find value in her and of course emma thompson's character is like ridiculously evil so by comparison cruella doesn't seem so bad mm -hmm. um and she's not really a bad person she's just she's more mischievous like yeah she's a criminal but like she's not vindictive or malicious um until the end yeah but but even then that's like you know targeted towards her mother yeah there are there are three montages in the movie um which normally i would kind of think would be too many but i actually really like them all there's the one in the beginning where we see her at school um mm -hmm. and then the there's the blocks. then there's the one where they're all stealing stuff and getting to know each other i like that one a lot i think that was a lot of fun yep and then there's the one where she's doing the where she's um sabotaging the baroness's events there's there's actually a fourth montage, which is the uh, setting up the scheme for the gala where they're delivering. Oh yeah, and like in outfits. the middle, in the middle of this movie, also in the middle of this movie, there's a heist movie. Yeah, yeah. which I enjoyed. I thought that was fun. The big, the big rat, the dog that's dressed like a rat. <laughs> oh my god, guys! Wink. The, the 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 chihuahua with an eye patch might be my favorite thing I've ever seen in a movie. The first time I saw that, I was like, "Does that dog have an eye patch? No way, dude!" And then he turns into a little rat, and I'm like, "Ah!" I, so cute. Normally, I don't like whenever I see chihuahuas. I'm like, this is the one exception because this chihuahua was adorable. Even with little eye patch, and the the fact that uh, uh horse is just like, uh, I just love the react the uh not the reaction frack. I don't want to call it chemistry, but they just work so well together. Well, it like, does help with the dog is CGI. Yeah. Okay. But, there's know, a lot of CGI dogs in this movie. Okay. So. As much so, yeah, too many eel drops, but also a lot of some of the CGI dogs. There are times where uh, myself, Fanny, and my roommate were watching this movie. He's like, Hey, that dog's not real. Oh, that dog's not real. Hey, look, fake dog. Is that the real? Dalmatians, okay, the Dalmatians. Real. Boy, I'm oh, really wow. glad I didn't watch the movie with you. Jesus right? Christ. That'd be horrible. But Ben, real quickly, all the dogs are fake in this movie. They did not use a real dog in this movie. Not no. even once? I don't believe so. They have to, because some of those shots are yeah. definitely real, my guy. Buddy's definitely real. Buddy's definitely oh, real. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, there's definitely times when Wink is also real because you can tell when that eye patch is not real and when it is. Yeah, real. Well, I will look it up later. It doesn't matter. But either way, Sparks is right. Watching a movie with you would be horrible. <laughs> I I just like my my whole thing is you know like I get why they use CGI for the dogs. Like I I I don't want to be taken out of the movie not just to think about it. Like I'm like cool. Uh, I get it. I know why they're doing it, and I just roll with it. Yeah. And I, I mean, it looks fine most of the time. Like you know, most of the time, know. yeah. I mean, like, uh, I, like I totally understand why, especially with the Dalmatians. I totally understand why the Dalmatians are CGI. Yeah, um, they're killing fools. Yeah, there is a there is a mix, right? And you were right. Yeah, I mean, um, it's, yeah, I yeah. Uh, I I thought that the way that they handled the idea of uh, you know the press talking about oh she skinned the Dalmatians that she took from the Baroness and uh, when she talks to Artie. I love Artie when she talks oh, right. to Artie and she's like, uh, oh, let them have a villain to hate. And I'm like, this is this is a good way to do the like, yeah, we're going to nod to the movie, but we don't need to do the plot of yeah. the original anime one. Love it. Love it. Artie and, is, oh, 
No, I was to say, yeah, Artie, like, like they made a big deal on the internet because, like, because everyone likes to, but like, this is just how you do. Just uh, he's just a character in a movie. Like, they don't make a big deal out of it. He just he's he's a dude who works at at a fashion store. He's eccentric. Like, cool. Like, you don't need to make a big deal out of it. I loved it. Like, that's that's how you do representation. He's just a person who lives. I love yeah. his makeup. It reminded me a lot of David Bowie. Those Sure. I was, I was talking to, to a friend of mine who really wanted this movie to, to fail because she thinks glorifying a dog murderer is, is a bad thing. Um, my argument has always been, you know what, if you can accept that Superman was a Nazi and a communist at one point, you can accept that Cruella might not be a dog murderer in one movie. Yeah, and, I mean, well, that's the thing is, like, most people aren't seeing this movie or are going into this movie expecting. And uh, admittedly, I was like, I, I don't, I assumed before I saw the movie that we were going to eventually have her be that person. Yeah, and I was like, I'm okay. I'm okay with going down that path if it's a good film. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't want to see her do it. But like, if she becomes that person, uh, I'm cool with watching the journey. Yeah. But uh, but that's not even what this is. Um, and I will admit, like, I had the anxieties that a lot of people who don't watch this movie have uh, when they watch the Twitter scene of her mom being killed by the Dalmatians, where I'm like. I hope that's not what we're doing here. Yeah. I hope we're not about to do that. She's just anti-Dalmatian. Yeah, that's and, and never, and but not, even after, even after, happened. even before she realizes what it, what actually happened, she still, uh, she still doesn't blame the Dalmatians. Mm -hmm. She thinks it's her fault. It, yeah, yeah. She, what I love, I mean, skip jumping to the end of the movie. I love how she kind of trains the Dalmatians in a way. So like okay, so she calls them, and then uh, the Baroness comes. The she's like sick. The dogs on her, and then she sells. She just says sit, and all three of them just go okay. That's a good. You that's know? a good moment. Yeah. And also, I like the scene where uh, Horace and Jasper they're trying to get the Dalmatians under control because obviously they are they are not well trained dogs. But then he turns on the Tottenham. Oh, game. Hold on, they are well trained dogs. They are trained to kill people on command. They're that assassins. Strange. They're assassins. They're training. <laughs> All right, I rephrase. They are murderous dogs, but the second a football game is on, they're like, "Oh, sweet football!" Yeah, I just like that. I like that joke and how and then how Horace is sitting with all three Dalmatians and they're like, "Goal!" Yeah, I like someone, seeing their their home. Someone I I was I was worried about, but then worked out in the end was Mark Strong because Mark Strong oh. is a very capable talented actor and for the first half of this movie he's just like a henchman guy and i'm yeah. like they're wasting mark strong but thankfully he's like becomes friends with estella and he's like he, he ends up being like I, her partner i'm like thank god he's used in this movie i was mm -hmm. definitely waiting for that shoe to drop ever since we saw him talking to her mom in the beginning of the film outside mm -hmm. and i'm like okay so like what's up yeah, yeah me too yeah i really a great um, reveal too by the way, I think, uh, I think the reveal that 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 Estella is the Baroness's daughter is great. Did yeah. not see that coming. Uh, my assumption, my assumption was that uh, uh, that Estella's mom was the Baroness's sister. Mm. Oh yeah, that had been mm. my assumption up to that moment, and uh, I was like, that's probably what it is. So so Estella would have been her niece. I did not anticipate. No, she's your mom, and I'm like, whoo, yeah, wow, <laughs> yeah, it explains a lot. Uh, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed this movie. I, th I think this is a lot of fun. I don't know if I have too much more to say, though. Uh, Emma Stone does an excellent job of separating the identities of Estella and Cruella. Yeah. Uh, the differences are subtle but present, um, which I which I like a lot. Yeah, yeah. there's like... It's like more than halfway through the movie, but like, uh, uh, like her partners are like kind of like arguing with her and like, you know, you're too much Cruella. And Estella is like, no, I'm not. I'm still a me. But like, like she's like working against that persona that she's becoming. And I'm like, this is like this. Like, I hate comparing it to the Joker, but like, this is like what I wanted that movie to be. Like, oh man, like this, 
I'm, no, so, I'm, I'm shocked. I'm shocked how much I like this movie, considering again, it's a Corella origin movie. They're like for a character I have no cares about. Like it's just well made. Uh yeah, I really, I really love mm. um that Emma Stone is having a good time playing the role. That's a lot of what helps sell, especially a villain villain type performance. Mm. Um yeah. she is eating it up every moment she gets to be Cruella, every moment she's in the makeup doing everything as Cruella, and that goes a long way. Um, uh, Mag asked about Anita and Roger. I really like Anita and Roger. Um, I I think their appearances are perfectly perfectly well used for the story that it's telling. Uh, It's cute to have them, but I didn't think it was overdone. They do change Anita's history with Cruella to be like that they knew each other in grade school rather rather than met in college, but that makes sense for the story they're doing. Mm-hmm. So, are Anita and Roger are they the main characters from One of One Yes. Do, yeah. do they get married? Yeah, yes, they get married. Because I also like the little post credit scene at the end of the movie where Anita and Roger both get Pongo Perdita, which are the Dalmatian parents of said Hundred One Dalmatians. Yes. But oh. I was kicking myself because obviously when we meet Anita, it's like, oh, Anita, darling, that's she's from Hundred One Dalmatians. And I completely forgot about Roger. You didn't catch Roger at all. I did. I completely forgot about him up until the very end. And then it's like, oh, God. I was like, I am a fool. I am Boo Boo the Fool. I I forgot. I will cop to that as well. I didn't catch it until he was fired. And Cruella says, Roger would later blame me for for him being fired. But it's really just because he's Roger. That's when I was like, oh, right. No, yeah. it wasn't until he got Pongo and he's playing the song and he's saying Corella and he's writing Cru- the Corella DeVille song. I'm like, oh. But oh, that's so- a really good point. That's a really good point. Sorry, Ben, real quickly. That's a really good point that, uh, to what Sparks was saying. Like, they are not overused. They don't feel like a hindrance to the film. They feel like a, a natural inclusion about the films because Roger's not really main character. He's in two right. scenes. Yeah, because yeah. the main characters are Cruella, Horace, and Jasper. But They're normally, if you're doing something like this, you would have a more a more prequel element of them being larger mm-hmm. characters. We saw this in all three in all three Hobbit films, and Legolas is a main character. Mm-hmm. Like you, you know, your your interest to want to do that because that's the thing you know. But the resi- the restraint that they use, mm-hmm. I would I think I thought was a, a good call, and I appreciated it. Yeah. Uh, well, Ryan, before before yeah. I wanted to get my I wanted to make my or say something earlier. Um, when they remixed the Corella Deville song in the end credits, like we hear the the classic Corella Deville, Corella Deville, if she no, if not, you know that song. I you don't have to think. Yeah, but when they remix it, it's like the same the same tone, but they remix it and they change their lyrics up. I'm like, that was fire. This is a really good fit for that's this a, movie. That's a good song, my guy. Yeah, I'm, oh, even yeah. I'm just I'm I was watching the movie with subtitles on. I'm reading the sub. I'm reading the lyrics. I'm like, damn, this is. This is some good shit. It's a good, it's a good cover remake, like whatever it is. It is. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Um. So, so the director's talking about like, okay, if this is, if this is good, he'll make a Cruella sequel. But this also just makes me like, what if they just like made a Hundred and One Dalmatians movie, but like it's like just a, it's a sequel to this, and it's just like ten years in the future. But like, I like Glenn Close, but I really want Emma Stone to do this again. I really like, I like watching this character do this thing. I I want Emma Stone to do this again too. Um. I think my biggest thing is that like I. I don't feel like there's enough present to tell me that she would give Roger and Anita the dogs and then come and take their puppies. Mm-hmm. Um, so we need the sequel first before we get to one. No, I'm just sense. saying like, I don't think I want that movie. Like, mm. I don't think I want the movie where from this version of Cruella, I Got don't it. want the movie where she becomes a person version, willing to skin the puppies. Gotcha. I don't think this version of Cruella would. Mm-hmm. Right. 
It's so interesting that they would, sorry, Ben, that they would make the movie then. Like, if, if it's not going to lead to that. So, but like, I'm, I'm, perfectly, go ahead. I'm perfectly fine with this being a one and done. Yeah. I love Emma Stone. I love Emma Tom. I love everyone in this movie. I am totally content with just this being that story and they don't go forward. Because as much as I, as much as I love the Pirates of the Caribbean, most of the Pirates of the Caribbean films, they put, they saw something they struck gold and they just kept milking it and milking it until there's nothing left. Until but you got, got two Pir- great, se- we got two great sequels. So yeah, we did, we did get some good movies, but they just kept going for it. And then it just became Pirates 5. And we all know how that turned out. But I'm not worried about that because we haven't gotten to Cruella 5 yet. I'm just talking about the next True, one. <laughs> but yeah. this is the but this could be the start of a slippery slope. And I'm not saying you know, if it does, if Disney does come up and say, hey, we are making a Cruella sequel, Emma Stone is gonna be back, it's gonna be original or it's gonna be something like that. It's gonna be set in the world of the first Cruella film. I'm probably gonna be excited. Uh, I could see Disney has like- have, but Disney has have a record of seeing something that's really good. And they just say, cool, let's just keep going to that well. And the next thing you know, the well dries up. And the stuff that we get down the line isn't good. Final Fantasy 16, I get it. So the thing I is, mean, Mar- the record and... of that is pirates and pretty much pirates alone. That's the... What you're saying. <laughs> the, the thing is, Maleficent had a sequel. Now, I, now, I don't necessarily think the Maleficent sequel is, is, that, is that good, um, especially compared to the first one. Um, I do think there is room to just do another Cruella and you don't need to do 101 Dalmatians or you reinvent 101 Dalmatians for the Cruella franchise mm-hmm. like Sleeping Beauty was reinvented for the first Maleficent movie. Yeah, that's what I that's what I mean or that's what I want because so, like, I just I want I want to see 100 Dalmatians on screen. <laughs> uh, I mean, because that's like what Ryan was saying earlier is what the director suggested is doing an in-between where Glenn Close is talking about how she became Glenn Close in the 101 Dalmatians movie, which means it would be like an in-betweener that shows how Cruella goes so crazy that she'd want to kill the puppies. Um, I, I again, am like, I just, I like from this version, I don't necessarily need the version of Cruella who wants to go that far. That's like, mm-hmm. you get this team back together, you get Emma Stone playing Cruella, I'll probably watch it. That's not the, that's not the thing. I just, yeah. I don't, I don't, Ooh. I'm very pleased with the fact that this movie sidestepped and subverted and went away from that aspect of the character to create this film and i think this film was really good as what it is um so i don't need emma stone's cruella hunted down 101 dalmatians yeah Yeah, i I get that but i'll but i'll probably probably give it the opportunity if the team came back to do it yeah i'm just really glad that this yeah sings really well i agree part of me i mean if they do do a sequel Put it in the 80s because I would love to see Cruella tackle 80s fashion. Oh, yeah. I think that would be just just Cruella's style. Funny enough, this movie made me give a shit about fashion. Like I'm like seeing all the dresses, all the crazy costumes, and I'm like, Phantom Thread? That looks awesome. What? Phantom Thread? That's a movie he hasn't seen. I haven't seen Phantom Thread. It's also so terrible. Ben, Don't watch it. Ben, uh, it's it's a thing that any any movie, if it's done right, will make you care about its subject material. I don't care about sports, but if you put a good sports movie in front of me, I'm going to care about what's happening. Same I don't care that. about hockey. Same, exactly. Unless alien ducks are involved, I'm not going to watch it, right? Like any subject can be good if it's done right. Like I don't care about fashion either, but I absolutely cared about when Estella was getting shit on by her mom. Like that was awful. Like now, is this is this the seventies or is this the sixties? It's the seventies because she's born in the sixties, and then it's ten years later. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's around like the point technology of the seventies. It's it's seventy four because yeah. it's sixty four is when she's yeah. 
I love it. Yeah. Fashion's yeah. awesome. I uh, um I, yeah, I definitely agree with Ben. I think we should be skipping decades like uh like X-Men. Yeah. May I also also I'll be <laughs> honest, like I think this movie is definitely held a lot by Emma Stone's performance. Um, I think she does an incredible job. Mm-hmm. However, I do think part of what made this film like really just hit is her her chemistry working against Emma Thompson. Yeah. And Emma Thompson wouldn't would likely not be part of a of a follow-up. She's and, a zombie. And so well she's not dead, she's in prison. Um oh, right. <laughs> but uh but she would likely not be part of the of the follow-up film. And I don't you know, like I, I think that part of what made this work was that back and forth chemistry working so well. And I just, uh, or, it's not impossible to do it again. It's just like, I really liked what this had. This just or, like, this just hit on every level. They pull a Fast and Furious and then she has to work with her mother in prison to make the ultimate gown for sure, like some sure. like European <laughs> extreme Mortal Kombat fashion tournament. Um, Mortal Kombat fashion tournament. So, Brandon, I watched that. So Brandon, you mentioned the heist early, the earlier that you liked there was a heist. I also liked how there was a heist stealing the necklace. Um, but one of the other things I love is just I just love how the like the, the signature piece that had the beads on it, but they all turned out to be moth cocoons. Oh, it's so oh, good. Man. And they open the vault and it's just a bunch of moths fly out. I'm like, oh, that is because moths eat fabric. I was like, that is genius. That is such a good um like screw you to the baroness i just not not only was that a great plot moment that was a great way for estella to reveal who she was yeah that was awesome the mm-hmm. long way it's the long con too the long yeah. con yeah she knew when those things would hatch yep yeah oh. yeah i like this movie a lot i'm really happy yeah. it exists oh, yeah it, yeah it's it's one of those situations where like you know the trailers were good but i had low expectations like oh, just because mm-hmm. i i don't care about 101 dalmatians i definitely don't care about the villain of that movie uh this made me care about that franchise in a way we're like okay th- like i i do agree with you sparks like i don't want to see this character turn into a puppy killer but that's who that character is right so it's it's hard for me to dis to like get away from that but also i don't care about the character well sure but, like, I, like I, I, said, I think my point being like I, I think the version that they created in here, it's harder for me to now believe that she would be the puppy killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you could you could do a story that told me that, but again, like considering the backlash that was already happening about this movie, anywhere people where people were like, I don't really want to watch a movie where they're making the protagonist the person who wants to kill a bunch of puppies. Yeah. Um, the fact that I think that they worked around that really well, and I don't know how good of an idea it is to do a sequel where you you now backtrack away from that and no, like, no she will kill the puppies no i i no. agree it's just a weird situation where like the established characters that way you know like right like, but it's, but it's, it's, the same it's as, no different than like an elseworlds it's it's the same sure. as maleficent maleficent yeah. is like you know oh everyone thought that maleficent was a bad guy but here's the real story and this is kind of the same thing with cruel like everybody thought she was a puppy killer but here's the real mm. story yeah i gotcha yeah yeah because the in fact the the uh the the narrative of the of the press was that she killed the the baroness's yeah. dogs. Yep, that's true. So to the public, yeah, she probably is a puppy killer, yeah. but mm-hmm. to herself, wouldn't be. That's true. Yeah, so that you, you can sidestep that way too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, two parts uh, I want to talk about for a very hot second that I really enjoyed this movie. The first one was the monologue after she uh, it's revealed to her that she is the baroness's real daughter. The monologue in front of the fountain, which I thought was amazing because we got both Cruella and Estella. Especially yeah, yeah. when it's like I'm no longer still I'm Cruella, and I still love you. I, I am the Joker. Her. I love how she goes to the fountain to have tea with her mom throughout the movie. I really enjoy that. Yeah. Second part, really quick. I just love when uh, she goes back to Artie's store, 
And then she's like, for trouble, mayhem, and death. He's like, I'm not so sure about the death. Not yours. Oh, yeah, I'm in totally. I just yeah, thought that was funny. I really enjoyed it. Artie was a fun character. I wish I honestly wish he was in a movie more. Low-key MVP is Artie. Um, I more than anything, I'm just happy to walk away from this movie being like, really enjoyed this. Really, really thought that this was this was one of those ones that went out of the park. I think this holds up with like Maleficent being really well done, Cinderella being a really good reimagining. This this sings in that that same vein for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People, people forget Jungle Book. I think Jungle Book's really good. Oh, yeah, no, so. I think you're right. I think you're I think right. you're, you're right. right about Jungle Book. I was thinking about the ones that that changed the original, mm, like gotcha. reinterpreted it in a different direction. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Uh, shall I write? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Sparks, why don't you go first? Uh, I will give this a solid eight out of ten. Ooh, I heard the seven coming, and then you went eight, and then I had to think about it, and I'm like, <laughs> no, this is this is definitely an eight in my book. Yeah, yeah. Well, Ryan. I will give it an 8.5. Uh, very, very great, stylish, fun movie. Um, made me care about a character I don't really care about. So I'm going to play Kingdom Hearts now. Uh, real quick, like the other thing about it, um, I've seen a lot of people complain about the length. This is a two-hour, 17-minute movie. I did not think that the length was an issue at, at all, personally. No, no. no it, it's paced very well. Unlike yeah. Army of the Dead, where I felt the length of the, this one, I was like, oh, we're almost done? Yeah, yeah. It got to a point. It got to a point. I was like, "Wait, are we? Gonna, are we like at the end game? Are we like in the third act?" And then it kept going. I'm like, "Oh, cool, we're not there yet. Yay!" Yep. Ben. So uh, my t- uh, nine. Wow. Like Ryan said, um, Cruella Deville is one of those Disney villains that I kind of put on the. I mean, yes, Disney villain. She holds that status, but she's more on like not in the same league as Maleficent, not in the same league as Evil Queen or the other more iconic villains. She's just there. I'm she, okay. She's not just there, but she's like eh, lower tier. This movie mm-mm, jumped her up. I'm like, I care. I like. I love it. It's definitely due to Emma uh, Emma Stone's performance. And I mean, apart from like way too many needle drops, I I had a blast with this movie. This is definitely my favorite live action of the Disney films or reimaginings thus far. Ooh. Still Cinderella for me. Cinderella's um, good. Don't get me wrong. It's just this one I, I had a blast with. I am torn. I want to say my actual rating, but really, I just want to say 9.5 to keep it going. Hell yeah. <laughs> Yo, man. So, like, Twitter is very I'm going to change mine to a 9. Throw it like, all off. 9 out of 10, baby. Everywhere besides Twitter, people love this movie. So, like, if you want to give it a 9.5, baby, this movie, I think, deserves it. Like, of all the live-action things that Disney's made, this one is the most, like, oh, this is a movie. I did. I did. I did. I agree. I didn't feel the length. I, I do like Cruella as a villain. I, I do like Lunge One Dalmatians. Um, and I think in look and uh, performance alone, this film is exceptional. Yeah, mm-hmm. I my actual rating though was not a nine point five. It's it's an eight. I give it a solid eight. Okay, okay, yeah. Um, all right. Shall we get into a book club? Let's hmm. book it. Uh, yes, uh, we did. Uh, we did Alien 3, the unproduced screenplay, or initially called William Gibson's Alien 3. Um, this is a comic book adaptation of the very first screenplay written for what would become Alien 3. Um, this was The screenplay was originally written by William Gibson. This was adapted and drawn by Johnny Christmas with uh, colors by Tamara Bonvillain. Heck yeah. Um, so what do we think about this one? Yo, this totally should have been Alien 3, but... Oh, I disagree. 
I I definitely don't 100% sit in that category because I kind of like a lot of aspects of Alien 3, specifically about Ellen Ripley's arc. Mm -hmm. However, I do wish that the politics around the alien was brought into the film that comes in this comic. Uh, I, I love the art and I like most of this book. I found a lot of it to be kind of boring, if I'm being honest. I think this I, is an extremely wordy comic, and I'm not someone who normally says that, but I found a lot of the, the super wordy parts to not be super fun to read. Um, I'm in the same camp as Ryan, actually. I um, like the art a lot. Um, I'm into the story, and I agree. I do think uh, I would like to, some of this politics stuff to have made it to later scripts. Um, but the dialogue being so wordy was only a problem when I realized that you actually weren't telling me anything important yep lots of and, lots of just words being said yeah and that became an issue for me i'm like okay so i actually don't know what's happening there's a lot I, of a lot of the side characters i just i just don't care about at all uh i definitely had a hard time with a bunch of the characters my my favorite like writing stuff and dialogue stuff was stuff that was going on with the fact of like when you jump to the upp and uh they are the separate part of the other side of the treaty and they're talking about how they have a sample of the alien and the others have a sample of an alien and they're like oh that, that like they make it very clear and plainly say that like this is biological weaponry on the term of like advancing the next step of what would be nuclear war yeah. and that's what we are looking at that's what we're dealing with and we're afraid of them having it and it made everything about like the pretense of Wayland yutani wanting to get the alien up to this point feel very present and like oh many places are in a race to uh, to grab onto this thing that they are confident is the future of weapons a biological and, uh, and, arms race. and it was the first time that it was made clear that like there is not peace in space mm -hmm. because up to that point like we have we've assumed that space seems like a utopian dystopia but like everybody's on the same page this made it clear, no, everyone is not on the same page. There are different factions, and those factions are competing for the arms race. Yeah, I do really like there's something in this in this book that I wish had stuck around in the Alien franchise, which is that this is an ancient biological weapon. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I missed that. Yeah, um, it, Prometheus, I guess, kind of touches that, how like the aliens are like are like created, but like this feels like, oh yeah, this happened so long ago. And, like, it's yeah, but Prometheus mystery. says this happened like 40 years ago. Oh farts! I forgot they, it was that. They yeah. state that this is, they state that like this thing is plainly designed to like enhance every kind of biological thing into a weapon. Um, I love the interpretation of uh, Wells when she gets infected and and uh, uh, Tully um, that they transform in a way we've never seen into this alien thing that has kind of like a human skull at the front with red eyes. And I'm uh, like. It's kind of hard to see, but like this was my fate. This is when the book kicked in for me. Unfortunately, it was like issue four. But like yeah. when the company girl's like, the company is going to bury you so da -da 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 deep and turns into an alien, that changed, that blew my mind. I want to see more of that. That's the other hard part of this is that this is an adapted script. This is not just like a comic written to be a comic. So yeah. your your second and third act, like big stuff, is still your second and third act big stuff so it comes later it takes longer to get to than reading those early issues mm -hmm. like this reads like a movie because it is uh and and that's that's hard because like that's not how comics are yeah yeah that's the problem that the star wars ran into by dark horse true uh, well one of the problems um the... Uh, i like bishop a lot in this yeah i did too. too i wanted to say i wanted to say i i like the idea that um they created this horrible hybrid uh, thing because they were trying to create this biological weapon from scratch without having any DNA, um, without having any any like face huggers available. Um, it was kind of like it, this. Kind of feels like something that Alien Four would kind of dive more into, 
mm-hmm. uh, with the cloning and everything. Um, there is the thing where I, I kind of wish there was more information about what they did to create those hybrids in this book. Mm-hmm. Um, because one of the things I really like is that the xenomorph sees that thing as an abomination and tries to kill it. Oh, yeah. And I thought that was really cool. And I wanted to see more of that. I did it's too. not it's not a pure it's not a pure bead like like the xenomorph is. I like the idea that the xenomorph sensed it immediately as an abomination. I would love to have seen that in a movie, honestly. Me like too. Just this different interpretation of the transformation and then encountering the the like that you know that would be like a cool ten minute sequence of like what's going on and the tension as the humans are trying to escape. Man. Also the part where the dude bleeds into his suit as he's oh, transforming. That's so good. Yeah, that's cool. Again, like the art, I I have no problems with the art. I think this is an exceptional looking book, especially like the grotesque stuff. Um, I just wish, I, I wish like the the what is it the the unproduced screenplay got produced a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> so, I wish more, I wish more of this made it into the final draft. Um, I, I do I do like what we have in the final draft. I just kind of wish that some of this was was more spared. Honestly, the I think they'd have to be different films. Yeah, you know? true. Like, like it'd have to. This this is more. I wish some of this came to resurrection. It oh, feels sure. like it feels like for there, yeah, yeah. Um, um, this has this is so this is the script because initially written because um, Sigourney Weaver didn't want to come back. Um, they do kind of have the character of Ripley in the in the book, but you can definitely tell how they were like it could be someone other than Sigourney Weaver. She's just like sleepy the whole time, and then they launch her into a pod because like maybe sequel. Um, yeah. I I, I kind of like that Newt gets a happy ending. She gets to go to Earth. I really like, I really like Newt. As she's written in this, I like Newt and Hicks. Um, yeah. Newt has an exceptionally good moment with uh, um, Spence, where she says, uh, "Why don't you like her? Because she's got eyes like cufflinks." And Newt like laughs, and then she's like, "Hey, what are cufflinks?" <laughs> ben, what do you ben, think? About this you've one? been quiet for a bit. He's been muted. You're muted still. Ben, you're muted. Son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, also, you guys have been going going to town. So I actually had a great time with this book. Yeah, sure. um, I didn't think I didn't think it was boring. I mean, there were parts that yeah they were uh, regurgitating a lot of the same information. But the one thing about like obviously my biggest gripe with Alien Three is that they just kill Hicks and Newt for no good goddamn reason. And this one they all li- or Newt lives, and I'm like good. I was actually okay with with Ripley not being a major plot point of the of the book. And I also really enjoyed, liked the politics because, like Sparks said, while we're watching the films, everything's kind of like utopian dystopia, essentially. Wayland Yutani controls everything, and we see a other faction of space. Like when they cross the border for a hot second, it's like, oh, so there are other factions. There are other like quote air quote countries in mm-hmm. space trying to fight for them, and they're trying to. I really dig that, especially how the UPP screws up their own alien thing and they're like, yo, this is bad. And of course, when the Italian is like, oh, no, no, we're going to try and keep doing this thing. You down with UPP? Yeah, you know me. That's so a rap I, song. For... You, know, yeah, you I... muted me. You <laughs> muted me. <laughs> what happened? I didn't, I didn't touch anything. No, Ben. Ben has the controls and he muted me. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> what happened? My mic was muted. Uh, oh, me. Uh, so... Like, uh, I, I agree, like, with Ben, uh, like, that that whole concept of the UPP. I love, like, jumping between the two stations. I, again, as I was reading this, I was trying to picture the movie it would be, and I'm like, this yeah. this would be a pretty cool film. Like, yeah. jumping between the two stations, and they're both doing, like, the different experimentations. And the thing is that, like, the the, the American one, like, they 
where Wayland is, they shut down the experiment. However, there's still the xenomorph that got in already, and they had the like different spores that create Wells and Tully. Tully going to the dock and freezing himself mid-transformation oh, yeah. is one of the craziest, creepiest things mm-hmm. in any alien imagery I've seen, and yeah. I love it. Breaking, and I love it, but also I love yeah. the design of the alien-human hybrids because oh, yeah. I just like seeing the skull like part of the skull of the alien head and those red eyes i was like man that is that's is cool oh it's he's... like what if a xenomorph but a terminator inside yeah um, uh, i really I, I do really enjoy that the, the 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 upp sent a message basically just being like we screwed up we screwed up um the i don't know if these were the covers of the they comic were. They were. these are like the best covers for any alien comic they're su- super uh they're super simple there's like one image uh, but the one gorgeous. where the one where wells face is peeling off the yeah, yeah, yeah. Cover piece yeah it's really I, good. one thing one thing i do really wish that alien 3 definitely kept was that the alien egg was inside bishop so like the spores the spores inside bishop from the alien queen like created a new egg i oh, do yeah. wish that, that had stayed on board so much more sense than yeah. what they did yeah i agree um i i will say like the one biggest gripe that i had is that i wish wells was a more explored character uh as a representative of the company mm-hmm. um i just wish that there was a little more bite to who they are because i think everything else is being explored so well and i'm like D- dig into the company stuff get get that going a little better um but i do love the way that uh the girl from upp has to fly over and she kind of say ends up saving the day yeah mm-hmm. While she's dying of radiation sickness, I also love the message that would be at the end with Bishop talking to Hicks and saying, like, you know, you, you now have it made clear, like, this is no longer separate groups at war. Your war is with the Xenomorphs. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I, I thought that was really cool, too. <clears throat> yeah, there's, there's things I like in it. I just wish that I, if it wasn't so wordy and especially wordy without telling me anything interesting, without telling me anything new, um, I, I would have liked this more. Mm hmm. I, I also wish that the biome was used more. I like that it's used, but I wish that the biome with all the living species in it that get affected by the xenomorph pathogen was used more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah lots of... I always love like when franchises aren't afraid to just like explore more and get a little weirder. That's why, like even though Alien Resurrection super gonzo, uh, I, I really appreciate that movie for just trying to be weird. Um, I would love to see more, you know... Uh, Wayland Yutani has developed human alien monsters that can transform. Like that is that is so cool, and uh, the fact we haven't seen that anywhere else, I'm like, I'm kind of shocked. Yeah, man. It's, yeah, well, they it's, didn't it's, they didn't develop strong. it. That was an accident. Oh, sorry. There you go. Yeah. Tully and Wells are both accidentally exposed to an egg spore that just shoots stuff up into their noses. Okay. Yeah. And this is the result of that: is them them mm-hmm. like just transforming into this weird thing. Spur of the moment. Oh, That's sorry. Crazy. Uh, this was gonna happen in Prometheus when when that one guy who gets the the, the egg in him he was gonna turn into a, like a xenomorph hybrid but then Richard was like, like no a, 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 goo, a goo monster yeah 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 um I'm really happy Ooh. we got to, we got to read this one yes I yeah uh, I love I, think, I love I the think, art I think more than anything it's a bummer to know that like these ideas from William Gibson who by the way wrote um Neuromancer which was a uh, inspiration for Blade Runner yeah um, oh cool. Uh, it's a bummer to know that like stuff that was discussing these ideas of like that that would have made like the company's absolute passion in spite of people dying regularly on missions to get the xenomorph at least makes sense in the fact that there is an arms race going on that they are they have put the xenomorph at the center of. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's a bummer that that was clearly on the table at some point and they just didn't ever bring that to the forefront of any of the films because like it justifies so much of the actions of what the company is doing not to an extent where like you're like oh yeah i get it now i i like the company's good it's not that but like at least i understand why they keep constantly embracing this terrible idea if you were I, I talked about it very briefly when we did our Alien retrospective. Alien 3 went through so much production hell and like the original script was obviously like it's closer to this like Ripley's gone and it's about Hicks and stuff but like well, this is the was... original script. Sorry that's what I mean yeah but it was going to turn into like the, the big war and like the, the script changed like in production before Alien 3 is mm-hmm. what I mean. And like there was going to be a big war on Earth and like all of this big galactic space stuff and like it just kept getting trimmed and trimmed and trimmed until it's just this and the Alien 3 that we got. Well because this is also when we did our Alien film discussion like you know we have so little perspective of what that future is. Like, we don't mm-hmm. really know. It seems like a utopia, but it also seems very dystopian in its way. Yeah. But it does feel like there are no conflicting forces. There is just the company. The company runs any, everything. And we now know that that's not the case, at least in this version. Yeah. And I wish so much more of this was in the forefront of, of context for a lot of the Alien franchise, because, like, I want that. I want that, like, pushback to make it so that some amount of this makes sense because like otherwise like their their desire to like weaponize the alien has never made sense in the films like ultimately to the amount of lives that they lose and resources they lose in trying to do it because what are they fighting we never know what are they what are they so afraid that they need to weaponize it against it's never made clear but here we have something like there is a loose treaty that is barely being held together and they are afraid in the future the, all the predator tribes band together to try to take over the universe, and it's and they're gonna the humans have to use the aliens to fight the predators. Oh my god! Before we leave, remind me what I bought. Remind okay. me, I bought something and I want to show it to you guys. You got I won't it. show. I won't show these people. Sorry, um, listeners. I, uh, I I I I agree that I I think that there should be more. One of the things I do really like in in aliens, the graphic novel we read a couple months ago. Might be a little bit, might have been a year ago by now. Mm-hmm. The very first alien comic that Dark Horse put out. One of the things that I really enjoy is that the reason why this keeps happening is because of the alien queens. Mm-hmm. Like they're partially telepathic. So I think one the reason why I kind of get in there is a roundabout way of telling me, like, we had so many cool ideas. So many people had so many cool ideas that were just never Explored. put into explored into the movies but they all ended up in comics eventually they they yeah. always in, in the films it always just turns into the company needs them because because yeah. because it's the company yeah the end all right the, the end i'm good i'm good to call it there are you guys i, I was happy i was happy to explore this there's a lot of cool ideas here that you know maybe one day they will circle back around into who knows who knows what will be alien canon of the future I certainly yeah. liked. Uh, I certainly liked reading this more than I did like reading the Marvel Alien comic that's out right now. So, yeah, yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad I got this. Yeah, uh, I'm glad I picked this. My other choice was going to be Ash versus the uh, versus um, Marvel Zombies. See you, yeah. Mag. Thanks what for being here. Thank you, Mag. You're the best. Mag, good night. Uh, you good day. Get to enjoy your day. Look at that. Amazing. Good day, sir. Uh, Mag yeah. says, um, "Oops, what happened there? There we go." Goodbye. I was trying to put it up. Well, so. <laughs> Have a good time, everybody. Stay safe and see you later. Uh, enjoy your day. I just looked outside and the sun is still out. I mean, yeah. is definitely a true MVP. Yeah. Um, before we get going, before we get started, uh, Mag, if you're still there, I hope you guys listened this far. I forgot to mention this up top. Uh, we're going to be starting in-person recording soon. Um, so these live shows will not be going away. We've discussed it. Um, but they will be changing in some format. So we're, stay tuned for that. We'll go from four screens to one screen with four of us on it. 
We, I know yeah. we also we also discussed um, we also discussed maybe not doing the news live, but we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. We are discussing this right now, but yeah, uh, mm-hmm. it's it's coming up. It's coming up, guys. Heck yeah, get that vaccine, baby. And our anniversary is coming up soon, and that will be our first time together recording the podcast in a very long time. Feels like the first time. Yep. It feels like the first time. Hey, you get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sparks, it is your book club next week. I have no idea what I'm doing. All right. We'll <laughs> let you know later. Um, next week, however, we are going to be talking about The Conjuring. The devil made me do it. He made me do it. Um, this is the third entry in the mainline Conjuring series. The sixth overall? No. Seventh. Seventh overall. Depends on if you count while you're on or not. I do not. Um, <laughs> um, and we will be putting up sometime this week. We're going to discuss when a Quiet Place Part Two uh, review special. Uh, we did not forget about it. We've already done it a year ago, and we're going to do it uh, again. Re-upload. Spoiler, spoiler alert! It's real quiet. Sound cannons. So not as quiet as the last one. Interesting. Um, so this is not as quiet place part two. Um, yeah, so stay tuned for that, but that will be up before Sunday, most likely. And then the conjuring part two will be a review special, uh, uh, the, the episode, uh, the week after that, we will do sweet tooth. I know it is coming out this week, but we're going to push it to the week after and we're going to discuss the comic and the series, uh, at the same time. Whoop, whoop. So stay tuned for all that guys. Can't wait. A lot of cool stuff. Hell yeah. We also have many other shows. Check out our new audio show, Conversation. I believe there's no book club out this week. I hope not. There wasn't. Um, check out our audio show, Conversation, uh, where I just put up a new episode, which is part two with Sparks Witty, my good buddy down, down there below. Hey, hey, yeah, uh, we had a whole conversation. It was a do thing. You ta- do you want to talk a bit about what we talked about there? Uh, I did re-listen to it because I was curious, and I stand by everything I said. Cool. Um, I... We listened to it before I put it out because obviously I have to make sure there's edit points and things like that. And I surprised how candid I got in many places. Yeah, I think you and I had a really solid uh, way through it. And I think uh, I think we made some really nice points together. Yeah, um, I hope people like it and I hope people find it uh, inspirational as well. Uh, oh. If you're feeling similar to me as far as fandom goes. This coming week will be Robert L. Kelly from the Record All Monsters podcast. <laughs> Which is a cool name for a podcast. Oh, Check yeah. out the other shows up on our YouTube channel. Guys, we're only two weeks away from Loki. <gasps> Loki is coming back. This is the this is the Avengers Loki, not the Endgame Loki or the Infinity War Loki. Loki? I'm high key excited about this. Oh dang. Uh, um I was I was watching Community and there's the episode where Jack Black's in Community and Owen Wilson's in that same episode. And I was like, man, I'm about to see you in a Marvel thing. Wow. It's me. Wow. Um, Jack, he plays the leader of the cool group that Jack Black wants to be a part of. <laughs> um, all right. You can check out our other shows. The reason why I brought up Loki is because we're going to be doing Fake Nerds Watch again for Loki. Um, so Fake Nerds Watch is going to be coming off hiatus, but you can check out our other Marvel shows such as WandaVision or Falcon Winter Soldier and plenty of other shows. We have so many shows on there. If you're going through any of them, check out our Fake Nerds Watch. Um, we have a Basement Arcade series, which... Uh, is recording things sometimes Come, coming back yeah. someday we'll let you know um and we have basement arcade pause menu yes that we do i don't know when the next one's going to get recorded but i'm working on it okay and we also have the fake book club which we'll probably do sometime this month i assume 
We can make it happen. Yeah. Uh, we'll do the new series, Gotham Academy, uh, Volume 1. The old series, Gotham Academy. There is Well, the new, new series for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, 2021, Gotham Academy! <laughs> oh, a guy can dream. Yeah. Um, you can check out also our Fake News Mask. Hey, guys. The mask mandates are coming up for vaccinated people, but, you know, maybe you want to support us. Um, we are probably only going to sell them for about a month, a month, maybe two more. Um, and then, you know, you could get that same fabric and a different thing. Um, so stay tuned for all that. We'll, we'll have more information later. And this is the final month where you can get our Patreon shirt. Of course, as you know, there are three tiers on our Patreon. There is the $5 tier where you get specials early. Once we start recording them on a regular basis, on a, on a more regular basis, thanks to COVID being hopefully no more. Um, and of course, there's other things on there that I haven't, that I don't remember. I was going to ask something else. I totally forgot. I'll figure it out. Maybe I wrote it down. And our $10 tier, which has our t-shirt where you can join the exclusive fan club of being Stephen King's best friend. Exclusive. But not as best friend as Ben Magnet. Number that two. should have been the asterisk on that mm. shirt. On Not as best friend as Ben Magna. Um, that's up now. This is the last month that you can get it, and then it'll be gone forever. And then a new shirt will take its place. Um, we have we have the new shirt. I'm excited to put that one up there. I can't wait for Ooh, all to see it. La, la, la. And then, of course, if you guys like us, give us 20 bucks. You can check out our T Public. Oh, she's so cute. It's my cat. Uh, you can check out our T Public where we have tons of cool shirts up there. Um, I just I spoke about it on Kaiju Weekly, but we have our um, I'd rather be a fake nerd than a true fan shirt. That's our most recent. We have Fake Nerd Book Club, Fake Nerd Podcast, Miscellaneous. Oh yeah, uh, and we can also check out our website at www.fakenerdpodcast.com where you can get all of these links, uh, as well as everything is linked below. So check us all out. Cool. Thank you to everyone who listens. Thank you to everyone who watches. Thank you to Mag for show for. By the way, I posted that Instagram post just for Mag. Hell yeah, Mag! Thank you. <laughs> um, uh, Sparks, you're still muted. Didn't want Mag left in the lurch. That's true. I um, I also uh, I also did it because I didn't want to. There's a there's a design to the to the Instagram page that I'm trying to maintain, uh, and I needed something. Anyway, thank you to everyone who watches the rerun, the replay. We love you all. We love your support. Thank you, Jimmy Vellucci, for our musical uh, 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 interludes and our themes and everything. You did, you're so talented. We love you. You can find him at Jeremy Vellucci Keyboards. Hey, Sp Sparks, witty. What did Jeremy order from Super Taco the other day? What? They want to know what you ordered from Super Taco. Because he texted me on accident asking what I wanted from Super Taco. And I'm like, no, I'm not there. Hi, hey, what's up? What's up? Hi, Jeremy. What'd, Hi, you, Jeremy. Get Super, what'd you get from Super Taco? Great question. It's actually Super Taqueria. <laughs> Super I got Taqueria. a beef quesadilla on a flour tortilla. Not a corn tortilla because corn tortillas are for Melvins. <laughs> and if you get a corn tortilla, even if I like you, even if you've done a lot of charity and overall good in the world, you two are a Melvin. <laughs> okay. Sorry, Melvin. Flower one. Flower all the way, baby. Yeah, that's the rules. Okay. Oh, also, pico de gallo is the main ingredient in the quesadilla. 
actually, if I want to be intense, where the fuck's the microphone? I have to get in here like this and tell there you it about is. Pico. Boy, I don't like this. Pico was also a character well, from, the famous, from the famous website Newgrounds. He was sort of the unofficial mascot. I remember right? Pico. Everybody remembers Pico. It was a school shooting simulator. It's pretty cool. You remember Madness? Yes. I remember Berserker. That was the first time I ever learned that you could use different capitalizations for letters in a single word. It was like capital B, lowercase e, capital R, and so on. It was pretty cool. That's so anyway, cool. you guys have fun at your super and uh, get the flour tortilla. That rhymed. Bye-bye. Thanks, Jeremy. Is that trouble in the background? What the, the most beautiful big dog ever? All right, that was there you go. <laughs> that was a thing. You can find his podcast, the guy who just rambled on for about five minutes. Uh, his podcast on iTunes and Facebook.com slash Suburban Proctologist Official and Instagram at Subproc Podcast. No yeah, subscribe to Subproc Podcast. Don't be a Melvin. Don't be a Melvin. What the Don't hell's a Melvin? You're gonna find out later. I guess we'll find out. Uh, thank you to Mike Patola, Mike. I love Mike Patola. He's a Made cool that. guy. Uh, he does our logos um, and more and so many cool stuff, such as our Patreon shirts, where you can join Ben's exclusive fan club and be Stephen King's best friend. Oh, $10. $10 here, Ben. You have a month left of this joke. No. Okay. Um, only a month? Only one month. Good. You can find him at Mike Patola on Instagram and Twitter. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all at Fake Nerd Podcast, fakenerdguys at gmail.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us personally, I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. And Ben? Yeah, being Stephen me. King's best friend? You can find me not being Stephen King's best friend and still posting a lot of pictures of my cat on my Instagram at Ben Magnet 27 on, like I said, Instagram and, of course, Twitter. And like we said, three hours and 47 minutes ago, I write for OldSchoolGamerMagazine.com. My newest article about me falling into the eBay uh, rabbit hole, getting awesome games such as New Super Mario Bros. and, of course, Chrono Trigger for the DS is in the link in the description below. Sparks. You can find me uh, going and grabbing some super talkeria with that handsome man over there at Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter, S-P-A-R-K-Z Witty. Ryan. Do you hear it? A little bit. Hell yeah. You can find me at DJ Tony Snark everywhere. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Rate and uh, Wait, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music and Podcast, and Pandora. Rate and review wherever you get us. Like this video and subscribe to this channel. Until next time you see us, stay fake nerds.